You've tuned in to another episode of the Adeptus Terror podcast, hosted by Sam, Matt, and Neil. Put your feet up and enjoy. Hey guys, and welcome to episode 70 of the Adeptus Terror podcast. I'm Matt. I'm Sam. And I'm Neil. Yes, you are. And here we are. <laughs> I didn't feel that was going to happen then. I was a little bit concerned. <laughs> <laughs> it, was, it was that dramatic pause of... Yes. Is he here? It's been so long. It's been so long he's forgotten the intro. You've known him in such episodes as episode 23 (laughs) or 34 when he last appeared. No, I have no idea when it was, but I'm glad that you're here now, my friend. Yes. Good to hear your voice and see your lovely face. Only we can see that, but I'm sure everyone can go and look at your your photo on the group page and be happy. They can go and see my videos of press ups. I thoroughly enjoyed. I thoroughly enjoyed watching the videos you doing press ups. I was I was right there along with you, sitting on my sofa eating food. Yes, cheers, Sam. For the so, uh, what is it for? Motivation. It's twenty five press ups per day for twenty five press ups. Twenty five days to show solidarity with. Solidarity. Yeah. Words fail me tonight. It's been a long day. Um, Solidarity with people suffering from depression and PTSD. Nice. Good. uh, Good motivational and and awareness, uh, raising awareness and stuff, which is cool. Yes. Very cool. I would do it, but the 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 video would be like four hours long, (laughs) and I probably still wouldn't make twenty five press ups. I'm getting there. I'm doing stretches to get my wrist back to normal. So I, yeah, this way is a lot better now. Mm. Um, can you can you hold no your wrist straight? No, it's just putting pressure through my wrist doesn't work anymore. It, it literally just oh, wow. literally does right. Okay, it's uh yeah, it's fun. It's okay. It's not as You're bad as shaved. it could be. Me You're shaved. shaved. Yeah, yeah. It's it's because I'm so oh. hot. It's so hot. Sam, I my, I'm, I've booked. You know what? The, oh. the biggest excitement I've had over the last few days is I booked in my haircut. Uh, for, what, like, for the 4th of July? Like, no, no, for like the week after. I don't want to do it straight away because they're going to have to work out their processes so I don't die. But um, yeah, I've booked it in for like the week yeah. after. I can't wait. I'm, I'm so close to just doing a near one bick in my head. <laughs> I haven't like, bicked my head yet. Oh, there's yeah, mine's time. all growing out buffy from my the first lockdown haircut. I might have to shave it again. Do it. I think you should carry on shaving your head. It looked good. Yeah, I, do, I do really like it actually, but I don't know. Jenny was okay with it, but wasn't like stoked on it. So, yeah, I'm just leaving it long enough until she's like, oh, your hair looks like a mess. Cool. Let's shave it again. Hmm. Um, but, yeah. Sounds like a plan. That's, that's, that's the dastardly plan to get what I want. Awesome. So this, is, this is episode 70. It is, yes. indeed. Hot drop, 70. hot drop of positivity. Indeed. We're going to try and be positive this episode. Even <laughs> the... <laughs> <laughs> You two can be positive. Yeah, we're going to try be... and be positive. It, Less the, so. the, the final segment uh, Less so. where we're talking about hobby experiences and stuff. Definitely mm. when I was doing my notes for that, it made me reminisce a bit more about uh, about the, um, the, pod, the podcast and playing games and actually took me back to like why I play and why I've enjoyed yeah. playing so much. So that was quite cool. So we're going to yeah. get onto yeah, that yeah. later, but it was, it was definitely interesting. To, to yeah, kind of I think. think I think there's so much kind of negativity and hard stuff going on in in our 
media and the world in general it'd be nice to just look back at good times and reflect on those and hopefully they motivate motivate us and other people who are obviously listening um to you know keep going um and uh, achieve awesome hobby things uh, but yeah like i say we'll get on to that at the end of the show basically got lots to get through before that um intro normal kind of house stuff we've got the next hangout date which will be july Drum roll, because Sam's hosting, so he needs to pick a date. Um, July. Where are we? So the next one is the 28th, right? This Sunday? 28th of June, yeah. That's my one. Okay. I'll and be hosting that. In July. Okay. I'm going to do it the 26th of July. 26th of July? Da, 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 da. Yeah. So that's yeah. Uh, half past seven till half past ten in the evening, uh, UK time. British summertime, I believe we're currently in. Um, and yeah, come and join us. We tend to have an event on the uh, Facebooks. Um, if you don't have Facebook, feel free to kind of message us and we can send you um, or email us and we can send you the uh, link um, on the day of doing it. And yeah, we're looking at using Facebook rooms, are we actually? I've just said if you don't have Facebook, but that doesn't work if you don't have Facebook. No, we are going to use. <laughs> we are looking at using Facebook rooms. We started using mm. them last month, and it was going rather successfully. And and mm. it, it removed some of the challenges we were having with um, that we were having with Google Hangouts, um, mainly because the limit on Google Hangouts, and also. Um, that the obvious challenge that a lot of our, our members have at joining Google Hangouts um, was quite yeah. was quite strong. Yes, um, the links is quite janky. Yeah, and I think it doesn't it doesn't help joining from um, a phone. I think the phone way is, yeah. is pretty janky. So uh, it's fine for obviously for us because normally we join from a computer, so it, it normally works pretty well. But if you're joining from a phone, it's not amazing. So we've switched over to Facebook. Um, it's not a Facebook Meet. That's what we're using now. Facebook uh, Rooms, and um, it's yeah, it's going pretty well. I th- I think the last couple have been good. Mike, uh, who's been running the unofficial Thursday ones, um, has been using Rooms as well, and it's been going really well for him. Um, so cool. yeah, I think we'll continue using that, and yeah, it's been pretty good. Awesome. So yeah, come join us 28th of June. If you're listening to this literally on release, uh, it'll be out just before. So come and join me, and maybe one or two of these guys um and the next one is july 26th you said sam july 26th nice july 26th boom we need to redo our uh, advert for that just thinking (laughs) we'll add it to the list of adverts we need to re-edit yeah yeah yeah. we need to redo most of our adverts anyway um let's move on uh 2020 v challenge is still going we're in our third month now i believe um, yep, April, May, June, coming up towards the end. Uh, this month has been a bit light so far in terms of valid finished entries. So I'm hoping in the next few days we'll have uh, a few flooding. Still got kind of seven more days, so hopefully uh, people will will get their um, their finished units posted and we can enjoy that hobby goodness. Um, but yeah, uh, I'd like to see it grow and extend. So we need to do some social media stuff, gentlemen and get it out there a little bit more. But yeah, thanks for all those that are joining in and carrying on. Um, I saw Tim finished a second unit, which is insane. It's like second fully painted unit of his Raven Guard. So that's, I know he's very proud of that. So that's really cool. Um, and just the only other thing to say is, is keep going. If you miss a month, don't worry. If you haven't joined yet, don't worry. You can still jump in. It's really, really easy. 
the link is still available through Facebook. It's in our Instagram bio. We can send it to you if you can't find it as well. Just send us a message on either of those things or by email and we can get the pack out to you and join us. Come and, and have fun and potentially win some awesome prizes. Uh, prizes donated by... Sorry, you were about to jump in. Yeah, so one thing actually to that I've had a few questions about over the last month is even if you started your units way in the beginning of the challenge or before that as long as you have that photo of the pre and you finish them this month next month whenever and you have that photo of post it still counts as one entry for that month where the, the the main aim for this challenge is to get people get people working on it get people producing content and and, yeah. and producing models um whether or not that's actually you took 12 months to to finish everything that's fine that's okay if you wanted to, if you did that it, it's not a problem it, it's you just need to, the idea is when you finish is to post a photo saying you finished. Yes. Yeah. As long as they are new models, um, when you start, so they're, you know, uh, furthest is built and undercoated. Um, and then, yeah, like Sam says, if you start it now and you finish it in December, uh, you can submit that in December and that can be your December entry. Yeah. And every entry every month can be a, a ticket for the raffle. So even if you only complete once, that's still one ticket. You've still got a chance to win a prize. And uh, yeah, we've got three awesome prizes and we're putting up a space for our um, 30K event that we uh, will be hosting next year as long as the world hasn't literally blown up by then. Um, and we've got a start collecting box being put up by Matt from Wooden Spoon Wargaming and um, a, a voucher of some higher value, I can't remember what it is, um, by Chris from Exit 23 Games. Um, so, yeah, lots of awesome things you can win. We'll pick a winner, they get to choose a prize. We'll pick another one, they get the prize. And then the third winner will get the last prize available. Um, and, yeah, I think it's just so easy to get involved and one of the best things we've actually ever done. So I'd love to see more and more people get involved and jumping on it. Um, which is really down to us. So, you know, you guys are awesome. Keep doing it. Um, keep getting involved. Um, Sprue Corner, let's start with the building process. What have we been up to? I mean, I had to do some minor repairs to my landing pad that I built uh, last month out of scrap. Um, uh, okay. okay. So I had to do some minor repairs to that because apparently uh, glue gun glue doesn't hold very well as much as I thought it did. Yeah, um, I know yeah. that. So what I've done is I went and bought a couple of tubs of super glue and just just poured it on just just liberally poured it along the uh um the plasticky bits to make it all more together and then just got the the hot glue gun and put more glue gun on uh just okay. no. I'm going by volume like qu uh, quantity <laughs> over quality of gluing um, awesome. it's still together oh, and it, it's doing grief. really well it's only on the inside the inside looks like someone's vomited glue glue everywhere but the outside okay. looks absolutely fine I'm looking at it now you can't see but it's right over there um but it's right over there yeah right over there right over there um so it, it, it it's that's the only real building I've done and I think that's definitely down to the fact that GW and Forge World have only just uh, opened I haven't yes. had to buy anything <laughs> yeah 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 yeah. Yeah. We well, also have a large purchase on the way that may have, you know, yeah. stopped you buying models anyway. I, I, um, uh, no, nah, I can't no, more, no, no more news on that until he starts hobbying it. I've, I've, That's I've, the new I've, been, rules. I've been working on the tester one. Okay, cool. So cool. we'll come well, to that well, in painting. We'll, yeah, awesome. Fair enough. Um, 
I haven't really done any building. I've chucked some bit of hobby. Um, one, just to seem like I've actually done something this month. <laughs> but uh, two, because it's something that I genuinely look forward to doing. Um, I've been designing a new board that I plan to build kind of out of scratch, really. Um, I just posted a picture in the Discord of the layout of that for you gentlemen. I think Sam's seen that already anyway. Um, but yes, so my wife... Um, working from home as a teacher brought uh, grid paper in um, <laughs> and so I used it and uh, scaled it yeah sorry I, I should have flipped it first yeah it would have been <laughs> I can see you slowly turning it's your like, head it's like oh, hang on I've got a movable it, monitor yeah. hang on I'm just going to rotate the monitor yeah that, ah. I can't do that it would be nice yeah it would have been helpful if it had been landscape yeah, yeah. mode yeah and... just to give you a rough idea of what I'm talking about really feel free to you know pour your heart and soul over the picture if you feel like it later on um but yeah it's basically the idea is to get the insulation foam board things that you put in your walls in your house that kind of pink foam stuff large mm -hmm. sheet quite thick um build it up to um the height so a kind of contemptor could stand in the trench works that have kind of been drawn out cool. um and so it can technically be used as a ZM board. I've kind of moved all slightly away from that idea and just making it a more generic board because um, it will be a full six by four. Um, mm -hmm. But yeah, the idea is to build that up and then cut into it trench works. Um, and there was a guy on Instagram that I kind of got inspiration from who was doing something similar. Um, and yes, it's kind of going to be kind of like a mining facility. Cool. So trench works are for workers and vehicles to move and then they'll go up on a, I'm going to build a lift. It's big enough for like some of the uh, rock haulers to go up to the top nice. of the um, the the uh, surface, shall we say. Um, cool. And there's going to be a kind of an industrial area in the corner that's going to be kind of containers and uh, maybe some armaments just to defend them against, I don't know, pirates or whatever might come and try and attack them. Um, and, yeah, I think it'll be a good scene for the 30K event. I'm hoping to get it built for our event. So, yeah, um, that's mainly what I've been doing, just drawing it out, using the grid paper as a scale. So each square, for you guys that can see it, maybe I'll put it up online for other people to see it, um, is they're two by two inch squares. So the same right. as a single square on a zonal tariff board. So where where it's too thick, you can you know you can see how wide the the trenches are and how much area there is. Um, yeah, it actually works quite well as a scale drawing. So I was quite happy. Cool. With that. Happy days. Um, but yeah, I mean, starting it, I just need to go and buy the the tools and clear out my garage so I've got space and get on with it. Nice. But yes, that's been me. Um, I was planning me? a board. Yeah. I was I was planning a board. I drew it out to all the work, <laughs> and then uh, I just bought one no. instead. Oh. No, 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 you haven't yet. I haven't yet. You haven't bought it. No. You'll talk about it. So close. Potentially. Oh, oh. Me, Sam. me, and the guy that's sell selling it, we're becoming super tight. Good friends. Becoming awesome. really good friends. We were talking for like three, like maybe two hours straight yesterday. Uh, have you done Dutch. that awkward thing of like, oh, by the way, I, I co-host. Oh yeah. The podcast. Oh no, of course. He's joined. He's part of the community group. <laughs> Oh, awesome. Yeah, yeah, yeah. He's picked up a few, a few episodes. Nice. So, Fantastic. Get into yeah. conversation as soon as possible, mate. <laughs> yeah. Hope I find it a bit awkward. It can easily come across as a bit like, sir, yeah. I host a Did you know that I host a podcast? It wouldn't yeah, be, yeah. It, I'd be more, I'd probably drop it in more uh, if we had like ICs or even um, Master of the Forge level listenership. Oh, yeah. Like if we were dropping like a million per episode like them, then I'd be... <laughs> 
I'd be I'd tell everyone. I'd wear I'd wear my t-shirts all the time. <laughs> I wear them when they are the first thing that I pull out of my drawer. I I advertise them at work. Do you? Awesome. I advertise them. I advertise us. Even yes, let's get right. Us. I advertise us at work. Do you not have a Do you not have a uniform? Yes, trousers, high vis jacket, and whatever t-shirt you wish to wear, and whatever t-shirt I want to wear oh. underneath. I haven't really done much in the way of hobby uh, building wise. Uh, I think I've pretty much been focusing on nice, easy access things after work. Mm. So coming home and just chilling and yeah, unfortunately. Um, but hopefully when things start freeing up a bit from uh, all the restrictions in place, I might actually do some stuff. What do you, That'd what do nice. you got? What have you got on the, on the burner? Well, I've got, still got one of the uh what is it the immunitorium armored container sets that needs to be opened and built and then we'll just leave it at that because <laughs> 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 the stack is very tall i i i uh i really like that the immunitorium sets like i think they're really good yeah yeah yeah, yeah. yes if you don't wish to um, bu- if you don't wish to build it neil and you don't wish to have it anymore i will no, happily no, take no, it no. off of you no no no, 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 no give it to no, me no. give it to no. me it's it's all part of a master future plan to have like a a port type area on a board somewhere oh, yeah. and have container containers stacked properly not <laughs> stacked how the world thinks they should be stacked but actually stacked properly neil i'm i'm uh, yeah <laughs> I sent you a, I sent you a, uh, this is what I'm going to buy, Neil. Um, I, uh, I, I really like containers and I really like the idea of a shipyard, but I'm going to have to do it as a, a, a comic strip stripyard rather than a, like an up to code high vis jackets everywhere, <laughs> hard hats. It just like stripyard. I'd never realized how anal you are about this kind of stuff. Yeah, OCD, <laughs> how OCD, uh, I would be about how containers are stacked and how they should be stacked properly. About how containers are stacked. Oh. Yeah, such a nerd. I know. <laughs> painting so, table. Oh, we're, we're painting. Sorry, <laughs> we are pushing yes, ahead. Sir. Yeah. Yes, yes, we are. Yes, we are. Sorry, it's so good. Lingered, lingered it's so too good long. that all three of us are here, and it's genuinely we're having fun. But we do need to do a podcast. We've got loads um, of time. No, no, once to do you finish recording, you don't need to look at this anymore. This is all on me. So if anyone, I'm only hurting yeah, myself, so it's yeah. fine. And you've only got two days. Painting wise, um, I have been actually been focusing more on scenery. Um, cool. A lot more on scenery. So I, I've I've painted over um, my buildings to a new grey scheme. Mm-hmm. Um, so before all my buildings were pretty much just some reason some were red like because I love red and some were blue because I love blue and some were green because green's fun mm-hmm. um, but now they're all going over to uniforms so they're all grey and I've been using the airbrush and doing um, some pre-shading like really practicing with pre-shading cool um, and then I've also developed a technique where once you spray too thick and the pre-shading disappears um, you just get the paint and then you use the dropper bottle and just add uh, like two drops of white extra to lighten the color up for the light bits uh, or you add like a drop of black to to take the color down and then uh, just basically just do the pre-shading post-shading so actually just shading <laughs> oh shading on the fly when you kind of mess, mess it up, up. It, uh, nothing is messed up it's just well, not how we intended happy, it to be it's a that is, that is the best thing about scenery yeah so like you can mess up so easily and mm. then just change it and it still works mm. 
So I've been if, focusing on on the grey of my buildings um, and, and going have, over and repainting bastions. Have you got any fluffy little clouds? No, I could do that, though. Like, you know when the, they paint the, the hospital in, in um, The Simpsons Sky Blue and they paint on yeah. a cloud and then the plane yeah, crashes into it? A fluffy little cloud. I'll, I'll work on some fluffy little clouds then. Bob Ross. Um, so what I've also been doing is because uh, I, I purchased one ZM tile quite a while ago uh, and it's just gone straight into the cupboard of shame, never to really be looked at again, um, with the intention of buying like one or two tiles when they become available on eBay or just like the odd purchase when people find it. Um, so I've been working out some test schemes for the ZM, for the ZM board. Um, I figured out well, I'm a little bit, I, I don't know which one works better, um, but I, I've, I've done a normal, like, grey tiles, because, you know, painting grey. Yeah. Not. Yeah. Uh, done, so, so it's the one which is like an L shape. Uh, so you've got the flat yeah, board yeah, and the yeah, L yeah, shape. Yeah, yeah. And then I've cool. used the L shape to basically block out separate areas. So along one corridor, um, I've painted just a grey gray floor and grey walls. It's some shading On another corridor, I did... Um, like quite intense um like a white floor like a gray light gray white okay. uh, but left it gray in the corners so it's it's nicely sort of like grimed up um and then tried out a light yellow uh like which yellow it probably doesn't do it justice like a creamy color um right. and then in the middle of the l i i've tried um uh doing granite ah doing granite floors because obviously this is a blood angel cruiser so if anyone's going to have granite floors or, or marble floors, um, it's going to be them. It's uh, them or the emperor's children, right? Yeah, exactly. So uh, I, 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 I need to do more. It's not, I need to do more layers and, it, and, and you can't really see it if I showed you, so I, I won't. But I need to, I, it's basically, I'm using that one as my tester one. Yeah. Um, to give it a go. And, uh, Fair enough. And then I'm also going to do large, a large area of hazard stripes to practice like large hazard stripes because I've realized how bad I am at doing hazard stripes with an airbrush. <laughs> um, I think I just expect two yellow too quickly, um, expecting the block color to be there. So I, I need to figure that one out properly. But yeah, so at the moment I'm kind of swaying towards this marble color. Uh, I'm cool. not too sure what I want to do about the the alcoves on all the walls. Um, ah, uh, yes. I don't know. Uh, I saw I belong to ZM International Facebook group, um, and one guy used a green stuff uh, template uh, to basically pop over the 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 to paint it all gray and then when he's doing the color on the archways like inside the archways popping over a green stuff um template to then just spray it all in so you kind of protect the the layers um the cool. aim for when i do the board is to basically have it painted up really really well i think it, it it's certainly something that's going to have a lot of focus on it so i want it to look good yeah yeah mm. that makes sense so it's just whether or not i do granite everywhere um, but we need. I, I'll, I'll finish up the test scheme, get them all looking right, and then I'll take photos and get people to vote. You're still planning on doing the different themed rooms. Oh because, yes. So you're going to have to work out your layout of your board. Yep. And then that's going to be your permanent setup. Yep. Because so, you won't be able to move the corner of your med bay and put it with the armory because the armory floor will be green and the bed yeah. bay will be white with blood stains or yeah something. yeah I, I thought about painting it all uniform like the one at um forge world uh at warhammer world but then i, 
I don't just want corridors, like a maze of corridors. I want each, yeah. I want it to be specific areas. Right. I know you can achieve that by just putting down loads of scatter terrain. But I, I, I my, the areas that I'm thinking about at the moment are uh, an engine room uh, or, uh-huh. or power supply, which probably wouldn't actually be yeah. the engine room. It would be probably more like shield generation or something yeah, like that. Yeah, shield generation would be really cool. Yeah. Makes for a really good narrative uh, objective. Yeah, like go in and take the shields down or take down the shields that are blocking the landing bay. So that's the other one I'm doing the landing bay. Um, so right, I can cool. have some some vehicles, some crates, that kind of stuff in just parked in there waiting to go. Um, and then I want to do either a med bay or a command station. Um, I don't really know. It, it depends on the tiles, really, that I get. Yeah, also the scenery you're going to use, right? Yeah. Like, yeah. you know, if you can find stuff that's going to work better as a med bay and yeah. you're going to be happy with, great. But if that's hard to find and you can do a kind of command bridge area easier... Yeah then do that one right yeah so the 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 power generation is going to be super easy like i've already got it all i've got the the power conduits that i painted up with osl um to glow blue i've got loads of pipe work that i'm going to run around uh, the room to kind of create barriers and just jumping over it kind of make it a bit harder to move around the room Mm. um and, and ultimately it probably isn't going to be that big of a room to have those two power containers in it um maybe a square ultimately yeah um, which is why I don't think it will be a power room, like a, a ship power room. It should be a shield room. Yeah. Um, the the landing bay will be much more open, um, but they're going to be. That's where I'm going to probably have the majority of my containers um, waiting to be loaded into a ship. Um, I've also got some of the the carriages that I made with the the tractors from that set um, to mm. be able to pull mm-hmm. stuff around, so I can load up some crates onto those and, and almost have them as a bit of mobile mobile cover. Um, and then I've got vehicles, big vehicles that I can put down. It's just almost line of sight blocking like the, um, fire raptor or like the, the large bane blade thing I've got. So I can put those down as, as blocking line of sight type vehicles if I need to. Um, but but I think that room's going to be a bit crowded anyway. So my main aim is to just put crates and, um, containers in there. Yeah, and maybe the old cool. ship for if it needs to for for the the, the mission or the the narrative have a ship in there to, to exfiltrate with, um, and then I need to figure out med bay or command deck, but the the med bay command deck will be the cleanest granite in my head. Um, it will be, okay. be the cleanest because obviously med med bays are meant to be clean. Um, yeah, it depends on what stage you want to use a med bay, right? Like if yeah. it's the middle middle of a war footing, then there might be blood everywhere because they haven't exactly. had a chance to clean it. Exactly. Um, same, for the, same for the command station. That would be fairly clean. The ship would be probably in my, uh, the the ship landing bay or storage area. In my mind would be probably dirty, but in like a used dirty way. So yeah. maybe dirt in yeah. the corners of the tiles, not really too heavily corroded. And then the power mm. station would probably be the most corroded, just because of being left alone. If it's not the main power bay and it's just like for ship for for maybe the wall shields in the 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 landing bay, then maybe it would be a lot more dirty and corroded, and I can work on some of that. But that's all. I need to look at the board. I need to plan out the the way it looks. Yeah, I mean, you'll be able to do that, right, when you've got the full board sitting in front of you. Indeed. I say laying laying on the floor, probably, <laughs> laying out the tiles and working out the rooms yeah. and how big is the med bay going to be? How big is yeah. that bit going to be? And ultimately, uh, if I need more blank tiles, that's not a bad thing. I can go and buy some of the GW plastic ones. When I get yeah, just raise them up a little. Raise them up a little bit. I think someone posted a, a, a thing of, you almost have to put four bases together. Um, so like large room to large room, small room to small room, four bases. Yeah. And that brings it up to the height of the other ones. 
Okay. So like a super, in my mind, it's, it's happy to, maybe it's three. Uh, it's like a super easy way to raise them up. And if I can get, I, I don't mind getting loads of blanks because I, it means that my board can just be bigger. Yeah. Yes. And four, I think 40 quid gives me four, maybe from GW. Yes, yeah, so. I think four, 40 quid gives you a, a two by two, I believe. Yeah, so having um, an extra two by two would mean I could get a bigger board and, and maybe make it a bit bigger. Yeah, yeah. Because yeah. I, need, I need one of those for my board that I'm planning because the corner is going to be made out of those flooring okay um and it's going to be raised so the trench works are going to go into them I'm going to put like hanger doors in the like sunken part so it's almost like there's a there's a, a, a base underneath the ground yeah. and that's like the top level yeah um, cool. but yeah okay so Matt, t- tell me about your painting woes uh well they're not really woes I just being very honest I don't really have any motivation to do any um so it's weird right like i'm not at work i'm furloughed so still getting paid but just not really doing any work but being at home with the two kids and jenny still having to work especially like this week she started having to do a lot more work mm-hmm. um with more kids going back to school and stuff um so it's it gets to the evening and uh, you know similar to neil's building woes of kind of like yeah netflix and you know computer gaming and just the easy switch off brain stuff has taken over and it's just like gets to kind of half eight at night kids are all settled eaten and i'm like oh i could get all my paint stuff out and just paint or i can shoot people on PUBG, or i can just watch this rerun of taskmaster or top gear or something that makes me laugh and i don't have to concentrate on but i've got to that point now i'm not even watching like decent tv I'm just mm. watching easy TV. Um, yeah. So, yeah, I just need to get out of that funk. I'm not, like, super upset about it, but I just I want to be able to say, hey, yeah, I did this, and I'm really happy with how that came out. Like, last month, I think I finished the Night Lord Apothecary. And actually, after having such a long break from painting the Night Lords, I was really happy with how he came out. Cool. So it's not like a, a funk that I've been in before where it's like, oh, I'm not sure on my ability or I'm nervous about doing something or something didn't work right and that hit my confidence it's just uh oh i could do that but there's this easier alternative and that's winning yeah. over nine times out of ten yeah. So yeah, yeah i think i did put a little bit of paint on some vets i can't remember if that was like calendar wise whether that was this month but i think it was after our last recording um so yeah but very very little just some silver and maybe a wash and um, they're still not done so yeah just that's where i'm at painting wise i'd love to have new kits because building is something i will always do straight away like i've always motivated to build stuff um but yeah painting is that little bit more and it's failing at the moment um again unfortunately not much excitement here with painting (laughs) um although i have painted some weapons uh with like a mix of um black and uh sort of like a bolt gun metal style um silver to make a darker silver okay which i can then do a wash over to bring the the color down a bit further but still have that metallic sort of edge to it if that makes yeah. sense what what weapons are these for uh star wars okay that's cool <laughs> I know you were painting the uh, stormtroopers. Yeah, so. they they've kind of they kind of ground to a halt a little bit, and yeah, now I kind of like no, I need to get them done because yeah, I want to get them done. Hey, any yeah. painting's good painting. Yeah. yeah. So, so yeah, they they that's they're done. 
the only thing that's left to do with them is uh, where are we? Is they've got stormtroopers with um, basically World War Two machine guns that have been turned into blasters. <laughs> okay. Um, they've got backpacks that need doing, and then all like the fabric um, body suit underneath the the plastoid armor. Oh yeah. It needs to be painted like a, a dark greeny, dark greeny grey color, just to make it stand out from them and the black a little bit. Yeah, nice. But yeah, as I said, not nothing much exciting really, unfortunately. Yeah, well, it's still something, man. Like, yeah, you've got to do stuff to get motivated, right? I think that's my problem. I'm just not mm. doing anything. I'm sure if I just went, right, I'm going to do this one random model that I'm excited to paint, and that would kickstart me, but I just haven't found that model yet. Yeah. Um, yeah. yeah. I, I did. I did pick up some um, the other day. I picked up some um, Mark III plastic guys off of eBay. Uh-huh. Um, for, uh huh. Why? I need them for my Ultramarines. Oh, okay. Right. I've got a 10 man tax squad in a rhino, part of my tank company. Um, cool. That I need. So, yeah, they're coming. Um, I'm going to have to do a bit of what they're a bit of a repair job, shall we say? Okay. Um, just because the person clearly doesn't know how to put thin layers of paint on, and some of the arms you can just tell from the photos are a little bit low, and you know, like the wrists don't meet up properly, and things like that. But it's all like I got such a steal, it was like six pounds. Oh, wow, well, okay, for like enough. 10 guys. Um, Even if they go wrong, it, at least it's yeah i can easily go over that considering they're like 25 30 most of the time yeah yeah um, yeah, yeah it's absolute right. steel i'm i'm sure someone in the group has spare arms floating about as well in mark three pretty sure um, i do maybe yeah maybe. i was i was wondering whether you did sam but i think simon does as well and uh ben might i'm not sure not sure how much plastic stuff he ended up buying but um yeah, I'm sure I can find the few bits that I may need, but most of it I'm hoping could be saved. Um, but yeah, I'm going to hopefully get those done, get them uh, base coated, and then maybe get the blues on them. And although that's not working towards the Night Lords, which I really should focus on, that might just be enough. Putting that airbrush blue down will be enough for me to go, oh yeah, let's go back to the Night Lords. Cool. That's yeah, what I'm hoping. Um, that's what do you what need to get done for September? Mate. So, let me load up the list. Um, oh, so, oh, there's a list. Yeah, yeah, well, I need to load up the actual 3,000-point list because I can't even remember what's in it. Um, that's that's how far behind I am right now. Brilliant. Um, yeah, well, so. technically, I'm still like three years behind anyway, so, you know. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. I would love to play that list. I really want to play your 3K list. I don't, know. I don't actually know if it is three years yet or quite what. If it's even 3K anymore. <laughs> Yeah, that's a good point. Actually, yeah, uh, it's not been that much change, right? My work in progress list. Ah, Tell me about this list, right? So I have a Legion champion on bike, Uh um, who may become my um, chaplain on bike. I'm not sure yet. I might slightly change that, but I mean, still one dude to paint. Um, Apothecary on a bike. um, Two more vets. A 10-man assault squad. Um, I think I've finished the heavy chain blade terror squad. I'm not sure. Uh, Two drop pods. um, uh, My two javelin attack speeders. Six bikes. A Sikaran Arcus tank. And this is everything you need to do? 
just yeah. a couple of things then, yeah? Jeez. Yeah, that's what I need to do for September if if the event carries on. I uh, I have become very enamoured wow. with bikes. I really like the bikes. I know. Uh, you've always liked bikes. I, 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 I'm trying to justify my head why I would buy Outriders, like the four-tread ones. I mean, I, I, I think they look nice, but I don't know if I could spend the 55 really quid. Nice. I, I, I think... So the what I've got is I've got my champions on a bike, uh, an outrider bike. So is my apothecary, um, and then all my other guys are on the normal forty k bucks. Yeah. Um, and that that way your characters stand out. They have this kind of you know slightly souped up bike. Yeah. Um, and that's kind of spreads the cash out a little bit as well. Okay. Cool. Makes sense. Anyway, we've that was all painting, right? We all did that. But yes, I have a large pile of Night Lords to paint and no motivation whatsoever to do them. Mate, do you own them all? Yeah, yeah. I need to do a tiny bit of green stuff work on the Javelins. But everything is literally undercoat black nice. other than them and ready to go. Um, just need to get in the airbrush booth and then get the details done. And green. actually, like the the Apothecary took maybe two hours max. Yeah. Like, okay. So... It's not like a really hard scheme and I can do it quite quickly and quite well um, to my standards, don't get me wrong. Yeah. Um, but yeah, I'm not worried in that sense. Um, time is is definitely ticking away, but I feel like even at the start of August, I can achieve all of those things, Yeah. I feel, um, which is probably not helping my mentality of painting right now either. Um, but yeah. <laughs> I can do it in August, it's fine. Yeah, I, I, yeah. I, feel, I feel that you... We need to. What we need to test out is you running the airbrush while your kids are asleep. Yeah, that is something I really do need to test because the fan from the booth is quite loud, and I'm a little bit nervous. I, I think what I'd like to do is maybe during the day when Lucas is napping, um, yeah. go up and and try it then because actually if he wakes up, I can turn it off, you know, rock him back to sleep, and then not do it and no. Um, if he sleeps through it, then great. Um, yeah. And I think that'll be when I'll use that time. But saying that, um, Caleb's going back to school soon and Lucas is going back to nursery soon. So I'll actually have some child-free time as well. So that might massively help with that. Isn't child-free time when you make another child? No, the hell no. (laughs) That jumped to that too quickly. (laughs) So that was a very definitive answer, that one. Yes, and you get the same from Jenny as well. So that's fine. That's like, good, as long as you're aligned. We're, we're done. Yeah, yeah, we're definitely in line, and I'm happy about it. Well, that was a 45-minute detour. Um, <laughs> Matt's, yeah, Matt's yeah. painted. Matt's, Matt can't, can't bother to paint. can't blame me for that. No, no, Matt can't bother to paint. I've been painting um, buildings, and Neil's been uh, painting the wrong game. Yeah. Yep. He's been painting for, for the Legion, Legion of, of Three. three. <laughs> oh, God, don't oh, barely dude. do this one. Game in. <laughs> game in, Matt. Well, I mean, this is easy. I haven't had any. I'm hoping though, like with the reduction in potential distancing, you can easily be one meter plus away from someone over a gaming table. Right? How big is one meter, Matt? One meter. Don't know about that. If you do it, your hundred centimeters. Do it, your arms. Can you can you spread a meter out? Like, well, not on this little webcam. Not, not on this no. camera. We can't. <laughs> step back. Step back. <laughs> because I I I I want a game, and if we're going to do I do the event in September, we need to, I need to have games because I I'm yes, not saying yeah. I've forgotten everything, but it's pretty much gone. Oh god! <laughs> um, but on Don't that worry, note, I, I can teach you. On that note, I also downloaded Tabletop Simulator. Ooh. Um, 
You know, I had a quick mess about with Chris. I haven't had a game with it, like a full-on game. But it's, oh, okay. it, it, it seems quite good. Like, I'm running it on Mac, which, um, yeah, Macs aren't gaming PCs. Uh, but nah. it, it, it runs. It runs They're fine. They're PCs. Yeah, exactly. They're not gaming machines. Um, it runs. So I think I might try and get a game in. Okay, cool. Chris keeps asking me. It's just finding time. Like, what I didn't realise is games take for a very long time. And especially on Tabletop Simulator, games take a very long time. It's, yeah. it's setting up of the models and the, uh, oh, no, I've moved in. I didn't mean to move that. Right, okay, I've got to try and move it back without it falling through the table, this, that, the yeah. other. It's finicky, but I, 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 for the sake of what, it was like 15 quid? Yeah. Like, for the sake of 15 quid, even if I can get a couple of games out of it, I think it's worth it. And and it's nice to be able to talk about it a bit and, and maybe organising games against, say, Loopy and, and, and across oh, uh, mate, far away people would be quite cool. Mm. That yeah, would be that'd cool. be amazing. Um, um, but yeah, that's been pretty good. I've enjoyed that. Um, so I haven't actually had a full game. I, I, I've built my army in Tabletop Simulator, like pulling different models cool. and then saving that as... Did you work out how to save it in your on your machine yeah. and then import it into game. Chris's game? Yeah, you just make... Because we couldn't... The way you do it is you make the other person that's joining you in your room um, a admin or whatever they call it. Ah, and then that allows okay, them that's... to bring in whatever they like. That's where we went wrong. Okay, yeah. Fair so we did it on. <laughs> we did it with with um, with Chris when Chris was showing me models. Uh, he he did that. So I made him an admin, and I was able to add them in. And and then um, there's some I can't find. Like I can't find a vindicator for some very bizarre reason. Um, uh, there'll be there'll be one there somewhere. It, but it's it won't just be where it's you just so it obscure. So it's fine. I, I've got most of it. I haven't got vindicator, but I just got an extra bar bread. Well, that's that's well, standard that's, view. Exactly, exactly. <laughs> so, uh, and I know what I know. What will happen? You will find a vindicator, and you won't take out that extra bile bread. Why do I need to take it out? That's, oh. <laughs> yeah. So anyway, yes. uh, I haven't had a game in, but it's been really cool to be able to play around with that medium, and and mm. um, definitely had a go of it. So let's take a quick break, and we'll come back with the warp storm poll. Indeed. The tendrils of the warp are far-reaching and communicating using the great social media anonymicon. Do I? What's that? Do I have to say that? Yeah, it's a keeper anonymicon. Anonymicon. Anyway, it's apparently never been easier. Reach out and connect. Find them on the Adeptus Terror podcast page on Facebook. www.facebook.com forward slash the Adeptus Terror podcast and the Adeptus Terror Podcast Community Safe Room Facebook group, www.facebook.com forward slash T-A-T-P Safe Room. You can also connect to them on Instagram to see some of what they get up to in between episodes at the Adeptus Terror Podcast. Give these losers a break and please give them a like and a follow. Thanks, guys. And welcome back. Um, that was the quick break and uh, back with the Warp Storm poll. So last month's poll, we had when playing Space Marines, what would you field and why? So this was referencing to the uh, mix of Primaris and traditional Space Marines, Primaris units only or traditional Space Marines only. Um, so I, I wasn't too surprised with the overall outcome of this. Um, no, I, I thought it'd be exactly this actually. Yeah. But, uh, but Matt, go with 
Jason's feedback? Uh, no, well, I thought actually it would be better to do the results first. That's why it's this way around in the notes. Okay. Because I think the comments speak of why the results are this mm-hmm. way. Okay. Rather than, I think for this poll in particular, actually doing the results first would be better. Sure. So um, traditional Marines only. Um, as some like to call chibi marines, as I've come to know. Chibi, um, yes. Why? It means like small in Japanese Cute. slang. Cute, small. Oh, anime. Because now there's the big boys in Primaris bottles. Oh, okay, cool. Traditional so marines with five votes. Yeah, yeah. So, <laughs> um, yeah, you might hear us mention that in people's comments, so it's probably worth to get out there. Um, but, yeah, so we got five votes for the traditional space marine only. Um, Primaris marine units only was 23. Cool. Um, so much bigger jump up. Um, yep. And actually, interestingly, obviously not all the comments are there because there was a few to go through. Um, uh, a lot of people saying they started Marine Armies and went, well, if I'm starting, I'm going to do Primaris only. So a lot okay. of those votes were those people. Okay, right. Um, and then the, the winner was what we expected, I think, um, a mix of Primaris and the traditional Space Marines, which was 29 votes. So a little bit over our, our Primaris units only. Yeah. Um, so yeah, and I, I think we kind of break down why it's quite obvious by the time we get to the end of the comments. But if that isn't the case, then I'm sure we will talk about it as well. Um, so yeah, as Sam said, we start off with Jason, our friend from Master of the Forge. Um, he commented and weighed in. He said he's got two Space Marine armies, Blood Ravens and Raven Guard. Loves the Raven, apparently. Mm-hmm. Um, the Blood Raven army is a mix of Chibi and Primaris Marines. Uh, the Raven Guard Army is a 30k army, which is obviously all chibi or traditional marine. Um, so, but it can also be run in 40k. My future plans for the Blood Ravens is to supplement them with Primaris Marines and units. Um, I do tend to run a mixed list, especially since I run a larger number of chibi librarians, Blood Ravens, of course. <laughs> uh, they do love their librarians. Knowledge is power. Mm. And those models all have some sort of narrative reason for being on the board. So for him, it's kind of a holding on to, you know, his his narrative and characters that have, you know, been on the battlefield and, and won games for him, hopefully, and he's got an attachment to, um, uh, as well as some Primaris units that he seems to be looking to add. Yeah, future plans. So yeah, he's going to go more Primaris, but he's currently, you know, more chibi. Cool. Yes. Next one. Go on, Neil. Awesome. Uh, right. Okay. Before we start this, how do we pronounce this name? Is it? I'd say it's Tom. Tom and Bombers. Yeah. Yeah. That's. I'd just go for that, mate. Yeah. Boomers. Right. Boomers. Boomers. Right. I apologise for butchering your name. Uh... Hello. Was Primaris because oh, they no, are Oh no! Sorry, guys. Start again. I, I, I oh. phrased that. Bye, Kel. What? Uh, I oh. literally, sorry, I got sorry from pronouncing your name and then you just froze. Oh, okay. Interesting. Um, right. So, yeah. What was that? I saw something come across your screen, Sam. Did you? Kelly waved yeah. goodbye. It was, probably I don't think her, that's right, it was probably her walking in the background. Oh, could be. Um, right. So, I apologize for butchering your name, uh, but Tom Bombers. Uh, I lean more towards Primaris because they are easy. Sorry, I lean more towards Primaris because they are new, easy to get in big box sets, 
and great models, looks and rules-wise. Look at them. Um, but I do mix them with traditional. Uh, it's got Vanguard Vets, Smash Captains, Centurions, and Terminators, which are way too cool not to include. Mm, the rule of cool. I think that's... The rule of cool, indeed. I think that's probably the reason that... Uh, unless you're new to Marines and starting out with only Primaris Marines, I think that's the majority reason that I wouldn't collect a pure Primaris Marine army is because at the moment, I think they lack diversity. Now with the, the ninth edition the stuff coming. that's coming out, like the buggy, 110% yes. I don't care what anyone says. So I love that thing. Um, the bikes, 110% yes. I, I feel my, my vehicle Marine bulge are growing. I couldn't do a purist marina, a, a primaris marine at the moment because they lack that diversity. I think eventually when they take over, uh, I, I will, of course, have a few token units, like a few token um, space marine units because that's where you're from. That's the history, the legacy. I don't care if they're not yep. very good. Um, and I absolutely love some of like the space marine scouts and stuff, which will always be part of my army that I still have. Um, however, I think inevitability the lack of support will come with the Space Marines and it will start flipping to Primaris and then that will probably change me over. Yeah. Great. Cool, cool. Um, so next is Adam Haythorn. Uh, Adam Haythorn said, I have a mix of traditional and Primaris Marines using a narrative that the great company has taken heavy losses and being reinforced with Primaris in drips and drabs as the units become available. This allows me to feel traditional Marines mix or just Primaris. I like that. I like I like how he's feeding into his narrative what he's going to do. Um, and, and and if you look at the books which refer to the Primaris Marines and how they are uh, reinforcing the, the marine, marine, marine chapters, they're not all just, bam, here's a company. Um, like Blood Angels, they receive some reinforcements, some reinforcements. Mm. Like It's not just a, a rock up and here's 10,000 Marines and all the equipment you ever need. It is that, right, cool, this is what we've got. You have it. Um, when new stuff comes out, this is what we've got now. Like, it, 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 I like that. I like that way of doing it. Yeah, cool. yeah it fit, fits in with the wider law of what's actually happening in, in the GW narrative, right? Yeah. You know, it's, it's just very much in line with that. Um, so next we have Patrick uh, Polius, um, our winner from our ZM challenge. Feels like years ago now. It was only the end of last year. Uh, he said, I love the older generation of Space Marines. Uh, the diversity of the range and options. I, uh, however, get my mini Marines fix in Age of Darkness and have a Primaris only 40k force, as that's where we are headed anyway. Um, so, yeah, I think for people who play Heresy, you know, you kind of get that. You already have got an army full of Marines and Marine units, box dreads, tanks, you know, all, all of the traditional stuff. Um, yeah. And then. So you're almost free in 40k to do a Primaris only force. And especially if you're kind of going between the games, you're not too worried about that lack of diversity either. Um, because you're trying to split your time across two different game modes. Um, but yeah, yeah. I mean, this is probably where I'm coming in and where I'm looking at the Space Wolves for ninth and going, maybe I'll do a Primaris only thing because... I've got the Night Lords and the Ultramarines in Heresy, so I've got lots of normal kind of traditional Marines. Um, it would be cool to go for some of those new units like bikes, and um, I quite like some of the uh, 
I think they were the last wave, like the incursors, infiltrators, mm-hmm. you know, and, and do kind of for the space force that surrounding kind of force. Cool. Um, I think it's just hard to let go of some of the mixed um, ideas of kind of having you know regular blood claws led by Lucas the Trickster, for example. In my list, you know, um, it would be weird to have just Primaris intercessors everywhere and Lucas just kind of standing around, even though he's supposed to run with blood claws. Yeah, it just, yeah. just doesn't quite work yet. There's some awkwardness in the the mix. I think I, I think with. you need you need a book, like a lot of it. Yeah. You, you need a book, and, and and if they bring out the new Space Wolf Codex, like I'm sure they will update a now Lucas runs with these these type of units because that's what all his blood claws. Yeah, have gone possibly, to. or at least you just need a little you know blurb that says like Lucas was separated from his pack and ended up running around with some Reavers. Yeah. And dun, then that's, like yeah. I think a lot of it, especially for me, like the I've I've kind of I think progressed. I know we're talking about reflections and stuff. I think I've progressed my my grasp of the law to the point where actually most things are okay. And let's face it, mm-hmm. GW will change it to sell models um, anyway. So mm-hmm. I, I think as long as you can rationalize it yourself, or how I do it is rationalize it against a book. Um, yeah. I, I think I'm fine with most of the stuff that comes out. So like having Mephiston run with whoever, Lamartis run with, the fact that there's no Def Company Primaris at the moment. So Lamartis yeah. would lead no one. Um, if if you were doing a Primaris well, no, you, only, you so, probably wouldn't even have Lamartis because no. he's not a Primaris model. Yeah, so I, I think I, I think it's a, GW will update it when they want to start selling those models. I think it's, it's, yeah. maybe that's a cynical view. Um, but I, I think most things are okay. You can write your own narratives with it. It makes sense for these units to. It's not like Lamartis would go. Well, I'm not going out with them because they're not. They're not my normal size. They're all taller than me, and I don't want to be short. <laughs> it wouldn't happen. Yeah. 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 Fair enough. Um, cool. Who who just finishes it? Me. No, no one else. Me. Uh, so Chris Collins, um, I really like both model sets. Uh, I'm in the process of repainting some old Space Marines to slot into my Imperial Fist army. Uh, I've got particularly taken with uh, an idea that Matt started. Oh, Matt! So I know. I, Joe, I can't even remember it. You're well. responsible really for so much. Um, it feels yeah, so not, bad. So yeah, particularly taken with an idea that Matt started on the podcast about having a load of veteran Marines that don't want to undergo the Rubicon Primaris. Or can't. Like, there's plenty of Marines that can't yep. undergo it. And the, they are continuing to fight on for a glorious death. They sound like Klingons. Um, <laughs> as a result, my old-fashioned Marines, uh, part, or sorry, as a result, my old-fashioned Marines part of the army has a core of 15 Stern Guard, led by a lieutenant and an ancient, and 15 Vanguard vets, led by a jump pack chaplain. Nice. I like it. It's it's like yeah, going out in that blaze of glory. We're gonna we're gonna stay as we are because we are at our peak. Um, yeah, no I, gonna... I think there was quite a trend through the comments of people kind of saying, "Yeah, my my vets of the army are these traditional marines," and then my rank and file, you know, intercessors and regular squads, reavers, is like the new scout kind of idea. You know, because they are the models available. Yeah. It'd be really interesting to do this again, maybe in a year or so's time when all the bikes and other units have been revealed. Mm-hmm. Um, I think they've also shown some heavy support squad Primaris. Ooh. Um, I think there's been a bit of a tease of those. I can't remember. Um, 
but yeah, it'll be interesting to see if that's still the case in these people's armies yeah. down the line when you've got the option of bringing Primaris Sternguard, Primaris Vets, whatever they call them. Um, but it's a really good, easy way of slotting in some of your favourite models, shall we say, that maybe yeah. you don't want to let go and want to put on the tabletop and go, cool, they're my vets, they're my guys that have been fighting for years and are rugged and, you know, uh, well, veterans. And yeah. the rank and file reinforcements have come through because, of course, they're the ones dying more because the rank and file are not as good as the veterans. Yeah, yeah, Sam. Uh, yeah. I can, yeah, there was a lot of people doing that same kind of narrative reason. Um, and I can see why. I can see that, that thread quite nicely. It's cool. It's cool. Cool. Christopher Sartin? Sartin, yes. So currently, Chris is traditional only. Um, he took all the old Marines he had in various forms, uh, paint stripped them, and repainted them as Badab Wars Astral Claws pre Palmaris era. Uh, this gives those guys uh, a new lease of life. They don't need to go extinct. Uh, he's not anti Primaris. Uh, he just has a place in his heart for old star Marines. And I think this is very evident of lots of what I'd call old school players of not yeah. fighting the change, but being aware that of where you came from, right? It's, it's, mm -hmm. uh, yeah. you don't want to just jump on the newfound hotness because that's what GW have decided to make good or work in a, in a more dynamic way. Um, I think it's definitely holding on to that purist army. And I, I don't think yeah. GW have already come out and said, they're not going to make primar They're not going to make traditional Marines obsolete. They're still going to be there for now yeah for, okay. for now yeah. they they're not going to be obsolete but they may move to their this thing they're calling legends right where yeah. you can play them in like narrative games and i i can, i yeah i i get that i i would be very surprised if that happens this edition the new oh no no edition. yeah that's 10 years away easy yeah like next edition maybe or or when they fleshed out primaris more i think at the moment they have this kind of like um I don't think there's that great divide between 40k and 30k that 30 40k should reserve itself for Primaris Marines and 30k should reserve itself for for old school Marines, traditional Marines uh, quite yet. But I, I think it's a really cool idea taking the the all of the the forces that you've put together over the time and had different different small factions and then pull them all into a pre pre um, Primaris, uh, pre-Primaris uh, world. I think that's really cool. And and actually, why not play with with uh, a post-Badab um, campaign or, or, or force? Mm. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And I, I guess, like, if you're trying to find something, again, that you feel easy with, doing an army that was around in the lore, you know, way back before Primaris were a thing, yeah. then, you know, that's a really easy way of doing it. You know, it's not like everyone has to do that. And that's the only way you can do it. But if you if you're drawn to that kind of chapter, then perfect. And and again, it has that um, that law backing it up on your own decisions. Um, yeah, right. Uh, Greg uh, Balkit. So for me, it depends a lot on the narrative uh, that I want to tell. In the newer law, it makes more sense that the vast majority of my force are primaris, either a hundred percent or just a small amount of classic marines in there. However, if we are playing back an old story, e.g. Space Wars Evacuation of Armageddon, then I'd go full classic Marine. Uh, there are also stories um, Primaris can tell that regular Marines just can't. For example, if we are doing a sneaky infiltration scenario, classic Marines give me Wolf Scouts. 
they were elite, so limited in number, but no other option. However, I could realistically field an entire Primaris Phobos list of 2k uh, while still giving my opponent a challenging game. Generally these days, I'd only include classic marines where it's a specific unit that adds flavour, for example, Wolfen, if they count as kind of classic, <laughs> or yeah. possibly Longfangs. Uh, it's not about hammering your opponent, but it's uh, but it's not fun for either side if the game isn't competitive. And unfortunately, classic marines don't pose that much of a threat to many armies with the current rules. Hmm. There's a there's a lot in there, right? Um, I love yeah. the idea of having a large collection so you can go, yeah, we're going to retell this story, or we're doing a part of my chapter's history where there were no Primaris marines. So I'm going to use my regular powered armor. Um, Ragnar Blackmane and I'm going to use all classic marines because it makes sense for the narrative um, and then cool we're playing current day I'm going to have a mix and I'm going to have you know the long fangs that are you know the grizzled vets again Wolfen this special type unit that aren't available in Primaris mm. and then my rank and file as Primaris marines um, yeah I, I, I really like that um, I think there's a real problem for me in my head on this we're kind of in this halfway point right like, and again, it's very personal to me, but it's like Ragnar Blackmane being Primaris Marine. Mm -hmm. yeah. So cool, he's now a Primaris Marine, great. But he currently can't use his famed way of fighting in the law because he can no longer go in a drop pod. <laughs> because he's Primaris. It's that weird stuff that I don't understand why they haven't sorted that out yet. Like I, because you can't just go, hey, everything's Primaris now. No, no, no. But you just you just put them, you, you rate them as bulky or whatever classification and just minimize the people that can go in it. Like how they've dealt yeah. with um, transports in 30K. Like you can put whatever you want in whatever you want, but it takes up more slots. Yeah, pretty much. I mean, Terminator still can't go in Rhinos. Uh, again, it doesn't make sense. Oh, I miss yeah. second edition rules for that. <laughs> but it, 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 I, I get it. If, 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 all right, maybe remove the assaulting ability or something like that. But it, it doesn't make sense as to why. It's like me going, "Oh, Matt, you're a bit, you're a bit too small." Uh, or, or actually, it's a bit like me saying, "Matt, you're a bit too tall. Uh, you actually can't walk through that door." Yeah. Like I just duck because knees, knees <laughs> yeah, don't exactly. exist. Yeah. Like it's, it's again, it's, a, it's for me. It's two things, right? It's we don't. They don't want to bring out. Hey, here's the Primaris drop pod, and here's this, and here's that, and here's that. Yeah. Oh, you're replacing all my traditional marines rah. yeah um but also i think there's a and this is a, the other side of the cynical coin you bring out ragnar blackmane he can no longer go in a drop pod you now no longer need to buy a drop pods which is an old kit that they slowly want to phase out yeah yeah you know, so because why would you go cool now primaris can go in drop pods i mean the only reason because any, they, you the want to reason... sell the primaris transports yeah, yeah. I mean, there there certainly is a a marketing strategy behind it of of going well. If they can go in everyone's existing vehicles, then people won't buy the new vehicles. Yeah, like I get, I get, I do get that. Um, I just, I, I it's think just it, sad for me yeah. personally because my list was always that full drop pods, everything coming in, Ragnar at the front of it, and literally one model now technically stops me from doing that. Now, don't get me wrong, I could bring his second in command. I could bring a wolf. Um, a wolf guard lead, uh, battle pack leader, whatever, and not play Ragnar at all and keep my list completely the same. Yep. Um, so it's not like, oh, toys out the pram, I'm angry at Games Workshop. I'm not at all. But it is a change that is jarring for some people. Mm. 
um, and one that I'm wrestling with. So that's one of the reasons this poll choice was there because actually I'm struggling with do I run mixed um, Marines and Primaris? Do I go full on you know traditional Marine and just keep my list pretty much the same and don't run Ragnar anymore? Or do I go, do you know what? Actually, this is a time to go completely new, new edition. Let's go full Primaris. And I'm, you know, um, funny enough, you mentioned about having like a vehicle boner in terms of um, the bikes and all the new Primaris love stuff. Absolutely so, love it. I, you know, I'm thinking of almost reinventing my very first Space Wolf list, which was a Rhino Rush list, but just doing it in the Primaris version. What's the Primaris version of a Rhino now? Um, it's a weird one. So they've got the repulsor. The, the, the repulsor. <laughs> Bless you. Sorry. Um, it's the. Is it the repulsor? I don't. It can only hold like six models, though, right? But the larger one can hold nine, I believe. But it's like a land raider and really high expensive points. The the impulsor is the big one, and the repulsor is yeah. the. Oh, hang on, they're the same. No, no. The impulsor is the small one, looks like a rhino, and the repulsor is the big one. Oh, okay. there you go. Yeah, um, yeah. But yeah, the Impulsor holds not that many in it, which is a bit of a shame. Um, but then you don't have big squads. No, you have Primaris. Yeah, yeah, yeah. You tend to have them lower, right? You'd but I mean, to... if you want to do big squads, you use Phobos and just infiltrate them all. Yeah. Okay. Because they all start 10 inches away from the enemy. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, yeah. How big's 10 yeah. inches, Sam? I don't know. Oh, oh, hang on. Two fives. Hang on. Way you're a bit slow there. Hang on. There we go. This, if okay. it measures the same, it's it's this. Yeah, awesome. <laughs> um, are we on? Are we? Who are we up to? We're up to. Uh, we are. We're up. We're to on Nick. Neil and his reunion. Adams, a yeah, lovely so, comment. Adam, aka Loopy, uh, from Masters his, com- his comment is: uh, "I'm done with Chibi Marines. The proportions are laughable." It's a fantastic <laughs> comment from Adam. Yeah, yeah I like great. how everyone used to make them make them true scale true marines scale, by yeah. cutting off the knees and extending them and they've just brought out primaris which are bigger which means they yeah. could have done it the entire time the yeah, scaling exactly. the, the whole scaling of games workshop is weird like it doesn't oh, make that, sense i mean the vehicles are ridiculous right like, here's a rhino 10 marines can fit in this rhino here's a, and it, they can't like you can get two in it <laughs> uh, i could fit three probably and that's about it exactly yeah, it's, ridiculous. it's ridiculous so we're not going to talk about laughable proportions anymore yeah, no. I mean, I do, I do think there is massive appeal with the Primaris Marines looking like how you picture Marines, right? Yeah. Like, yeah. law aside that they are, you know, super, super, super duper people, um, they they look like how you picture a Marine. You put them up against an Imperial Guard and they tower over them and you're like, oh yeah, this is how it's how it was read in the books. This is how it's yeah. pictured in any of the new cinematic stuff they've done. Um, in images, artwork, that is the the scale. Um, it's just, a, yeah, in some ways, I think some people have an issue with Primaris, the fact that they've come up with this new thing rather than going, we're rescaling the Marines. You know, there, yeah. were, there are some people who are annoyed at that fact. I mean, I don't quite get why. I don't know why people get annoyed at this hobby at all anyway. But <laughs> I mean, if you get annoyed at this, then everything else in the world should wind you up a lot more. Know, you, yeah. <laughs> yeah. Exactly. Yeah. Life is going to be a hard time if you're annoyed at plastic models. Yeah. <laughs> um, do you want to round us out with uh, Tom? Sam? Yes. So Tom, Tom Big, uh, he said that he has a Space Marine army that he's decided uh, uh, is... is uh, I'm going to read it verbatim just because words are hard 
Hard. So Tom Big said, I have a Space Marine army and I've got a certain point. Uh, I've got to a certain point of completion. They're all mini Marines uh, or uh, traditional Marines. And in our storyline, they now operate in the Imperium Nihilus. Uh, and they have they tend, they now tend to operate uh, at the core of the soup of allies and armies. They've managed to cobble together. Uh, I've even have some Marine characters modeled to lead guard units into battle. I love Primaris models. I love Primaris models, and eventually the Torchbearer fleets will reach them. But for now, I just don't like. I just don't. Uh, for for now, just like I don't use Terminators because my chapter obviously doesn't have any. Uh, we don't have Primaris quite yet. I like yeah. that. I, I like that. It's it's. I like that Tom hasn't just gone. Oh, Primaris are shiny, and and just jumped straight to them, and and mm. and, and and gone and just bought twenty kits worth to to re, uh, to to restock and rearm his forces i like that he's he's holding out for that last flag planted in the ground yeah yeah i think also it's nice really nice um to have a a story behind your force right it's clearly telling a story with his army he puts it on the table and he's building along that story um and eventually like you say he will start adding those units when the the fleets get there and they can get their reinforcements but they haven't got them yet yeah. And he's happy with that, and that's amazing. But I think that's the thing with Primaris, right? It's such a hot topic. Everyone always has an opinion, mm. and uh, sadly, online, it's normally a loud opinion um, and a stupid one. <laughs> Not necessarily the opinion, but the way they choose to share it. Um, and, yeah, just to be able to go, this is how I feel, this is where I think I'm going to stay for now, whether it's storyline-based or just because of models or whatever. Um, like, yeah, just do the hobby your way. Um, it hasn't massively helped me make my decision for my space horse, but um, it was still a good conversation. Yeah, it's awesome. Yeah. Well, stay tuned to the end of the episode where we're going to tell you what the next poll is. Indeed. And uh, we're going to take a quick break and we will come back. Oh, actually, here's a really good one. Um, which ones do you guys want? I think it's a bit obvious, but are you fully traditional oh, right. hybrid or just Primaris? God. I think I'm a mix right now. Like the new kits are really cool. Um, a lot of them have kind of tickled my fancy, but I, I want to see where they go again. I want to see the next release after this, I think, and I want to wait for a new Space Wolf Codex. Um, so I'm a mix, I would say. You know, I've already got some Reavers. I'd like to keep using Lucas the Trickster and some Blood Claws. Um, I do like Ragnar in Primaris. That model is mm. awesome. So I can imagine picking that up somehow on eBay, I guess. Um, and yeah, so I would say right now I'm a mix, but I will probably eventually push towards Primaris only. Fair enough. I, there's, there's, I'm, I'm half-hearted about putting Primaris into the Crimson Fists. I think I'd much rather do like a, a, a start a new chapter for Primaris. Nice. Ra- rather than um supplement I know they have been supplemented they have been had the primaris come in and um bolster their forces cuz uh they needed it <laughs> robute robute came and gave them a load um and congratulated uh the mighty chapter master cantor pedro cantor uh on his defense of the planet but yeah i, I don't know i'm still i'm I think I'm going to keep them separate. 
Cool. Do you know what chapter you might do? I am really fancy doing uh, a Jason from Masters of the Forge and do Blood Ravens. Ooh, lots of Primaris librarians. Yep. Yeah, and uh, lots of scout units, scout type units. Yeah, like in cursors, infiltrators, those yep. ones. Just appear out of nowhere, kind of thing, and jump yeah. on you. Yeah, that's cool. So I'm, Sam. I'm super. Uh, I don't have any Blood Angels Marines anymore. No, that's true. Not really. I got rid of them all. Uh, I have some oh, vehicles okay. and stuff, but the majority of mine went. Um, so even if I did want to do a traditional and purist and 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 primaris, I couldn't. <laughs> um, so I, I I suspect what I will do is when marines start taking my fancy again, I'll probably just do a primaris one led by Mephiston. Yes, cool. you have the new Mephiston, though. Yeah, indeed. So I'd probably just do a. What I'd quite like to do is to do a rapid response force and just do vehicles, bikes. Um and uh, any assault units I can get in there and and just and Mephiston and Mephiston floating around doing whatever the hell he likes to do like he never does. You still got the original Mephiston, or did you get rid of that? No, I got rid of him. Oh. Oh, so you can't even do a size comparison. No, no, no. People have done it. People have done a size comparison. I, I, I'm I, sure. I at the moment, I'm kind of just super off Marines. I have I have thirty k and and I know like we talk about how it's not the same and stuff, but I have the Marines itch being done there. Um, I've yeah. got plenty of other armies to play, which would diversify the the people I'm playing against and and, and stuff. And with my Gene Stiller cult, my guard, my Tyranids, I, I've got plenty of factions to be getting on with. Um, anyway, so I I think for now I probably won't jump and do a Primaris Force. I'll, I'll Fair wait. enough. I, I'm actually more stoked on building my guard bigger okay. than with with that and and um and yeah going more towards units and and stuff fair enough cool but yes anyway right. let's end there um yep. we're gonna take a quick break we will come back with our spotlight which is now focused which this episode we're focusing on the legion drop troops oh i so wanted to do this This product is rated H for hobby. Smashing through your computer screens and mobile devices comes a monthly hobby feast like you've never, ever, ever probably seen. Hosted on Google Hangouts, 8 till 11 p.m. Sunday nights, UK time. Three hours of hobby feasts and hard-fought victories. Are you strong enough to survive? Are you brave enough to achieve? Are you wise enough to attend? I guess we'll have to wait and see at the next Hobby Hangout. Check out our social media pages for specific hangout details. Sam and Matt sold separately. We do not take responsibility for any lack of completion of hobby or level attendance. Welcome back. This is The Spotlight. And this episode, we are talking about the Elysian Drop Troops. 
Um, it's been a while since we've done an Imperial Guard regiment, or sorry, Astra Militarum, and that's, that's going to always be a thing, right? I, I, I <laughs> no, it won't be because eventually all of us old people that remember the Imperial Guard will die off. Well, yeah, but until that time, we're going to probably still call them Imperial Guard. Yeah, um, yeah. until yeah. we're dead, we're going to keep calling them Imperial Guard. Yeah, so I'm really uh, looking forward to getting through uh, this regiment in particular, but also just. Uh, doing the guard regiments always makes me want to do a new army, so it's a bit dangerous. <laughs> That's um, not bad. But yeah, so here we go. Um, the Elysian drop troops are Imperial Guard regiments known for their rapid deployment capabilities, often deploying by repelling or grav shoots from Valkyrie airborne troop carriers at higher altitudes. These drop regiments are able to strike deep into enemy territory, capturing important objectives and they can operate for extended periods of time without resupply. Kind of like the paratroopers, right? Yeah, it's the drop-in, get go in for a particular mission, whether or not that's yeah. search and destroy, or whether that's a um, just mess up the enemy, and then and yeah. then just almost exfiltrate into the wilderness and disappear for a while to, until you can get picked we'll up. We'll get you when we can. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Um, the men and women that make up this regiment are recruited from the world of Elysia, hence the name Elysian Drop Troops, um, and that is in the Segmentum Solar, th- about 30 light years away from Armageddon. Um, it's rare within an Imperial Guard uh, regiment as a whole uh, for there to be so many drop infantry regiments. They are a potent asset which many generals are eager to obtain. This makes the Elysians very popular with other regiments. So Acadian uh, generals and Imperial Navy generals will be like, hey, let's get some Elysians up here because they can do a cool thing that no one else can really do as well. Uh, However, it's worth saying that however devastating a successful attack is done by the drop troops, their favoured strategies also cause their own problems. Um, Drop troop regiments cannot be supported by anything much heavier than light vehicles, um, denying them the support of the mighty Lehman Russ battle tank um, and even the humble Chimera, you know. They are literally jumping out of planes, grab shooting down and landing on planets and maybe some air uh, support, maybe some small things. They, they limit themselves to only vehicles that can be grab shoot inser- inserted. So yes. Chimeras are quite actually, although they're quite small, they're actually quite a heavy uh, troop transporter. Yeah, a Valkyrie um, can't pick up a Chimera. No, no, no. And and they're limited to their the size of their ships, right? So ultimately, the, the Imperium has ships that are capable of picking up heavy vehicles. Look at the Thunderhawk picking up land raiders. Like, it's possible. Yes. But the yeah. idea from behind, and I, I kind of cover this a little later on, but but the, the idea behind the Elysium is, is this whole back lines, infiltrate, quick in, disrupt the enemy type approach. So having a flying in a, a Lehman Russ wouldn't, wouldn't make sense. It's about having that that quick, fast moving vehicles. Yeah, yeah, everything's moving fast. Um, because of these limitations of only being able to take lighter and faster um, vehicles and lots of infantry, they struggle in prolonged battles, lacking that endurance and firepower necessary to hold their ground for a protracted period. Instead, Elysian drop troop regiments are better suited to surprise attacks, ambushes, guerrilla warfare once they've landed, relying on their mobility to continue that fight and take it to the enemy. Um, For similar reasons, Elysians carry as many supplies as possible to prolong their ability to operate behind enemy lines. 
um, Sam goes into the war gear a bit later on. Um, and their intense training ensures that these supplies last as long as possible. With the availability of ammunition being a particular problem, this is alleviated by ensuring that as few shots are wasted as possible. These are very highly trained individuals who are made for difficult situations to fight against the odds behind enemy lines and achieve their mission at no matter what yeah um, they are the paratroopers they are yeah. the special units right yeah and they go so far as to with the making sure of a few shots their las rifles which if you look at normal imperial guard regiments their las rifles are actually um short burst rifles so they're like three shots and then you have to pull the trigger again to prevent them from just yeah. unloading a, a hail of, of bullets it's, it's all about that control element um mm. but yeah so their recruitment and their training so as matt as matt uh, uh alluded to they're from elysium uh, or whatever. Uh, and all the Elysium drop troops uh, regiments are revered as these elite guardsmen. Uh, they are made up fully of volunteers. So there's no, although there's a tithe on the world, they are made up fully of volunteer uh, volunteers from the planet. Um, and they're drawn from the Elysium PDF. So in order to become a drop trooper, you must have served a full tour of combat duty on the P- in the PDF. So it's not just that you can walk off and be a normal off the street and go into these elite units you have to have combat experience um i couldn't find i did try and see i couldn't actually find what a tour of combat is now a tour of combat i imagine is about a year but this is the imperium it's probably like 10 years yeah I, i'm not sure i mean um there was talk in um what they would be up to as the pdf so there's lots of pirates that act right. uh, active in that area right uh, it's quite a big strong trade route through that area of space for the Imperium. Okay. So a lot of Zia, like Eldar pirates and even just humans that have turned into piracial warbands um, trying to raid those trade routes. So yeah. the PDF tend to spend a lot of time chasing and uh, defeating these pirate um, war fleets. I don't know what you'd call them. Um, but yeah, that's mainly what they do while they're in the PDF. Okay. Um, after they, they're recruited from the PDF, they... Uh they are sent to training bases across Elysium uh, and the rest of the system. Um, they, their training includes extensive uh, practice in handling uh, the famed grav shoots. Obviously, the biggest part about the grav troopers is their grav shoots. Um, they make a number of high-orbit insertions. They do sharpshooter training and extreme environmental survival skills. They basically make them into these elite of the elite to prevent them from, from dying. And, and actually, not all not all of the the PDF that go in to become drop troops um, make it. They don't all they don't all uh, get indoctrinated in. The expectation on the Elysian troops is that they make every shot count. Um, they don't do resupply, like Matt said. Um, a lot of their resupplies actually come down at the same time. So when they when they drop in, they have a almost a torpedo with no explosion uh, attached to it. Drop in with them, um, and that gives them all of their heavier weapons and their maybe a, a bit more ammunition. But ultimately, if you can't carry it. You can't take it. Yeah. Um, they uh, are classified. And I swear when we look at a lot of these specialist units, they all tell them the best at the same thing. So they oh, are yeah. classified as being the, the most accurate um, with shooting uh, shooting and, and, and highly trained in, in using las guns and auto guns um, than any other standard regiment of the Imperial Guard. But yeah, we'll take that a bit of a picture. Yeah, of I think like yeah, Mordian, I think they have really good um discipline don't they and they fire in ranks a bit like um uh like musket warfare right okay first rank fire kneel down second rank fire yeah 
everyone reload and you do it in volleys and that that's the Mordians, right? These guys seem a little bit more like well, the paratroopers, like we said, the highly trained uh, uh, elite of the army. Yeah. So combat doctrines. Um, so the combat doctrine: the most most Imperial Guard regiments are recruited to serve as basic heavy infantry. Um, uh, some worlds, due to their uh, particular cultural or environmental circumstances, such as the Death Courts of Krieg or um, the uh, what they called your guys, wear tank tops, Katachans, Katachans. Um, they are produced uh, to to deal with more specialised and elite circumstances. Um, Elysian drop troops serve as a highly mobile, elite airborne infantry equipped with sophisticated aircraft and grav shoots intended to be used to deep strikes behind enemy lines. The drop troops are the best at rapid insertion. They are highly mobile, uh, heavy infantry regiments that can be deployed uh, by the Imperial Guard. Some Imperial Guard regiments will have a unit of drop troops to to accompany, uh, to go in and, yeah. and do a, a specific task. Um Drop troops are, are provided with high-quality armor and weapons. Uh, they are extremely well-trained due to the difficulty required in mastering the tactics of airborne assault um, using grav shoots, Valkyries. Uh, they also comprise uh, an unusually high number of elite stormtrooper companies within their unit organizations. So stormtroopers, uh, Imperial Guard law, are more the elite elite so it's like the special forces inside of the special forces yeah they're now the uh tempesta scions so i think ages ago we covered their uh the school that they go and learn at don't didn't we uh scarlet um, magenium yes and where it's where they pull out the inquisitors and the assassins and the normal guys become the stormtroopers the um tempesta scions as they're now named yeah. So the drop troops' primary objective is to sow confusion amongst the enemy as a result of their sudden arrival behind enemy lines. However, because of their emphasis on mobility, Elysian regiments do not make use of any standard Imperial Guard army, armor. Um, like Matt was saying, the Chimera, the Lehman Russ. The only vehicles that the uh, drop troops have access to are the uh, are that the ones that are light enough to be dropped into combat by grav shoots. So that you're talking the likes of Sentinel Walkers or rapid assault vehicles, or the little buggies. Uh, as a result, Elysian troops are often able to rapidly overwhelm the enemy and seize an objective, but they must be reinforced by other Imperial Guard forces that possess heavier weapons as they're unable to hold an objective for long in the face of a determined enemy resistance. They're good at knocking the enemy off guard, but actually continuing that hold and, and requiring additional support uh, is, is, is what they need. During large-scale campaigns such as planetary sieges, the Elysian combat doctrines favour hit-and-run tactics that focus on ambushes where the Elysians can concentrate their fire and mobility. Uh, the advantage uh, is to weaken the enemy and then disappear to repeat the process. So that whole go in, come out, go in, come out. It's that whole going after targets and removing yourself from there so you don't take uh, heavy losses. In smaller engagements such as direct assaults on a fixed target, the Elysians are capable of carrying out rapid assaults and maintaining their combat abilities for several weeks without effective resupply. When we mean effective resupply, we mean like food and ammunition and support from other units. They are dropped and left on their own. Um, Matt's going to talk us through the organisation of the regiments. Uh, yeah, so some of this has been mentioned already, but it kind of gives a little bit of a more idea of how they're organised. So despite their specialised method of warfare, uh, the Elysian Drop Troop Regiments largely follow the organisation guidelines laid out by the Tactica Imperialis. So they look very similar to other regiments that don't have this kind of special skill. Um, each company is in turn led by a command section 
a captain and his retinue of specialists and advisors. Uh, due to the Elysian tradition of company commanders leading from the front, this squad will be equipped um, with special weapons and equipment, and it's kind of seen as a great honour to be chosen as the commander's bodyguard. Um, each company will be composed of five platoons, four infantry and one heavy weapons. Uh, the heavy weapon platoon consists of its own command section and heavy weapon squads, uh, two fire support squads with heavy bolters, an anti-tank squad with missile launchers, and a mortar squad, um, which I thought was a bit odd for dropping in and then setting up a mortar, but Indeed. Yeah, fair, fair enough. Um, inventory platoons are also made up of a command section and four infantry squads, each composed of a sergeant leading nine guardsmen, the kind of standard um, uh, kind of build for for imperial guard regiments um and typically each drop company will have its own multiple of valkyries for transporting each individual squad into battle um, this includes squadrons of vulture sorry um includes a squadron of vulture gunships to provide them with fire support however not all regiments will be able to equip each company with their own aircraft um, around these drop inventory companies will be other formations within the regiment Two complete companies of stormtroopers from the Militarum Tempestus are permanently attached to the regiment and consist of its elite corps, uh, spearheading assaults and performing covert operations. Uh, they have drop sentinel companies composed of a command section, several drop sentinel squadrons and a support sentinel squadron. Um, and these can be airdropped along with the infantry and provide them with fire support. In addition to the Valkyrie transports assigned to each drop company, the regiment will also include a tactical air wing with additional transport and attack squadrons. These are kind of like your Primaris Lightning Strikers, um, Avenger Strike Fighters, the Avenger Bomber, is it? A lot of the Forge World uh, flies. Yeah. Um, at the regimental command level, a colonel supported by an extensive headquarters staff oversees operations and includes other support units including a signals company, service company, medical company, and recon platoon. Um, they have the commissarial advisors as well, who will accompany the regiment into battle to provide inspiration for the troops as needed. So as I say, all of that is very similar to um, most Imperial Guard regiments. They act very similarly. Uh, they just act very differently as soon as they get to a war zone in terms of their warfare tactics. Um, yeah, Sam, I think you're going to run us through a little bit more of an individual war gear for an Elysian trooper. Indeed. So, as you can imagine, they require some specialist equipment because they are dropping into these, uh, dropping out of airplanes really, really high up. <laughs> so, the Elysian drop troops wear uh, a suit called the PT 38 jumpsuit. It's a reinforced coverall made of rugged synth canvas. Uh, thick quilted pads on the upper arms and legs are filled with a special foam to absorb the distribution of the energy of an impact. These, uh, otherwise known as impact pads, provide protection against blunt force trauma, such as uh, during a collision or a hard landing. A removable thermal liner that protects the wearer from sub-zero temperatures when making high-altitude jumps or operating in cold environments. While the jump, uh, while while jumping, they have gloves and a respirator, respirator mask to protect them from the effects of wind burn, uh, a condition caused by friction in the air during freefalls. Um, the jumpsuit is also available in a variety of colours and camouflage schemes <laughs> and includes numerous pockets for additional storage. The standard tail jump boots are designed to provide protection of the ankle during landings. Um, not much when you're jumping out of a plane, right? 
they're guardsmen. They're guardsmen, though, aren't they? Uh, they're elite, but they are expendable. Uh, Elysians also have flak armor. It consisted of lightweight synthplast uh, panels, which provide good protection without weighing down the trooper. Uh, it allows them to carry extra equipment, uh, such as the standard issue, uh, sorry, standard issue armor consists of chest uh, and a backplate, while attachment points for the trooper's respirator and grav chute. Uh, and attached shoulder pads. Additional elbow and knee pads are worn by most troopers, providing that extra protection on landing uh, and in combat, although veterans will normally disregard them after landing because it saves on weight, which is understandable. Oh, well, like, unclip them. Yeah, effectively just take them out uh, or unclip them and, and remove them. They have a, a pressure helmet, which is called the Type 5 pressure helmet. Uh, it's standard issue to every dr uh, drop trooper, constructed from reinforced plasteel with additional plates on the side uh, and, the, and the front of the helmet making it bulky uh, and uncomfortable but well armoured. Uh, the pressurised equaliser ear protectors incorporate air lines which drawn from the dispensers in the grav chute which equalises the pressure in the trooper's inner ear against bursting from rapid increase of air pressure as they fall. Other equipment built into the helmet includes a uh, tinted flash suppressor visor, short range communication receiver and data displaying screens uh, used to relay data intelligence during descent and combat. A variation of the Type 5 used by Vox operators also includes comms boosting equipment. So oh. quite a, a specialist bit of kit. Uh, if you look at the majority of troopers or, or guardsmen, they just have that standard bowl that covers their head, whereas these at least have a bit more tech in them. Guardsmen, uh, the guardsman company number will feature on the right shoulder pad. The regimental command will staff, uh, the regimental command staff will display the letter C instead. Um, letters, uh, the left shoulder pad for uh, troopers who remain blank while the guardsmen who are considered veteran uh, after eight combat drops will display a red stripe. Officers are afforded more decorative left shoulder pads, a winged skull for a low ranking officer such as sergeant and lieutenants uh, and laurel reefed skull for the officers ranked captain and up. Uh, the back of the helmet is used to help identify officers as well. There's a system of different stripes um, uh, that help you. So a white stripe is for sergeant, yellow for lieutenants, and a yellow stripe trimmed with red is for high-ranking officers. And one additional, uh, one final addition made by guardsmen to their kit is a tally of combat drops, usually in the form of scratch marks on the side of their helmet. Uh, it is considered an unofficial badge of seniority. The more combat drops survive, the more senior the guardsmen. Uh, I mean, eight is quite... I mean, if you think about it, eight combat engagements is quite a lot for a guardsman. Yeah, you're definitely a vet at that point, right? <laughs> indeed, indeed. Uh, personal gear that they might carry. Uh, so each um, drop trooper has a grav chute. It's a very complex piece of equipment issued only to drop troopers and stormtroopers. The grav chute only activates at a set altitude. Uh, and while it slows their final descent, the trooper will still hit the ground fairly hard, uh, requiring <laughs> much training to learn how to roll with the, with, uh, with the impact to avoid injury. Grav chutes uh, are quickly detachable, and the trooper's backplate allows them freedom of movement during typical high-level jumps from 10,000 feet. It will take the trooper two minutes two minutes to reach the ground. That is wow. insane. Two minutes. But imagine that. And, and you don't have any control over that kicking in. You're just falling until it kicks in. Yeah. Uh, I've covered the respirator mask already, so I won't cover that. Um, they have what's called uh, Elysian 68 pattern webbing. Uh, it allows the uh, troops to carry more equipment than a typical non-drop guardsman. This is a necessity, necessity, necessity. That word's hard. A necessity due to the type of drops that Matt covered earlier. So the fact that they they are um, longer between being resupplied, they have to carry more. So they will, of course, carry grenades, supplies, canteens, water, food, 
all grips their belt, but they have these patches to take longer, uh, heavier, load-bearing um, equipment. Uh, so they have these special backpacks with backplates uh, back in them that can be worn underneath the grav shoe um, to help them stop getting shot. Uh, they obviously they jump with a drop canister, which is a large container that will hold a heavy weapon uh, and its ammunition, uh, rations, medical equipment, and other supplies. These canisters are, are also known as coffins, um, not least because they are large enough to serve this purpose after battle. Uh, I mean, it's always dual purpose, right? But can you imagine dropping yeah. in with this and then actually you've got to find this. It ain't going to land right next to you. Like this thing is yeah. going to plummet, whereas you're more likely to be hit with wind uh, and carrying mm. across being a larger surface area. So you've got to then find this piece to find your gun. Um, they have carapace armor as well, but uh, it is tw- uh, Mark 12 carapace armor. Uh, it's generally a sign of status and is worn by most Imperial officers and agents of the Inquisition. Um, but as Elysian is actually a wealthy world uh, and spares no expense in outfitting its troops, it's made uh, from molded plates of armor plus. I've covered it a bit earlier of what they are. Um, it can cover the entire body or just sections depending on the desired level of protection. Stormtroopers, for example, will wear a full body suit, including a helmet, while most soldiers are lucky to gain just a simple chest plate to wear over the most comfortable mesh. Um, but obviously being Elysium and being wealthy because they have this such a, a prominent trade route, they can afford to outfit their, their uh, guardsmen with these these special suits. And now we're looking at weapons. The standard weapon for an Elysian drop troop is the Arcturan pattern Mark IV Lasgun. Uh, it's a light ballpup design with a power cell positioned inside the handle, which saves on weight uh, and space for additional equipment. Um, it uses a standard power pack allowing for 50 shots and it has a built-in flashlight, which isn't the gun. It's actually just an attached flashlight. Uh, the weapon is a semi-automatic rifle, which is in order to prevent the waste uh, and conservation and to promote conservation of ammunition. The model uh, of a lasgun doesn't feature a bayonet lug. So in close combat, Elysian Guardsmen are uh, are trusted to switch to their standard 40-centimeter combat blade. 40-centimeter combat blade is, like, pretty big. Yeah, it's quite long. Um, you got a ruler there. Uh, known as a Mark IV C, uh, includes a single shot, <clears throat> a single shot auxiliary grenade launcher. Um, a variant, sorry, of the Mark IV C is a single shot auxiliary grenade launcher firing a crack grenade, which is underneath the main barrel. It is typically issued to officers and NCOs for additional squad support for pie power. So these are special guns. A third variant, known as the Mark IV E, is a sniper rifle uh, with an elongated barrel and a flash suppressor. Um, with a low light scope. Uh, many regiments also equip troopers with assault uh, shotguns, which is a close range firepower. A favorite of these is the Arcturan Pattern Model 34, um, which most will usually illegally sawn off the shotgun uh, in, to, uh, as a practice seen in most elite units, uh, which is actually overlooked by their officers because actually these guys are pretty good. They know what they need. Um, Elysian drop troopers generally deploy in 10-man squads, uh, which includes nine troops and one sergeant, with one trooper carrying a special weapons. Some of these special weapons are uh, heavy bolters, missile launchers, melt guns, plasma guns, or flamers. Um, they have their own special variations for the Elysian, so they're probably a lot more lighter weight for mobility purposes. Um, so you can imagine probably a decrease in, in shooting ability, shooting power because of that. Meanwhile, officers uh, and specialists will be equipped with the Arcturan Pattern Mark II LAS pistol, which uses the same pack as the LAS guns, uh, and a range of special weapons include the Voss Pattern grenade launcher. 
um, the actor and models of flamers, plasma, metal guns, etc. Um, the Voss pattern demolition charges are provided to special teams tasked with destroying a hardened target. So they have access to these, but they're only given to them if they are designated to go and get uh, go after that that target. Uh, heavy weapons primarily focus on transportability, as certain weapons such as las cannons are too cumbersome for use by airdrops, uh, air mobile troops. Instead, they'll use the heavy bolters, missile launchers, the mortars, stuff that you can easily fold up and put in your coffin. Yeah. Uh, Elysian's specialist equipment uh, available to them in the form of a las cutter, um, a long-range ground scanner, uh, and a long-range gr- uh, ground scanner. The las cutter is a powerful short-range uh, man-portable cutting tool, typically used for mining, but now converted to military use. It's ideal for primarily during boarding actions. Uh, attacking fixed positions where guardsmen may cut through doors or bulkheads. Other targets include uh, enemy equipment such as gun emplacements or immobile stationary vehicles. Due to the method of warfare, deep striking into battle and operating behind enemy lines, they, uh, regiments cannot rely on the source of tactical information uh, typical to other regiments. Uh, as a result, Elysians make uh, use of a portable attrition pattern long-range ground scanner. These are similar scanners issued to officers and squad leaders, but larger and more powerful. They are used to monitor enemy movements and positions as well as providing target data to ground forces and aircrews. So actually, these things are mobile platforms that are set up um, ah. because you can't get data from uh, space because you're behind enemy lines. There's no, there's no way of them doing that. Um, well, we've covered the grav sheets before. Turn up those again. Uh, just as a description, the, the grav shoot has uh, it's, it's a the suppression fields in the grav shoot is actually an anti-gravity field. It slows gravity. Um, so it slows the, the user to descend to the planetary surface with two small jets on either side uh, for extra braking and maneuverability as well. Unlike a jump pack, grav shoots are designed only to allow the user to land safely from a long fall, such as combat drops. They're not there to then fly with. They're there to prevent you from hitting the ground too hard. Mm. Um, not going to go over those. Uh, they have uh, something to consider is a photo visor. Um, these advanced lenses are designed to increase the amount of light waves hitting the retina of the eye, which enhances the low light vision to the point that even on the darkest nights, its users can see almost as well as in full daylight. They are equipped with three frag grenades, three smoke grenades. I'm not really going to go into those because we all know what they are. And they have a special Mark IV combat back- backpack. Um, this is comprised of durable metal composites that contain uh, contains the soldier's air supply, box caster, and other vital supplies like rations. And, uh, and water um, it is used in conjunction with the Type 5 pressure helmets so that it's all linked together so they can they, they can use all that the, the, the equipment inside other non non uh, noteworthy um, stuff that they cover they carry is poor weather gear basic toolkits mess kits and watering cans four weeks of rations which I thought was quite a long time uh, blankets and a sleeping bag uh, a rechargeable lamp um a power pack that needs uh, that allows them to change batteries and a grooming kit. Imagine all this carrying all this stuff. Yeah, yeah, yeah. While fighting. While fighting against the enemy. Mm. No, very impressive. Good work. Lots of detail. Um, so I'm going to move on to uh, vehicles and the equipment of those vehicles. The Elysians make use of Valkyries, Vulture gunships, and the support of the Imperial Navy to make up for their lack of heavy armour. Using their Valkyries and grab shoots, the Elysians can capture objectives rapidly by quickly deploying an overwhelming force and utilising their close-range firepower. 
Elysian drop troop regiments often rely on demo charges and special weapons for tank busting. Uh, Vultures, Valkyries and the Imperial Navy aircraft um, will pack some fearsome amounts of firepower and swoop over the battlefield and target just about anything that comes into their field of vision. Um, the tactical flexibility is the Elysian's true advantage over most other forces. There are a few, uh, and there are a few tactical situations other than a drawn-out planetary siege that the Elysians cannot counter quickly and effectively. Casualties will often be high for Elysian regiments as a result of this strategy, but that is the price drop troop regiments pay for their extreme mobility. So the Valkyrie airborne assault carrier is the standard tro uh, troop transport for Elysian drop troop regiments. It's used for both high-level drops and low-level insertions. It can carry up to 12 individuals in its hold, along with uh, heavier equipment attached to it, and is versatile enough to provide fire support for its disembarking passengers. Um, also used by the Elysians is the Vendetta gunship, a modified Valkyrie with reduced transport capacity, but armed with three twin LAS cannons. Love them. I have one of them in mine. Yeah. They are an awesome uh, kit. Yeah, 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 they really are. These are used to hunt down armoured targets. Uh, Vulture gunships provide Elysians with their heaviest form of fire support and escort for Valkyries and Sky Talons. I love the Vulture gunship, by the way. That kit is phenomenal. Um, anyway, uh, unlike most other regiments, these transports are piloted by the Elysians themselves rather than Imperial Navy pilots. Due to the nature of the drop regiments, they do not use the heavy vehicles of other Imperial Guard units and are restricted to whatever their transport can carry. Uh, vehicle support comes in the form of drop sentinels, support sentinels and the Tauros vehicles. Um, they also use Cyclops demolition vehicles, which are also small enough to be transported by the, in the Valkyrie's hold. Yeah, they're as sold are on sentry guns. They're sold on Forge World. They like, yes, look like little they tanks, and then they pilot them around and they explode them. It's quite cool. I yeah, like they them. just like detonator tanks. Yeah, yeah, indeed. Yeah. Um, so we're going to move on to the notable regiments and a couple of characters within the regiment, um, and then I think after that we move into our on the tabletop. Yeah, we do. Nice. So starting to round off the uh, law-based part and moving into on the tabletop. So I picked the 23rd, uh, 23rd Regiment, which is formed of the Imperial Tauros Expeditionary Force to combat Tau aggression, which had seen the the uh, seen those duplicitous, uh, duplicitous, which has seen the Tau scum seize the mineral-rich mining world. Uh, the regiment's part of the campaign was codenamed Operation Comet which aimed at capturing and holding the planet's largest water processing plant. The 23rd Regiment also took part in an assault on Fort Monoros, which uh, were, they were awarded a regimental citation for their actions. During the desert battle on Taurus campaign, the 23rd Elysian Regiment was wiped out, uh, wiped out in the battle for hydro processing plant 2320 by Tower forces during the Operation Comet. They were surrounded and cut off three days after initial capture in the plant. So that really hammers home the need to... Reinforce those regiments when they when they take something. They have the ability to take something, but that's kind of shock tactics. But actually, it's the keeping keeping a hold of the the target, which is what they struggle with. Mm, I wonder if that was in the um, ta they did a, a Forge War book of Taros. Right. It was the big one where they brought out like the Tau flyers and stuff. Yeah. Um, ages ago, like all those books are defunct now. Um, but I wonder if they had a cool narrative mission to like be the the um, Guard held up in the plant 
fighting the the town. That'd be such a cool kind of mission, like surrounding yeah. all sides. Been there three weeks. You've got your last battle pack. That'd be pretty cool. That'd be pretty cool. Uh, my next one, I picked the 352nd Elysian Drop Regiment. The 352nd was part of a massive deployment of drop regiments that included the 998 uh, Harakuni Warhawks, Harakuni Warhawks, the 42nd Aethiac Sepias, and the Militarum Tesbestus regiments, including the 12th Thetoid Condors and the 1st Zetic Harriers. Wow, some good words there. To extremist, uh, extremist six after the massacre of its population by Lucius the Eternal and warbands of the Empress' children and the traitor Titan Legion's righteous host. In the days just before the fall of Kalia uh, to the Black, uh, 13th Black Crusade, unconfirmed reports indicate that the Jot regiments encountered a giant serpent-bodied creature that annihilated, annihilated anything deployed against it. The description fits the known form of the Demon Primarch Fulgrim, indicating the Demon Primarchs may be taken to the field for the first time since the Horus Heresy ended. Oh, you tease. Chuck know, that right? in there. It's good, isn't it? People have been waiting for a plastic Fulgrim model for a long time. I thought it was really cool. I thought it was nice that uh, they had something to do with the 13th Black Crusade. Mm. Yeah, it brings it right up to kind of current-ish. Talking about the uh, 13th Black Crusade. You did the 13th Elysium Drop Troop Regiment. I did, called the Helldivers. Uh, So the Elysium 13th Drop Troops have gained something of a heroic reputation amongst the regiments of the Spin Ward Front. Uh, having emerged from seemingly impossible odds on multiple occasions. They are dubbed the Helldivers for their tendency to descend upon the enemy from above and enact a swift destruction of their enemies. Uh, The 13th are the subject of overblown tales and uh, flights of fancy amongst the masses. Uh, The Departamento Munitorum has only encouraged this tendency, reporting whenever possible the victories of the 13th publicly. Um, the Helldivers have suffered great casualties over the years, and only a handful of companies of their original 10,000 warriors still remain, um, though each is a veteran of many battles. Only on one occasion have the Helldivers been reinforced with the remnants of another regiment. After the failed invasion of Afitol, uh, they boasted their numbers um, with the remains of the 227th drop troops, uh, though subsequent campaigns have reduced their numbers even further. Yes, they're good. Yes. And these guys are probably my favourite. So this is the 99th Elysian Drop Troop Regiment, or known as Detachment D-99. Uh, this regiment fought against the tyrannies of the High Fleet Kraken. Um, the 99th Regiment made uh, repeated combat drops in the defence of the High... Oh, sorry, of the Imperial planets of Molech, Haman's World and Moran. Uh, the survivors, a single overstrength company, were amalgamated into a small Imperial Guard unit designated Detachment D-99 um, and uh, seconded to the forces of the Inquisition by Lord Inquisitor Varys. Uh, subsequently, Detachment D-99 served during the Inquisition's mission to Beta and Felion IV uh, to investigate a tyrannid outbreak as a secret Adeptus Mechanicus Xenological Research Facility. So this is the book Amphilian Project, where they brought out the Dimacaron um, and the Malanthrope and some of the Forge World Tyranid units. Uh, I had this book and the story was really cool. Um, I can't remember that much. It also featured the Red Scorpion um, Space Marine chapter. Um, yeah, really cool to see them you know, 
given their dues in the Elysian um, annals, as you would say. Cool. Notable members. So I picked veteran sergeant Zachariah, mainly because I love the name Zachariah. I think it's really cool. <laughs> uh, he was a member of, uh, well, technically they were a member. We don't know if it was a he or she. They were a member of the 158th Elysian Drop Troops. Uh, they were in service for over 36 years. Led a, they led a veteran, veteran. They led a veteran special weapons squad before the majority were killed in combat in the awful Marius. Uh, mm. I think 38 year, 36 years is a very long time. Yes, Especially for a guardsman. Like, so. But it just proves all guardsmen die sometime. Yeah. Um, so I chose uh, Colonel Johanna Van Meer. Uh, she is the commander of the Helldivers, the 13th that I've already mentioned, the Drop Troop Regiment. Uh, she is known to be daring, optimistic, and courageous. Uh, her fervor for the glory of battle has seen the Elysian 13th deployed to the deadliest of conflicts and the most challenging of missions succeeding at any cost this has given her great acclaim amongst the entire regiment and wider but at what cost many many lives many 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 lives yeah but i love the fact that there was a commander like a colonel high up and it's a she right like it's something that you're starting to see bled into um 40k law more and more especially with the imperial guard um but yeah, it was awesome to to see that and be like, oh yeah, that's awesome. Mm, indeed. Uh, so on the tabletop, so this is a new section that we've added, which is about how can you represent these armies on your tabletop? Uh, we did it with uh, the chaplains last time, and this time we're doing it this. Actually, model-wise is what I focused on this, this time. Um, there is a few options out there. Uh, there's currently a Kickstarter going for something called a mortician buggy. Um, to to replace the now out of production um, forge world buggy, yeah, um, the Tauros. The Tauros. It, it looks really good. It's a bit pricey, but I mean, it's it, it's a good solid model. So uh, if you're interested, then go type it in. It, it's the uh, just type in more uh, more uh, buggies, um, and it should come up. Uh, third parties. See, with the third parties, it was mainly bits of. There wasn't anyone that yeah. I really found that was producing whole models of replacement um, replacement Elysian drop troops because they're, no, they're no longer sold by by Forge World. So um, a, a company called uh, Reptilian Overlords did uh, a really cool um, file for printing your own um, uh, backpacks. The grab shoot insertion oh, cool. backpacks are really cool. Um, it's an STL file that you buy. I think it was ten pounds uh, on there. Oh, you get some heads as well, uh, and and the options are in there to to print. Um, Mortician, uh, Mortian, M O R T I A N, is the company who's uh, producing the buggies. Um, but I believe they also have their own shop. Uh, another one that I was looking through was Mad Robot Minis. Uh, again, really cool, producing uh, heads, bodies, and backpacks. Um, the one that that I've focused on is, is actually the backpack. Um, but they produce loads of little bits for for uh, your models. Uh, and then finally, a big one um, is uh, the Council Marine helmets or the Council Marine factions from Anvil Industries are perfectly good oh. for bodies. Anvil Industries have been, uh, personally, I've used them. They're a really great service. They've now started a digital section where you can, again, if you've got a 3D printer, you can print your own stuff from them. Um, however, uh, at the moment, the Council Marine helmet stuff or the Council Marines are, are the ones that are closest, I can imagine, to... Um, to the Elysian drop troops. A lot of these models that I found 
like I said, they, they don't produce whole kits. It's buy backpacks from these guys, buy helmets from these, buy legs from over there. Like there's not really one place that is producing Elysian style models that I can find. The one thing I did find was a very active Elysian drop troop uh, Facebook page, ah. um, which it's got, a, it's, it's quite small. It's got a thousand, a thousand ish members. Uh, I think 1,400 members. They're very active, very uh, happy to promote models that they may have available, very happy to um, to post links to models they found. It's a very good community group. Um, definitely, if you're interested in this faction, go and go and check them out, and, and maybe they can help you out with finding some models to, to do this. Uh, but now on to, on to the rules, Matt. Indeed. So, uh, yeah, this time... Um... Sam was kind of looking at the range and what you can is available now. It's a real shame that Forge Rod have, have stopped producing them. Um, the, the guys weren't ever that impressive, I, I vaguely remember, but the, the Tauros vehicles were phenomenal. They also did a uh, accessories kit, which was uh, had the coffins in them, um, yes, which were quite cool, and the, and the little, um, I believe they did the the Vox. Uh, units as well and also the radar stuff which is i, I think i like them mainly for that and the vehicle um yeah but the like you said the, i don't necessarily think the the, the models are anything special nothing you can't replicate through bits yeah i'd use cadians and just put backpacks and um proper re- uh, respirator helmet things on yeah and you're done yeah i think that's one way of doing it certainly i've seen people on the the groups do that uh, as alternatives but what what units can i use so, yeah, rules. Um, basically, they run right out of the Forge World Imperial Armor Index, um, selected alongside select choices from the standard Guard Codex. So it's like two books. Um, not really aware of anything in the Psychic Awakening that's Elysian-specific, um, but if some of those units are listed here, then they can be used elsewhere. Um, so, yes, so the list of units you can take. Uh, Officer of the Fleet. This is kind of a support character that gives you a once per battle um, kind of bombardment and some rerolls. Um, you have a Lord Commissar and Company Commanders, the Standard, the Command Squad, Platoon Commander. Um, you have the Drop Trooper Squad, which is pretty much an infantry squad um, with the uh, Elysian Regiment buff, which we'll get to um, in a bit. Um, special Weapon and Vet Squads, Heavy Weapon Squads. Valkyries, these are all kind of very standard things. And then we get the few special units for the Elysians. So you have the Valkyrie Sky Talon. This is a Valkyrie that can transport a single Tauros vehicle or two Sentinels. And we have the Drop Sentinels. These are basically regional. Uh, regional. These are re- yeah. <laughs> these are regular Sentinels with aerial drop. Um, which is the Elysian special rule. Again, we'll get to that once we get through these units. Um, the Tauros assault vehicle, um, which is a light vehicle. It's the buggies that we've already talked about from Forge World. Um, this, the, orig- the normal assault vehicle comes with either heavy flamer or grenade launcher equipped. Um, and if it moves more than 10 inches, it gains an involve save, which I thought was quite nice. That's cool. It's just hard to hit, basically. Um, the Tauros Venator, is basically the harder hitting weapon choice. Um, comes with either a multi laser or twin las cannon, um, and it also doesn't suffer from shooting a heavy weapon when moving, so it can still move over ten inches to get its invol save, and still shoot that heavy weapon. This is also uh, obviously for eighth edition, 
So in ninth edition, yes, when indeed. that comes out, that will that will change. Yeah, yeah. I mean, these units might disappear. Mm. They might stop, you know, supporting Elysians completely. They don't make any of the kits anymore. No. Yeah. Um, and everything else is standard units that can be used by other things. But it'll be interesting. I I hope they don't do that because I really enjoy the the background of the Elysians, and I yeah. think that's a way of upsetting a lot of people or a small group. Certainly, one thousand four hundred. Yeah, like it'd just be really sucky if they did that, right? Indeed. Um, but anyway, uh, they have the Vulture gunship. Um, these are phenomenal, but only with the Punisher cannons. <laughs> they are just, oh, I love that kit. The Vulture gunships are amazing. Um, Vendetta gunships, the twin Laz cannon version of the Valkyrie. Um, tarantula batteries, so you can uh, deep strike in the tarantula sentry guns that you can get from Forge World. Uh, the Cyclops demolition vehicle, as Sam said, drive around, boom, boom. Um, and then you get the strike fighters. So you've got the Thunderbolt heavy strike fighter, uh, the lightning strike fighter, and the Avenger strike fighter. These are all um, Imperial Navy uh, airplanes that you can take as part of your Elysian force. Um, the Elysian drop troops use the same orders from the Codex, um, but they are listed in the Imperial armor book for you as well, which is just a nice little touch. Um, uh, on top of this, their main difference is their regimental buff, and it is as follows. Um, aerial drop. During deployment, you can set up this model in a high-altitude transport instead of placing it on the battlefield. At the end of any of your movement phases, the unit can aerial drop into battle, set up anywhere on the battlefield that is more than nine inches away and from enemy models. That's pretty cool. Yeah, and every, everything basically gets this, right? So you can have heavy weapon squads, deep strike. Yeah. So it's not like, oh, I've deployed now, they're all dead. You can have your heavy weapon, las cannon team, deep strike in at the end of the movement phase. And yeah, suffer minus one for moving. But they might have had to do that to get line of sight anyway um, on that first turn. And you've got them in the best possible spot you want. Mm. Um, so yeah, it's really cool to be able to do that. And it's like I say, the thematic, right? It's also quite cool that they can do that yeah yeah, yeah. and the sentinels can do that as well so yeah. having a squad of sentinels land like 10 inches away from you with plasma cannons is pretty scary yeah yeah you yeah. know things and things like that like actually you can do some really scary stuff with that rule alone yeah um and that's it that is basically it they get the aerial drop and the units that i've mentioned which is most of the standard stuff mm. it's just really things like ogrins you can't take and um some of the different command elements and special secondary characters okay. um, that you can't bring. Um, you know, it's basically like commissars, commanders, and um, the officer of the fleet. Mm. So you can't have like a master of ordnance. Because it just doesn't make sense with the, the law, right? Yeah, no. Um, but yeah. Anyway, we're going to move on to the final little bit of this whole segment um, and our kind of mini segment on the tabletop. Making a list in current 40k, how would you do it and what units would you include? Now, uh, this is our first time doing this. We're not making an actual list. This hasn't been pointed out. Um, it's really more the general feel of the army uh, based on the lore and the stuff that we've shared in the spotlight. So what would it look like and what would you include and why? So you, you've really thought this out. I personally would just go for as many vendettas linked with dropped units like so okay. every every flyer like a vendetta or a vulture i'd have a a drop unit that co uh coordinate goes goes with that one so it's like it's dropped yeah. over um and then i would just get in as many flyers as i can 
alongside as many of those uh, buggies as possible. Yeah. So basically, nice. infantry heavy with the flyers that correspond and then buggies. And I've just looked, the Forge World on Forge World's site, the, the Sky Talon, the, the drop one, is ten, technically te- temporarily out of stock. But yeah. I definitely really like the look of it for a a flyer for my ZM board to yeah. have like a crate there or something. Oh, uh, right. Does it, oh, yeah, yeah. It comes... Um, it comes empty like, um, yeah. with like four holder things on rails underneath yeah. it. So I'd absolutely maybe put magnets in the end, magnetize onto some crates, and then at least I can have it underneath. That would be mm-hmm. so good. That I've, would be I've really got cool. it. I've got it set to email me when uh, it's back in stock. Awesome. Yeah. If, if it ever is. <laughs> if it ever is. Yeah. Um, but yeah, yeah. I mean, I haven't thought about it too much. I just wanted to spread it out a little bit, and what I think an army of roughly yeah, like two k would get me maybe yeah um it's been a long time since i built guardless so it might be completely out of out of whack um but i'd go planes and more planes right yeah, yeah. like you have no idea i would put planes everywhere planes you know, have, inside of planes yeah i'd try and have like two vendettas a couple of vultures like four or five valkyries um you know two of them bringing in taurus vehicles yeah because although i like them i don't massively rate them in general like no, the light armor, you don't Chris rate wind. them. Huh? You don't Chris rate them. Yeah. Um, I just think like, yeah, they're cool and they're unique, so I'd probably have some of those. But really, I want the Valkyries dropping in troops. Um, I'd probably have a few drop Sentinels if I had the points, just causing problems. Filler. Like I think they're filler down. units, right? Just like you, I've got like a hundred points. I can't really get a decent squad in there, so I'll put yeah. Put some of them in. Just like a single sentinel with a las cannon, it can't really be ignored. Yeah. Um, like you know, you, they're just really frustrating units that have to be dealt with. Uh, it means that hopefully my guardsmen aren't getting as shot at. Um, but yeah, and and ultimately, I'd go for this kind of charismatic and ruthless commander, you know, leading from the front, um, and maybe go with like the stormtrooper guards. So out of the five Valkyries, you know, one with him in with the Stormtroopers and then two others with Vet Squads or a Vet Squad and a Trooper Squad, um, as well as the couple of vehicle transports, just to give me some men to the ground. So it feels like a fast elite unit. And yeah. the planes are really doing a lot of the work and these guys are coming in to take out a leader or grab a vital objective. They're not really the emphasis of the force. They just represent that presence of the Elysium drop troops. Yeah. Um, so yeah, just planes and planes and planes. Okay, but the, really, the real question is, which of these vehicles or positions would you take? <laughs> um, oh, I don't know. Like, there's a little bit of daring me that goes, you know what? Being in a drop sentinel would be. F- gnarly as hell right yeah just dropping in a big machine crashing to the floor and being like you, now you, i'm gonna shoot my gun you'd have to superhero landing that that would have to happen yeah 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 yeah, yeah. but i feel like i'd just get exploded very quickly <laughs> Straight um, away. <laughs> so i feel like i'd rather be in something like a vulture fast moving the uh flyer with the punisher cannon and just a button and just being able to like laugh as i gun down a load of people with my machine guns very sounds ma- pretty awesome very ma- maniacal uh, yeah, just gunning and killing things. I think I would either be in one of the buggies, 
Okay. Uh, being a driver, obviously, as I'm an amazing driver off road, uh, or one of the flyers. So like a uh, uh, the 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 like the drop flyer, something that's kind of non combat. Uh, I don't know. I feel like you'd just get blown up easier. Well, like, I'm not a threat. I'm not really a threat, am I? No, yeah, I you're I bringing in extra armor. Yeah, but I, I don't. I don't have. And you're getting close to the ground. I don't have the issue of of um, gunning and 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 shooting things and then becoming a threat. I could just drop down behind a tree, yeah, drop my thing true. off, and fly away. Uh, ultimately, ultimately, any kind of flyer would be pretty cool in my books. Yeah. I, I I just want to do as much as possible to not be a boot on the ground. Like, I, I don't, don't want to be that person. It's not that surprising that both of us are going, yeah, I don't fancy four weeks behind enemy lines. I don't fancy drop jumping out of a 10,000 fo- 10, foot drop with nothing yeah. on me that other than something that's going to slow my descent. Not not stop me and, and like parachute me down. Just just slow it minorly. Yeah. Yeah, not about that. <laughs> not about that life. Uh, not built for the paratroopers. Yeah. Uh-huh. Um, but yeah, no, that's fun. I always enjoyed doing that. Like, Doing the kind of hey, what would your list look like? Is is so dangerous if I had money. Like, <laughs> yeah. it'd just be like I, I've already started buying these units. Um, but yeah, no, I enjoyed doing another regiment. It's been a while. Uh, I think was Mordian the last one. I think so. Mordian maybe Kachan. Did we do Kachan? Oh, it's been too long for me to remember that. Yeah, kind of yeah, yeah. I mean, it's been seventy episodes. Yeah, how dare how um, dare it. <laughs> yeah man but yeah it was good fun I enjoyed that no awesome and I, I love covering the regiments um, and looking into them a bit more so it, it's definitely definitely pretty cool for me um, right we're going to take a quick break come back with our final segment yeah the final segment uh, where we'll be joined with Neil again indeed what a part timer Want to stroke Sam's ego so I don't have to as much? Then please leave the Adeptus Terror podcast an iTunes review if that's the platform in which you listen to them on. The reviews do help them to at least attempt to do better and it does make their little faces light up when they see the five stars. So do the right thing and leave them a review. Thank you. Am I done? No. Hello and welcome back to the final segment. We now sing, Neil. We now sing. This is you meant to be joining in with the singing for this segment. I know it's been a while, Neil, but come on, come on. No. So uh, we are going to be covering no. in the final segment uh, a rather mushy, self—not mushy, probably the right way—but a self-reflective um, segment where we are going to talk about um, then and now of hobby highlights. So what? Uh, what has become very evident to a lot of us is that there's quite a lot of negativity around the hobby. Like happens mm. every time we get to an addition change, people just throw their toys out the pram. There's lots of hate. Thankfully, not in the uh, community in the community page that we run. So if you're if you're worried about the internet, come join us in the safe space. It is. It is a safe room for that reason. Um, and uh, what we wanted to do is actually to 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 look past the negativity and the rubbish that's going on out there. And just chat over some of the highlights of our life within the hobby of 40k um, and 30k, because I've talked about 30k, so we're going to include that as well. Yep. <laughs> um, and uh, we've broken it down into three areas, purchasing, building... I think it might be four. Purchasing, building... Painting. Painting, gaming. gaming. Oh, no, and events. And, and events. Social. Yeah. So five. So five. So talk yep. down to five segments. Five. Um, and then we're just going to try 
and coerce this conversation not too much into a tangent. Um, yeah. <laughs> but we'll see how we go. So let's just jump straight in um, without further ado. Um, purchasing. So Matt, let's let's lead us off with purchasing. Yeah. Um, so uh, the way we did this, we're just going to quickly do this, if that's all right, Sam. Um, the way we did this is we called out kind of three highlights of our purchasing and painting and the other segments that you'll hear in a minute. Um, so we're going to talk about those kind of memories and what we felt at the time and stuff like that, as well as general comments. Um, so I guess my general comments for purchasing is I remember I would just buy stuff all the time. Like when I got into this, I was kind of, you know, uh, early 20s i think when i got back into um 40k and mm-hmm. i just used to make silly purchases all the time and just build models and buy models for no reason whatsoever and then i'd end up getting rid of them because they didn't fit the 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 story i wanted to tell or the list i was doing or i'd just get bored of an army and sell it off and do a new army like my tyranids i've shared many times three four times i've sold those off and started them um and just reflecting on how much harder that is now, having a family, um, having them to support and to care for, and you know, all the normal stuff that comes with more adult life, you know, cars and house and bills and blah, blah, blah. But um, I, I have, I think I wanted to chat a little bit about how I do it now, which is pretty much take some of the stuff I'm not using, sell them to fund new projects. Yeah. Um, and I'm getting to a point where that is harder and harder because I haven't, I've slowly burnt out my massive pile of unused things. Um, I've not got much left now. Uh, but yeah, I found that really rewarding because you feel like you're getting something new, but you're also not dipping into the money that you need for other things. So suddenly hobby isn't like a vice. I'm not hiding packages from my wife. It's like, yeah, I sold these three units and I got this one new unit from Forge World. Yeah. Um, and being happy about that. Like, I, I really enjoy that way of managing my purchases, although it is much harder than it obviously was when we used to buy stupid things. Yeah. <laughs> um, yeah. But yeah, so my three highlights were buying my first uh, Forge One model at Salute, of all places. I bought a Fire Raptor back in the day when it was a brand new kit. And it was horrible and scary to build and bent and all sorts of crazy resin mm. problems. Um, and yeah, just I remember buying it, going up to the guy and being like, do you have a fire raptor? It was like the end of the day. And the guy went, oh, yeah, I think I've got one left. Pulled it out and my head sunk because I really wanted the kit. But it was a lot of money. And that's not the reaction I thought I would see. And I was like, just take my money and, and give me that kit. Thank you very much. <laughs> um, I was so scared of it. And it took a little while to kind of build it up. And then it sat unbuilt in custom foam for so long. And then I sold it. Yeah. <laughs> so, yeah, silly purchases. Um, I, I did love the kit when I had it. And I played it in a couple of games and stuff. So it's not like a bad thing. It's not, you know, hindsight's a wonderful thing. You look back and go, why did I get that? But I enjoyed it at the time. Mm, yeah, exactly. Um, but yeah, I remember that feeling of going up to Forge World and just buying this big kit, you know? Like, I look now and think, you know, uh, all right, Conrad Kurz was expensive, but a small model. You know, the Fire Raptor's probably still one of the bigger ones, but I've done a Demacaron and I've done a Barbed Herodor and, you know, some of the Forge World tanks and stuff yeah. like that. Like, but it was the opening of a new world. That, that Fire Raptor was crazy. Mm. Um, my other one is. Uh, how I really kind of just dove into the hobby when I was new to it after getting back involved with Space Wars um, and just going into a games workshop. And they used to do the Battle Force boxes. 
Do you remember? Yeah. Yeah, so Space yeah. Wolf 1, I believe, was like 10 normal Marines, 5 scouts, and a drop pod. Right, yeah. Something yeah, like yeah. that. Yeah. Um, and I just went in, picked up three boxes, took them to the tier, and was like, there we go. There's my army. <laughs> um, and that was literally it. You know, 30 Marines, three drop pods, 15 scouts. That was the core of my force. Picked up, I think I may have got a Logan Grimnar to start with. And then I eventually moved on to Ragnar as I read more and got into the books and stuff. Yeah. Um, but yeah, just going in and picking up these three battle forces and just feeling like, this is strange, but I'm going to do this. Um, yeah. Uh, that was a fond memory. Uh, how, how to do an army in one shopping trip. <laughs> exactly, yeah. <laughs> but it's not though, is it? Because uh, you bought like nine of them. I did in the end, yeah. I did have something like nine battle forces and then wow, I got all these scouts and sold off half of them and bought about a billion dreadnoughts and slowly sold those off over the years. And I'd love to. Like, I'd, say, I'd love it if you tried. My first list, this is the crazy thing though. This is how I started my Space Wars and my first list was Rhino Rush. Hmm. Just, yeah, oh, like, wow. Like, just drop pods sitting there doing nothing for years before I went Ragnar and full drop pods. Mm, yeah. uh, mental, mental. Um, and my last highlight was uh, buying my Space Wolf Dreadnought um, as the first weekend I went to Warhammer World. Mm. Um, so we, we all went up, I believe, and um, I think me and Sam were sharing a room. First thing we did is go to Forge World, and he bought a Contemptor Dreadnought paint up as death company i believe it was the mm-hmm. death company um, uh yeah well, it was just a normal one wasn't it or nope did they death have company. A... they had oh, a death okay. company specific one oh actually oh no no they didn't because i stuck on no, the no. dread the death company clause from the old the yes, other kit. yeah you yeah. made it longer clause to be a draft company one um and yeah i bought the space wolf dreadnought which i still have i use as my bjorn fell handed model um and yeah that model i look at it and it reminds me of that weekend and so it's tied to that part of my hobby journey and life. Mm-hmm. And so I've got extra connections because of an event. Um, yeah. Which yeah. I don't think I have anything else that I, I'm like that. There's nothing that I'm like, oh, yeah, I got that at this time at that specific place. And that makes me think of it other than the fire actor, I suppose. But I don't own that anymore. Um, yeah. yeah, that dreadnought, I don't think will ever leave me just because of the ties I have to it. Mm-hmm. Oh, cool. That's cool. Um, but yeah, they, they were my purchasing highlights. Nice. Sam? Purchasing highlights. Uh, so, so mine, I think now, like looking at it retrospective to what I do, used to do and what I do now, I think my purchases are more considered now. Yes. So whereas before, I used to literally jump off the bus on a Friday after I got paid. Because I used to work, when I worked at the, at the bank, I used to work for an agency and used to get paid weekly on a Friday. Uh, and then I went the way I used to go to work, I used to get the train into South End and then the bus from South End to the bank. And then uh, the bus stop was literally right outside, uh, was right outside um, the games workshop. So I used to jump off the bus on a Friday, go to the games workshop, pick up a box or something, and then get back on the train and go home and, and build it over the weekend. Uh, so it was proper, proper games workshops, wet dream of consumerism. <laughs> yeah, um, indeed. So now I think, I think now I, I'm a lot more considered. So I, I, I never used to really build lists for my, certainly for my elder never used to really build lists and then build to those. You used to just kind of buy what was cool, buy what I liked, um, and then and just buy those and, and build those. So now I, I plan 13 out. HQs. <laughs> you leave them alone. I, I like my 13 like, HQ. I would do it. I'd do it again. I'd absolutely do it again. Um, the fact they brought out a formation to bring all of the HQs as well was, was a brilliant. Um, 
especially on Eldar where they've got all the Phoenix Lords. So I, yeah. uh, I think eBay also played quite a heavy part in my Eldar, my early Eldar career of picking up like late eBay, um, late eBay night oh, purchases, sniper bidding, using using the sniper bidding app to get in those last little moments of of the bid. Like it was, it I, it was my element, but I ended up with just a lot of rubbish stuff. Um, and now, like I said, I like to think my 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 purchases are more considered. I probably spend more purchases on purchases now, but it is a lot more, like I said, planned out rather than just kind of yeah. on a whim buying this, on a whim buying that, because I'm a lot yeah. more uh, whipped now with my finances. Um, I have to kind of plan out what I'm what I'm spending money on. Um, that being said going to be dropping like 400 pound on a board but that's fine <laughs> like, <laughs> that's 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 a considered that's a considered purchase that i've wanted yeah. for a very he's long considered time considered they'd wanted one and so he's buying one yeah so, indeed um so uh i find uh, very early on and probably still now definitely still now actually i get i get caught up with purchases um yeah. so it's more like in the moment oh yeah yeah i'm here let's just buy it. i've got this money like, uh, and you could definitely trace back a lot of my purchases to that. So like, for instance, um, my first purchase, my first highlight was my was salute purchases. And there's a very good photo of me heavily inebriated with alcohol, carrying around, <laughs> carrying around a six foot long um, cardboard tube with my mat inside of it. Oh, um, yeah, because you didn't plan to buy it. Didn't plan to buy it, what's happened? fun with that. Yeah, absolutely. And I've still got it. I've still got the cardboard <laughs> box. It's still over there. It's still got water stainage oh. on it from, from going to the toilet and, and whatnot. But oh, we, we, what did we do with that? We hid it under the stage. But that was the um, worst part is like, whatever. Anyway, so I, I that was definitely an off-the-cuff type purchase. That was before I kind of looked at the neoprene mats as a thing. And I knew I wanted a mat. So I was like, hey, why not I just buy this one? Um, and also uh, purchasing my Necron Codex from when we went up to Company <laughs> of Legends last time, went to Warhammer World for like an hour trip, and then I walked away with a Necron Codex and spent the time planning out a Necron army. Still yeah. got the Necron Codex, don't have a Necron army. Yeah, well, I bought three um, metal catch and snipers because I convinced myself as I was there that I really needed them, got home and realized I already had three. So I think... <laughs> I think I'd like. I to, it's always painful. I think I'm I'm definitely uh, impressionable with my purchasing and get carried away with what I am doing and where <laughs> I am and what money's in my pocket at that time. It definitely helps the fact now, uh, and and probably then as well. Probably actually didn't help at that point where I go. Okay, I'm going to spend 150 quid or 200 quid at this event that I'm going to on stuff, mm. and then going. Well, I've got 150, 200 quid. Like I might as well spend that money. Um, burning a hole in your pocket exactly so my, my highlights that I've covered um, were salute purchases in general I love the fact that we used to go to salute together and we used to pick up uh, a piece of third party terrain like some of my favourite pieces of terrain came from from a salute trip um, mm. and I think that's definitely something that has definitely stuck in my mind about having that kind of purposely going out and picking up that that individual third party piece of terrain which makes that a little bit more special trying to diverge away from, from Games Workshop my first Forge World purchase, which was my Wraith Seer for my Elder, mm. um, cool. and a psychic, psychic Wraith Lord, um, was probably was probably one of my favourite units to run and play. Was an, was absolutely built atrociously, just in a complete monopose taken from the website. <laughs> if you look at the link, if you click the link in the thing, it takes you to the the Wraith Seer page. Um, yes, and uh, it looks exactly the same as in there. It was stood upright, holding its spear. Um, it was brilliant. Loved it. Absolutely loved it. But no anymore. It was such a pain to fight. It was. It was brilliant. 
absolutely. At that time, at that time, none of us really had Forge World. No. I think you were one of the first in the group to really go for Forge World units. Yeah. So I remember that I think the first time I played it, I was just like, I can't kill this. How do I do this? Yeah. Like, it was just so powerful. Yeah. And that was back when Forge World was insane. Their rules were insane. Yeah, yeah they to were. To sell yeah. the expensive models. Yeah, absolutely. Like, if you think about it now, 43 quid. 40 quid, 43 quid when I was probably on like 200 a month, like paying yeah. rent and, yeah. and uh, 200 a week, sorry, paying rent and stuff. That's quite a, a big, big chunk of money for me. Um, and yeah. I, and I, I, it was brilliant. I really loved it. And I, and I do, part of me regret selling it. Um, yeah. Who knows? I might go back and do another old army. Um, <laughs> but, but who knows? Um, and my second, my, my final, final highlight is probably my 3K, 30K force. I never, I never really thought I'd ever have a, uh, 30k marine army yeah. um, I'd always kind of gone wow marines are quite boring I do them in 40k why would I want to do them in 30k when you all did the escalation I picked Mechanicum deliberately because they're robots mm-hmm. and they're something different and you don't you don't get that fed from anywhere else whereas uh, actually looking at it and getting out the army and looking at all the different units the Forge World um, the Forge World Land Raider that I have and, and the Forge World units and the hybrid units that I've got like I'm, I'm really happy how that that force is turning out, and I, mm. I always think about making, extending that force further, and 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 doing something more. So looking at buying the odd unit, that that's definitely a force that I'm going to extend beyond the 3k realm. I'm going to go. Oh, actually, let's let's get a squad of six jet bikes now, because why not? Yeah. I've, got, I don't, I've got my 3k, and it's something mm. else to add, something to diversify. Um, I I, I definitely want to focus on maybe getting some more vehicle type units in there. Like I I'm. That's definitely my my thirty k blood angels is probably one of the highlights, and I can't wait to actually finish that force with the final the final twenty cool. marines and and sanguinis. It's going to be pretty mm. sweet to be able to field a fully painted thirty k blood angel. They're force. phenomenally painted as well, dude. So like, yeah, I'm not that, too and that sure. buys in that buys into your like purchases as well, right? Like, it's funny how I'm, I'm going through like those battle forces. Yeah, obviously I painted, but they were some of the first things I painted. Space Wolf Dreadnought is still not painted. Yeah, you upset me greatly. Like seven years or something. Yeah, um, and the Raptor I had never painted and then sold. Mm. It's, it's it's interesting how the highlights for me are not connected at all. Mm. Whereas uh, like I see yours and I'm like, Joe, actually, yeah, all your salute purchases were off the cuff, but if they were painting, they've been painted. The Wraith Seer was something you painted and played with, fully painted, and the 30k Blood Angels is wrapped up in amongst the idea of painting Sanguinius and getting these guys and finishing them and having yeah. that fully painted force, right? And although that's that's still right to see in purchases, it's linked to your hobby with mm-hmm. them. Mm-hmm. Whereas mine's just like, here's a cool model that I bought. Like, yeah, it's really interesting. It'd be good if you mm-hmm. just painted those cool models that you bought. It would be, right? <laughs> Who does that? <laughs> Who I'd just sell them Who, instead. Who paints anymore? Matt but, buys them and then sells them. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> Matt buys them and then uses the money I to fund the future first. stuff. No, no, I'd buy them, get it right. I'd buy them, I'd build them, and I'd sell them for less than I bought them for. Something's not right here. My brain. <laughs> oh, dear. Yeah. But no. Um, right, me. Uh, purchasing and my history <laughs> of purchasing. Um, I have all these wonderful ideas of plans that I want to do. And, yeah, I really need someone to come and hypnotise me just to stop me doing it. And give me your card. Oh, I don't know. Or, no, no, or, no, or no. instead, if you want to scratch that itch, buy models for me. 
no, but that's not the fun. <laughs> that's not fun. I like buying. I like, look at the shiny, shiny, as a famous Scottish comedian might say. Um, yeah, uh, I need to become more of a finisher. That's generally what it all boils down to. Um, because, yeah, I have over the years purchased a lot of things. A lot <laughs> of things. Uh, I have, out of all of us, the biggest pile of shame. I think um, it's fair I don't, to say. I don't have a pile of shame. Exactly. Um, yeah. I, I mean, I'm happy. I was happy when I bought the stuff. So I, it gave me immense joy to buy the bits. I just need to follow through with that bit. Um, so, yeah, going on the highlights of this, I my first Forge World purchase was a Contemptor Dread oh. when Sam and I went up to Warhammer World for uh, Ryan's 21st. I bought a Contempt of Dread and got uh, the two two carriers pattern assault cannons and the missile launcher. And the big plan was to have him as a Crimson Fist Contempt of Dreadnought. But yeah, he's still not built yet. (laughs) Yeah. Um, uh, Then the crazy amount of space marines that I have purchased over the years <laughs> is just I have a box uh that is the same height as wine bottles filled with sprues. Wow. You could probably fit six wine bottles in there and that is that is all <laughs> filled up with sprues. Um there's a lot of sprues I haven't got bits on, but it's yeah there's a lot of space marines in there I've got a box over behind my shoulder that's got a bunch of space marines in in various stages of completion um yeah and then the most recent crazy project that I decided I wanted to do was um to incorporate a small custodies force in either 40k or uh, 30k so much so that I bought a custodies uh codex I got custodes from Tim it was playing it was playing Tanel, right? Uh yeah, that kind of did it. But um yeah, and uh You somewhere. can't put that on Tanel. No, it is it's Tanel's fault no, for doing so well playing playing. It is all it is all me. Um <laughs> Matt and I had a chat a while back about things that I could do to bolster um the salamanders. Well. Um but ultimately it all rests on me and yeah they're behind me somewhere in the pile of shame (laughs) (laughs) but at some point yeah somebody find me a hypnotist to um turn me into a finisher a hobby finisher and this will all go away and be amazing it would be very cool it's interesting that we all chose our first forge world purchases yes I think Forge World, when we were when we were first starting into the hobby, was built up as this almost. You have one centerpiece Forge World model. Yes, yeah, yeah. yeah, yeah. Build your force around that, and maybe because of the the increase in salaries and 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 the uh, the ability to purchase it more readily, the removal of the minimum the the minimum purchasing to get like extortionate postage, like has all yeah. been has all been made. <laughs> Made it made it easier to 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 ex- access Forge World. Um, yeah. So maybe it's become a bit more the norm. Uh, I I still look at the Forge World models. I I quite like to peruse Forge World and just look at the thirty k stuff quite often. 
Um, so much so that when I type, so the amount of times that when I go to type Facebook into my browser and Forge World defaults in, I, I look at Forge World <laughs> is insane. But I, I, I think Forge World to me, when we started out, was this whole was this really special thing. Yeah, um, it was. Yeah, and 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 yeah, I I, I think yeah. it it definitely deserved that that place in my list. It's it's also interesting how we all have that a crazy. I'm going to go buy all this, but I have no plan for it. I'm just going to go and buy it. Yeah, I, I don't know in that. there as well. I plan for yeah. it. No. <laughs> I, yeah. I think that was one of my and, and hindsight beautiful thing and stuff, right? But oh, one yeah. of my massive things about looking back at what I've spent money why on money, the amount of purchases that I've made that just shouldn't have done. Like I shouldn't have done a yeah. Jesse Lacole army. Like that's that's one army that. I have 100% regretted doing. They will be painted and they will be finished and then I will play them. They're going to be my my ninth finishing army just to force me to play them. But yeah, they, yeah. they are probably one of my biggest regrets. We should put oh. that in. No, it's negative, too negative. Sorry. No, 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 no. no, but I do know what you mean. Like, purchasing is always one of those, um, you know, double-sided blades, right? Like, yeah, it gives you that amazing feeling. But actually, there are some negativities to it. Like, I didn't need it. It was too much. I went over budget. And, you yeah. know, whatever you know we've all got our own issues there but oh, i mean yeah. there's there's nothing like buying a new model and having it turn up and it be as awesome as you thought it was yeah i, I remember receiving the the dimacaron and that was um nearly made my list and i remember just getting it out and seeing it just in the pieces just like almost gave me kind of goosebumps on how cool this thing is gonna mm. look you know um i'm so happy that i bought it twice yeah. The same model. <laughs> was it cheaper? Anyway, was it cheaper the second oh, time for what you sold yeah, it for? Yeah, second time. Yeah, yeah. I, I did get it back cheaper than I sold it for, which is, is nice. Is nice, but yeah, I shouldn't have sold it in the first place. Building, so anyway. building is is probably the the worst one for me. I I actually I it's the worst part of the hobby. I I thoroughly thoroughly hate building. Um, yeah, I build I build it so that I can paint it. That's the yeah. only reason. If I could buy models pre-assembled, I probably would buy models pre-assembled. I just don't care. Like, and and yeah. and my big issue with it is is I'm not creative when it comes to looking at models and making making them look better. Um, mm. All of my models, if you if you look through, very few of them are made, converted, or or kit bashed, or very few yeah. of my models are. Um, and and you look at Gene Steeler Colt is a is a prime example. They they are ripe to be able to make them individual and and just haven't haven't been bothered I, I just don't i build to to paint and mm. yeah but I mean, also the quality of the kits uh, uh, does make it you've got to go out your way to kit bash yeah um yeah like you have now because actually kits are phenomenal mm. um yeah. and they are well detailed and they are well sculpted and you're like actually yeah i can't really do this any better yeah. unless you don't like the model and i've done it and i've gone through a phase of it like look at the um, just recalling some of them. Look at the the five special jump, uh, jumped up um, Death Company that I had that went with Astraf with all oh, power yeah. weapons, jump packs, using the robes from Dark Angels. Like it, was, they were really cool and kind of kit bashed them together. Um, one of my highlights I put on there was uh, I kit bashed Death Watch before Death Watch was a thing. So getting the metal kit from Games Workshop, probably I think it is, yep. and then making a five-man squad or six-man squad focusing on individual 
the individual uh, units that people play. So I had a space wolf in there. I robbed loads of space wolf bits from out. I had a dark angel in there. I robbed loads of space, uh, some dark angel bits from uh, from Simon. Like I, I had a blood angel. I, it was it was really cool. I really enjoyed that. Um, and I'm fine doing it on that scale. But yeah, yeah. Um, one of my my second highlights of it was building terrain. I actually really love building terrain. Uh, I think the bigger it gets, the more I enjoy doing it. Like coming up with a landing pad. I know it's only recent, but it's probably one of the the best buildings I've built, and more the the more individual individualistic individualistic mm. individual individual buildings yeah. that I've built, and I really like that, and I really enjoy yeah. enjoy building those. Um, I think you grow into terrain, don't you? Like I think if you look at kind of most people don't get into the hobby and instantly go right. I'm going to have my own gaming board. No. Yeah. Um, so you kind of almost graduate just out of time into terrain. So actually you've learned some skills and you've learned some things yeah. that allow you to play around with buildings and their bigger pieces. So they're a little bit more forgiving. I think it's necessity, um, yeah. right? So like when you look at, if you look at our history of, of starting the hobby and playing, we, I think early on we had boards, um, even in their yeah. basic form of the grass mats or, or just carbon cut out buildings we then started playing at the club where we got club terrain and actually a large proportion of people just dropped off with terrain. Like I know I didn't play on my own board for maybe three yeah. or four years because of, because of that we, we played as a group at the club. Now, now we're not really playing at the club anymore. Um, and, and I've been playing more at my home. Like this comes on in games, but um, that has made me want to build better boards and want to build better terrain and, and, and sort out my terrain, which has yeah. been fine because I've, I've, I've kitbashed loads of buildings or, or stuck together loads of buildings to, to, to meet that. Um, and my, my final highlight is I really enjoy building vehicles. Um, really yeah, okay. enjoy building vehicles. Uh, not kitbashed, just putting together a Lehman Russ is, is probably the best feeling ever. Uh, same oh, for oh, Land Raiders. Oh. I love them. Love building them. And actually, my last Land Raider that I did for my Blood Angels is probably my best built vehicle because I actually bothered about filling the gaps. <laughs> Because I know, uh, I know, right? Like I, I did a nail and I, I purposely shaved off all the mold lines. I filled in the gaps along it. I sanded it down. I got like a thousand grit sandpaper and just finally sanded it down. Like it is probably phenomenally built. What's happened to the real Sam? I that it's stuff, just become more legit. That stuff with with it's vehicles awesome. with vehicles. I don't mind doing it. It's when you get people that sit there. Like I was talking to to Mike uh, on one of his uh, impromptu hangouts, and he was like. Uh, saying to build a model it takes him like two three weeks to build like a set of 10 because he literally sits there and shaves off all of the extra mold lines and, and sands them down and fills it all in and and spends loads of time on it and for models I just don't care like for a 10-man yeah. squad I, they just don't stay on the board long enough for me to care enough a building or a vehicle beautiful big piece of terrain big piece of kit that people can pick up and have a look at 10-man squad don't give a hoot yeah fair enough but anyway, enough about my building of Vern. I know this is a big, uh, bonerific area for Matt, so we're going to go on to Neil. Yes, cool. we it's are. All right. um, uh, yeah, building. I am so OCD about building models. I hate mould lines. When you mentioned OCD earlier on, I was like, I've seen his notes, and yes, you are. <laughs> I, I, it's, it's the... If I have a model... Like I, some of my earlier models that I've painted, I now look at and go, oh, no, there's a mould line there. Oh, it's one of those things where it's like I want to strip the model and get rid of the mould line just to have it not be repainted. Um, but conversions-wise, I've only really sort of dabbled in 
weapon replacements. So, like, for instance, um, I wanted a power sword or I wanted a different pommel on yeah. the hand, so I chopped off the, the chainsaw, the power sword, whatever, to replace it with another one. Or I wanted it on the left hand as opposed to or the right hand or whatever. You know, swapping a hand if you didn't have the right. Oh, I did that for Mephiston. Because because oh, the, yes. the yeah. sword for some bizarre reason is is down and he's aiming with his no hang on. Basically, I swapped the sword and the and the plasma around because it was stupid. Fair enough. Like, That's cool. I never that was it. So the plasma went. So the plasma was up to shoot. Plasma's now down. Sword is up to point because when am I ever going to fire a plasma gun? Like they're well, horrific. Much safer now. Uh, I know. Well, much safer. It, it, yeah. It's the it's the yeah, fear. Yeah, yeah, exactly. It's the fear, right? It's the fear of if I shoot this, this guy's arm is going to blow off. Yeah, I've got a seven-man uh, vet squad that are all combi plasma in my Night Lords, oh. and they just come down out of a drop pod, and I've played them three games. One game, they just blew themselves up. The second game, they shot all right. The couple died, but they did very little damage. And the third time, they came down and just annihilated a squad. Do you know what? For one in three, I'm happy with that. Yeah, yeah that's awesome. <laughs> uh, Sorry, no, go on. Yeah, that's, no, that's cool. Um, so yeah, my highlights from this are the discovery of sanding sticks. Oh, they oh. have made my life of cleanup model model cleanup fantastic. So much easier than just three files: a round file, a flat file, and a triangle file. Okay, I think with this stuff, it makes you happy. Like I was thinking in my head when you were talking about, well, actually, Neil, how much time do people actually look at your models, and 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 how much do you game and get them out and stuff like that? But ultimately. If it makes you happy to sit there and pour over a ten-man mm. squad for twenty minutes, and you know, or even like hours, and you know they're smooth as smooth, smooth AF, and uh, it works for you, then you do your hobby your way, mate. Like, yeah, I couldn't fathom spending that much time sanding down a, a mold line. I just don't care. No, I know, I know you don't. For a unit um, that's going to get sweeping in advance, I don't care. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, there is that. I think uh, my second highlight is. Um, when I before they brought out the current crisis suit kit, which has more posability to it, the old one you had two you had one pose and it was it was so static it looked it just yeah isn't great. So I actually reposed one of the arms so it's more outstretched and pointing the weapon. Oh, I'm so chuffed when I did that. Yeah, it's like it's like one of those things where it's like it's not a big thing, but it's just a little thing. It's like, oh, that's a little bit different. Now it doesn't matter. They've built built a new kit that you can do that with anyway. What one's the crisis suit? It's the it's the standard. Yeah, the suits. standard battle suit. Standard battle have suits that like I have dual weapon on the arms. Ghost kill yeah. broadside. It's, no crisis. crisis suit. Here X, we go. XV8 found them. They're in squads of three, uh, aren't they? Yeah. So yeah, where they are they? Do they used to be metal? Uh, no, no, they were plastic. It's just they had the, one of the arms was very sort of close and um, uh, right angle. The other arm was a little bit more outstretched, and I wanted the the, the left arm to be out straight. Mm. So that's why I changed it. There, um, there is one then... on there. Users submitted painted photos of a superhero landing. <laughs> yeah. Oh yes. Crisis suit. I, if you have you done that. No, I, I I employ you to do that, like maybe, like maybe. have a crater there as well, and then that would be like maybe. the hardest <laughs> that that crisis suit's ever punched. <laughs> he's got his onager gauntlet and he's smashed the ground. Um, and then the other the the other my other highlight is the combination of terrain 
Panda base and how I'm currently in the process of building that base for a Riptide to stand on that is taking forever for me to do. <laughs> but it is going to happen eventually and it's got a, a rock mould on it and I've had to repo repose the leg so it stands on it nicely. Oh, okay. So it's not... It's it's not a piece of it's terrain not, on the base. No, no. It's a scenic base. Okay, that's fine. I'll, I'll, I'll take it. back my my shaking. Yeah, I of saw my head. you. You were shaking your head. It's just no. He hasn't. He's letting me re- say what I'm going to say <laughs> before. Because <laughs> Sam Sam loves when you have uh, terrain on your base because you know your model can always take that terrain with it. If it's not standing on a devil fish, it doesn't count. Like if it's not standing oh. on a cra- on a crash devil fish, it doesn't count in my books for for town. Like I hate it. I really hate. It. I really 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 hate it. When people stick here, a bit of terrain. Here, like, here is my Imperial Knight with my church on the base. I, 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 I just, I, it's, I hate it. I hate it so much. There is no, I, <laughs> I, I can't, did that, didn't they? I can't put into words how much I hate terrain on base. I'm all for scenic bases. I'm, I'm all for that. But as soon as you start gluing on a wall or a door or something standing up, like that one, that, that, that fly that's at the, at the, at the center, which is, um, ah, yes. One of the little, one of the little uh, fly flyers, you know, the little blobby uh, ones. Storm talons. Storm talons, and it's got an L-shaped wall on it. Yeah, it's one of the classic um, GW ruins. That I think yeah. was in. Was it a Salt Black Reach? Probably. Uh, it's a deep cut. Um, maybe it wasn't. It was plastic L-shaped with a little triangle bit of to stand on. They came in a starter set. Hey, yeah. Uh, I, I think hate we're going so much. Third edition. Ah, okay. Um, but yeah, Sam doesn't like terrain on bases other than scenic terrain. Unless I do, yeah. in which case it's fine. <laughs> oh yeah, of course. Yeah, <laughs> like yeah. everything in my life, if I do it, it's fine. If everyone else does it, it annoys me. Yeah. Uh, uh, anyway, Neil, right, sorry. Should we let Carry Matt on. chat? Should we let Matt chat now? Cool. So it's moving on to painting, Matt. If you want to start, is it my painting. go? Is it my go? Yeah. yeah, you can start talking about painting. <laughs> no, no, no. I'm going to talk about building. Go on then. Oh, it's the best bit. It's it is the, my favourite bit of the hobby. I enjoy kit bashing. Most models will have slight reposing. Um, not necessarily enough to like, cut out a leg and stuff, but I'll be like, right, I'm going to repose this wrist so the guy's lowering his gun, this guy's aiming down the sight, this guy's you know, looking away from his gun to shout an order. Or I'll really put a lot of um, thought into the posing um, and things like that. Like, I love that, that part of the hobby. Um, you know, full-on conversion stuff I, I've had a go at and I'm, I've had some really great ones and some quite bad ones um, that have ended up getting ripped apart. And Neil, redone. what's your, what's your favourite of Matt's conversions? Ooh. I particularly liked the orc buggies that were made mm. from land speeders. They, I think they're my, they were my favourite. They just seemed to work so well. I liked mm. they, I liked. They uh, did. I am very happy with those. I liked orc running man. Oh, uh, yeah. Where was, he uh, was on the stomper Demon legs, and a killer can, and he's basically. like his legs are just like it's like proper Wallace and Gromit, like one leg yeah. down, one leg straight out. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> like, that, the legs were awful on that thing. No, no, um, but I, I think it, it 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 orcs for you is where you started to excel in your kit bashing. I mean, your space yeah. walls were the the space walls, right? You turn your head, it's all kind of it's all yeah, fair. Yeah, it's, it, it's it's creative posing. Whereas yes, orcs, yeah, yeah. I think you really came into your own with kit bashing and started. Putting yeah. stuff on, putting uh, weird and obscure stuff onto vehicles to make them a little bit better. And and I was who was I talking to? I think I was talking to Ma- uh, Jason from Masters of the Forge about orcs are actually really hard to paint because you have to paint them well, messy. 
Yeah. Like, it's not just painting yes. them messy. It's, you have to paint them really well. So much well. so well, they are messy, but they are meant to be that way. Yeah, I, I mean, I've never had that issue because that means you've got to paint them, right? Yeah, I mean, yeah, you've never had... You had a painted yeah. force for a while. I, I, did, I did have a full 2,000-point force painted, but I wasn't that massively happy with it, but yeah. Um, Actually, anyway, Sam, Sam, sorry, on the, on the subject of the, the painted Orkami, Sam, have you still got the uh, purple marines? No, they weren't. I sold them. They were gone. They sat in a box for a good two, three years. Maybe a whole edition before I sold them. <laughs> oh, yeah. Easy. Yeah, easy eighth edition. They just never never got played. Um, I've actually really, everything's gone now. I've got a box of the forgotten bits, which um, is the bits that I'm holding on to because of the prosperity reasons. Maybe maybe Matt can kit bash those. Yeah. I'm just going to put some super glue inside and shake the box and see what happens. That's how you build orc stuff. <laughs> Please don't. Um, Please but yeah, I mean, my general skills of building have improved um, uh, as they just do. You know, I, I'm still a bit of a kind of mad scientist with it. Uh, I put in my notes, it says, mad scientist meets Mr. Bean, because that is my style of converting. Just, I'm going to take a saw and saw it roughly here. I'm going to clip this bit, and it's so rough and ready. And if someone watched me, they'd be like horrified. But the end result tends to be something I'm happy with. And something that I think actually is quite good, but like in the general kind of level, if I had to kind of level myself with other hobbyists, I think it's it's up there with some of the kind of good conversions that you see online, mm-hmm. um, at least now, anyway. Um, but yeah, I just I just love building. I think it's the best stage. I, the kits won't stay unbuilt for more than probably twenty four hours. I, genuinely, unless I've literally come back from an event, and that might take a couple of days. But I'll take kits to work and build them on the front desk while I'm welcoming people in and stuff. Like, um, I I will find any excuse to build. I'll stay up late to make sure it's done, um, and then it will sit unpainted for you know seven years, like my fire raptor did <laughs> before selling it. Uh, but anyway, on to my highlights um, rather than rambling about building. Um, my first ever Ragnar Blackmain conversion. So Sam has my second one now for your 30k wolf's force. Yeah, I've turned into a, beast, a bit of a cynic base. Cool. Just awesome. sawed him in half and now he's like laying face down. Not even face up, face down. Not my model anymore, don't care. <laughs> <laughs> no, um, it is, it's going to form my uh, part of my space wolf spin-off retinue that have been assigned to the Blood Angels that were killed <laughs> by um, Amir, Amir Khan. Not Amir Khan, that's someone else. Uh, Amit. Amit. Nasir Khan. Amit. Nasir Amit. Oh, Sam. Um, but yeah, my first, my first Ragnar Blackman conversion was uh, obviously the alternative was the metal Ragnar in the kind of really oh, static yeah. pose. Yeah, gun kind of up in the air and sword kind of yes, face on, awful like the similar pose to the Mephiston, but less detail to be honest in that model. Yeah. Oh, um, yeah. So I really wanted my own one. So I took. Um, I think I took just the plastic normal kit um, and uh, took some like, assault legs because I wanted him running forwards and uh, you know uh, the, one of the um, Greyhunter torsos to have the Wolfie icon, uh, icons on it. Um, uh, did a bolt pistol, did a chainsaw. Can't remember how I did. I think I did a chainsaw and a half to make it a little bit bigger and imposing because yep. it has a special chainsaw power weapon thing. Um, and then I had an old metal head that I found online of a Space Wolf head with the top knot because it looked slightly different to the plastic ones you get, which I'd already used in my force. So I didn't want Ragnar to look like them. 
I wanted him to look um, distinct. So yeah. I picked that up on eBay for a few pounds and, and used that. I also got one of the old metal backpacks that has the wolf heads on the pauldrons. Cool. Um, just to, again, make him stand out, look a little bit special. Had a wolf pelt hanging down, you know, as he does. He has that black black mane pelt. Um, mm-hmm. And then I think the only real big challenge was on one of the shoulder pads, um, he has a wolf head kind of leering out of it and, like, in 3D, you know, rather than just painted on symbol. And so I green-stuffed one. Yeah, and I actually, that. at the time, yeah, at the time, I was really happy with it. I'm, I looked back at it the other day, well, a few months ago, probably, and was like, that's not the best. I could probably do it better now. But actually, it's it's all right. It's serviceable. Um, it looked like a wolf head, and it had some detail in it. Um, and yeah, that took a long time. And I remember that was like my first real attempt at doing some decent green stuff that wasn't just fill a hole. Um, so I spent a lot of time doing that. So yeah, that model kind of stands out for me. Um, uh, my games workshop buildings for um, my city board um, were a real highlight for me in building. Um, I've got the landing pad. We've talked about it before. Um, but uh, it has uh, city building walls around it rather than the yeah. traditional four legs. So it could be a landing pad within a city. Um, I use lots of multiple kits to knock together more complete looking buildings with holes blown in them, balconies, um, all that kind of stuff. And just laying out that board and putting out the buildings and building the buildings I needed on that board to fit the space. I just loved that whole process. Yeah. Um, and it took a while to get it painted, and, and it's still not really finished. Like, there's details on the buildings I'd like to go back to. Um, the basic colours are all there. And, you know, this, all the billion skulls are painted, and the rust is there, but there's a few cabling and console panels, things like that that I'd like to go back and do. But, um, yeah, just building those buildings was really good fun and making them fit to a board that I had envisioned for ages. I love yeah. seeing to death. And I always wanted to have a city board and having that was just such a highlight over the years of building bits of plastic kits and knocking them together, really, just to make bigger and more full buildings like we saw at Warhammer World. Mm, you know, you yeah. go and see their giant crazy boards and uh, buildings. And although I didn't go that far, um, just using the sum of that for inspiration to make some buildings that stood out and looked unique rather than just here's the kit build the building like it looks on the box yeah quite um so yeah i'm really happy with those uh my last one is is the orcs the orc buggies and the war boss on a bike mm-hmm. um which um I, was it the death killer war trike i think it's called now um i basically took the running man orc that you talked about sam yeah um cut off the legs and chunked uh, a bike together out of about a billion different kits and it is the first thing that i fully converted out of a bag of bits and off of sprues yeah um so that that was a really cool job and i'm quite happy with that i just need to do some green stuff cabling to be happy with it um and yeah the old bug is taking the old land speeders uh space marine land speeders putting grots in to drive them and just orcifying them was just such a fun job and i was doing it and going this is gonna look stupid this isn't gonna work and just carrying on and just gluing bits on and being like, oh, I'm not sure, I'll just stick that there. And then taking a step back and going, actually, that works, that looks good. Um, it's good. So, yeah, I mean, I, I guess that's slightly in there because other people tend to say that as well. So it's clearly something that I did well because other people comment on it. 
Um, and when Adam from Master the Forge picks one up and rubs it on his nuts and says, that's mine now because he likes it so much, then I feel like I've achieved something good. <laughs> um, so, yeah, I still, I honestly want to send that model to him, but I'm just so nervous about sending something to America. So, Adam, if you are indeed listening, come to the UK. You can get an orc buggy. There's, and then, there's incentive. And then moving on to painting. Yes, painting, painting, painting. Let's keep this wagon rolling. Uh, go on, Neil. You love painting. Oh, yeah, I love painting. Um, Not yes. saying you didn't say you did it. I'm just saying you love it. <laughs> painting, uh, yes, is my least enjoyed aspect of this hobby. See, I, I always had you down as someone that loves painting. No, no. I, 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 someone I, who's I, very good at it. I enjoy it the least because it's I think I set my goals too high Okay. so I have that level of perfectionism yeah. that is unattainable yeah. at the moment and so yeah I, that's one of the things that spirals out of control and means I don't tend to finish things so you have, you, you'd say you'd have high painting expectations on how yes. you want it to come out and you have a particular vision in your head of how you want it to look and yeah and it's it's getting that from here from your head onto the model and sometimes that doesn't quite mesh mm. so yeah that kind of has the negative impact on on the hobby motivation which then pushes everything back yeah uh, but i think it's it yeah that is the only real hobby downer for me if that makes sense, is when the painting doesn't go right. Okay. Okay, yeah. Talk um, about what you love about painting. So, I really like airbrushing. I think that was... When I when I just, when I I started watching videos about people airbrushing, I was just like, yes, this is what I want to get. This this will help me make do things quicker. Because it's, it's that... Oh, I'll go paint the base, base coat. Oh, okay. I've painted this one completely green airbrush that's all 10 done in one hit basically yeah. it's 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 moving on to stay it makes things quicker so you can get onto the other bits that are a little bit more fiddly um and take that little bit longer so it, it speeds up the painting process and learning how to do those those certain effects like the, the zenith or highlighting or the object source lighting um and looking more into different um consistencies of paint to be able to show through the the layers underneath when you do these sort of effects so that you're not just oh here's a massive yellow spot from this um spotlight on the tank you want it to illuminate but not mask yeah things um second highlight was finishing the two 2k of my 3k horus heresy and actually mm -hmm. having a painted army that I can happily play with on the table and be proud of. Mm, they are phenomenal, mate. Like, I, I genuinely cannot wait until that 3K is done and fully painted and just it's going to look amazing and be a really fun game as well. I did look at uh, Vulcan the other day. Look. Ooh, Didn't look. touch him. I looked. It's a start. It's a start. I looked. I looked at him. Um, and my other highlight, uh, I recently had a slight role change at work, um, which involves doing training stuff. 
And one of the things I had to do, uh, I had a course recently, um, which is a four-day course, was at the end of the week, we had to do a presentation. And I was racking my brains when I found out in the interview that this would be happening. I I was racking my brains as to what I could do. I was like, oh, I could get, I could do this, I could do this, I could do this. So like, well, actually, I could get people to learn how to paint models. And then I found out it was only 15 minutes long. Or needed to be. It needed to be. It needed to be at least fifteen minutes long, but no longer than forty-five minutes. At which point they'd be like, "Right, you need to stop now. This is going on way too long." And it's like, okay, I can't do a whole model in forty-five minutes. That's just not possible. So I crunched it down to the easiest technique that anyone could learn how to on painting, which isn't base coating, dry brushing. Mm. So I ran a 18-minute long session, training session, on how to dry brush a Space Marine. Oh, wow. I had six people doing it and literally went through the whole technique of this is how you dry brush, this is how you load up your paintbrush, this is how you do this. And I really enjoyed that, and that has been one of the highlights of painting, is actually teaching somebody else how that has never done any sort of painting whatsoever, this is how you do dry brushing. Mm. That's really cool. So, yeah. Learn something new. I didn't know you did that. Yeah, no, that's, that, that's it literally happened in the last couple of weeks. Yeah, that's cool, though. That's cool. Yeah. I, I remember sitting down with you and learning how to airbrush and mm. just going like, hey, show me how to do this because I'm super nervous. And yeah, and you've definitely got a knack for doing that. Um, so yeah, that's that's really cool. Maybe you should do a Twitch channel. Yeah, no, I mean, like when I when I taught Matt how to do airbrushing, uh, Matt had you had that foundation of you understood what painting was. Yeah. Um, with well, this, this uh, hey, hey, Sam, come on. It's, that's that's the, we'll, we'll talk about that later yeah quality we'll put, is we'll different put it, to experience we'll put it i had experience <laughs> but we'll put this discussion in the parking lot in the car park and come back to it later yeah um but yes taking six people that have never painted a miniature before is is a very different experience Rather than showing, right this is the airbrush this is how you do this because you, you you're interested in it whereas these guys probably wouldn't have been but they were like oh wow actually this is this is something this is quite therapeutic Mm. it's funny how when you start painting you realize actually how stress releasing it is yeah yeah because because it's definitely one of the areas that i really struggle with um i mean just look at how when we go through the first segment and it's like hey yeah i haven't really done anything Um, Yeah. yeah you know um but as soon as you start there's something really calming about it and and releasing and and there is joy to be found in that and so yeah that's that's, that's honestly that's kind of uh not blown me away but made me go oh that's awesome yeah i could see you being good at that teaching people how to do those kind of basic things and you've got the patience to do that as well i think um whereas like for me it's like no you hold it this way give me the airbrush back or you know like i, I always want to be in control yes yeah. yeah having that being able to take the back seat and go yeah try again yeah. yeah, yeah, yeah. It's, it's it's very much that. I'll tell you what. I would onto back onto the Space Marine, uh, Space Marines, um, Star Wars Legion models. Mm. If I get more stormtroopers, or if I get clone 
troopers, I am not gluing their arms on. Why? Uh, Why not? Big mistake. Because it's it's they're white. It's getting to the parts the parts that you can still see and getting them without getting paint on the white armour. Yeah, okay. Bob Lake. Yeah, um, so, so yeah, in hindsight, is a fantastic thing, and yeah, I definitely wouldn't glue the arms on again. Mm. Cool. Um, what about you, Sam? My painting. Uh, oh, that's a big question. Um, so I, I think my painting in the last couple of years has probably stayed the same. Um, I don't know if I'd agree with that. No, I th- no, I definitely don't agree with that either. Your, your blood angels are so far above your mechanical. Yeah, I'm going to repaint those. Yeah, okay. But but that was only a year ago. That was, yeah, that wasn't that long ago. So if you, I guess if you look at my painting advancement, my elder was just lazy painting where they were sprayed black and had gold shoulder pads. Like there was very little effort <laughs> whatsoever. Yeah. And I really wish, and other than my specialist units in elder, they were a little bit more effort, but I really wish I put more effort in with painting those because actually I do quite like the idea of them. But I think since i've moved to airbrush my my physical painting like hand painting probably now now that i'm all like clampy um has probably oh, got has probably got has probably got worse <laughs> it's probably got worse but my my airbrushing i think airbrushing has has been the biggest revelation or or biggest thing that has made me get better probably yeah um and again it, it's almost like third uh, third world forge world uh it was the original uh, the outlay of cost involved in buying all the airbrushing stuff, which probably yeah. kept me gate gate kept, gate kept, probably kept me out. But now that I've got a setup, I haven't really had to buy anything really other than paint to use it. Um, and and I think the move to airbrushing has made my painting smoother, obviously because it's airbrushing. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, and actually, it's meant I, I actually really enjoy enjoy painting because I always remember painting being this whole laborious task, and I'd always try and find quick ways around it like with my mechanicum using the rattle can of, of cherry red so that i didn't have to yeah. hand paint it um yeah. with my blood angels originally using a can of mephiston red and then using a wash and then a dry brush it was always quick ways of getting around painting because i'd never really enjoyed sitting there painting a 10-man tactical squad whereas airbrushing has removed the the labor intensive parts of 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 um painting armor mm-hmm. to the point where i don't really wash models anymore i just normally use the painting and use washes in some of the recesses and more of my time can be spent on detail work yeah and and learning yeah learning. which it is which ultimately <laughs> is if you look at my if you look at my tax squads on my on my blood angels or my assault squads on my blood angels they're all armor wise they all look the same and it's it's the detail work it's the 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 rubber in the knee, the knee joints the skulls on the helmets the the purity seals is where all my time goes like yeah. airbrushing, I, I, like what well, I've bashed out like a thousand points in an afternoon with the base coats because it's just it's so super easy. Yeah. Um. And and I I think I really actually enjoy painting vehicles and 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 I really enjoy painting buildings with an airbrush using the pre shading and, and mm-hmm. talking about earlier jokes about it earlier about just having like grey and then if I need to do a dark bit put a couple of drops of black in and we need to do a light bit put a couple of drops of white in it keeps the paint going it's fine um I should actually uh, I put one here I should actually probably do an iron hand or an imperial fist tank army um because <laughs> I actually really hate painting men good, good luck painting yellow do you know what I actually really want to give it a go like, I'll send you some more videos yeah I do because I, I actually I, I again it's I, I probably will never do it and and 
because it's just another army, right? But yeah. I think maybe I could do it if I did a Blood Angel Force, did a, did a Lamenters. Oh, do a Lamenters yellow. That's not a pretty yellow. That's a, that's a, mm. I mean, the way that some people paint their yellows ain't pretty yellow anyway. So I'm not that. Yeah. that no, I know, but like, no. Um, so yeah, I think my, my highlights was probably the first time I used an airbrush to paint headlamps. Um, yeah, I okay, always, yeah. I always struggle with painting, paint, always struggled before an airbrush painting headlamps. Um, yeah. To the point where I just paint them all yellow and then paint silver on the grills and stuff. And it was just so much of it, so much effort involved. Um, and when I was able to do the headlamps and spray them uh, deep yellow, wash it in, spray a little bit more, do a bit of, of OSL coming off of the light. Um, OL, OLS? No, OSL, it's fine. Um, coming off the lamp really kind of made it look better. And actually, it's my go-to painter technique for most things now. So like the landing pad, around the landing pad has got blue lights pointing cool. outwards and, and red ones on the inside because obviously that's where you land and stuff looking at a helipad. So I've used that and just, it, it's such a quick and easy effect that adds a lot to your model. Mm-hmm. Um, and that I'm thinking I'm transitioning more to that style of painting. Mm. Um, I'm never going to get to the point of being like, I look at some people's airbrushing and where they're like, I'm just going to do like a little, and that's that's the the highlight on that model because it's so, the control and something. It's just, I'm not yeah. there yet. I don't have that control. And ultimately, I don't really have the patience to have that control. Like I'm fine with the level I'm at now. I'd mm. rather spend more time painting the the, um, the detail than worrying about yeah. that kind of stuff. Um, and uh, another one of my highlights is I love how easy it is to pre-shade buildings. I joked about it earlier about not really being able to, but actually pre-shading has definitely taken an effect on all of the buildings I do um, and adding in those various layers. And, and now I, I, I've, I've ended up with like a 50 shades of gray building. Um, <laughs> like yeah. I, I need to show. I'll take a photo. But literally, it is so shaded, like subtle but shaded. It's there. Uh, and then finally, one of the highlights, uh, which hasn't happened yet, but I'm actually really stoked about it. Is it's forcing me to want to paint more. Is uh, repainting all of my Imperial Guard uh, and move away from the desert camo that I've got currently, which I did with two two rattle cans. Literally sprayed them beige and then sprayed the bottoms of them with a brown rattle can. Um, and I'm going to paint them more a, a digital or techno camo oh okay great so gonna get some stencils out gonna really try and maximize awesome. the, the 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 ability because lehman russes are, are flipping huge there's so much like just flat panels on them that it should yeah. be relatively yeah, okay should be relatively okay um we'll, we'll figure that one out but i'm really looking forward to actually paint more with my my airbrush and 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 painting cool. the vehicles and and yeah so i'm actually quite stoked about that Nice. But that's painting. Nice. So gaming. I haven't um, done mine. Have you? Let Matt say, no, Matt hasn't talked about painting yet. But you don't paint. Well, yeah, so it'll be quick, right? <laughs> no, Neil doesn't paint. Um, Neil terrains. <laughs> it's been a while since we've heard that. But. Yes. Um, but yeah, I mean, same as Sam, right? Like, Hopefully my skills have improved over the years. I'm sure they have. I look at some they have. They have original indeed. Space Horse and see my Ultramarines. And, Sprue yeah, Grey. No. Spray. Yeah, night, night and day uh, in, in some senses. Um, I mean, if you sell off the old models, then you'd have to look at that shamefulness and want to repaint them. Just a little tip. <laughs> um, but yeah, I find it a grind, but I do enjoy it. Once, yeah, I've already said that kind of stuff. Um, I can't shake that initial laziness that sometimes like defeats me when I come to painting. Like, oh yeah, I'm just going to build the whole model mm-hmm. and paint it. And actually, yeah, I should keep the arms off. I should keep the head off. And I, I didn't do that with the Ultramarines, and it really shows. 
uh, even from my Night Lords, which are the last painted army before the Ultramarines. And you can see the difference too. Here's a guy fully built that was painted, uh, maybe just left the bolter off. And here's a guy who was painted in five pieces and then put together. Yeah. You can really tell. Um, but sometimes I, I still want to just put the whole thing together because yeah, I love no. building so much as well. I just enjoy that. Like, here's the model and it looks how I want it to look. Oh, crap, I now need to paint it. Yeah. <laughs> uh, but, yeah, I would say I'm, like, a couple of steps behind Sam. Um, like, we both learned airbrushing. He picked it up later than me. But now he's moved on to, like, pre-shading and, like, the OSL light stuff. I'm really f afraid to give a go. Um, I'm still kind of a couple of steps behind all of that. Um, it's things that I, I'm almost one of the reasons why I'm doing the Ultramarine Tank Army is because I want to do pre-shading. I want to do larger things. And actually, that's a challenge. Yeah. It's not like, oh, it's larger, it's simpler. Actually, for me, that's a more of a challenge. You know, um, And also, my Ultramarines are not battle damaged. So I can't just hide mistakes like I always used to. You know, yeah. I used to use battle damaging, sponge chipping really heavily for my Night Lords as a way of just hiding See, things. I, I can't do it. I can't do battle damage. That's one thing, actually, I, I need to practice is battle damage. Mm, yeah. I, just, I just can't get that balance right. Like, it just looks like I've just gone rather than... <laughs> and even if like, people are like, oh, just less is more, less is more. It just doesn't work. That doesn't work yeah. for me. Yeah, no, it's just, I, I find it's just a messy technique. Mm. As long as you're happy to get messy, it's not a problem. Like, the less is more thing, yeah, it's true, but actually I, I'll rub a sponge along my hand for ages before I'm like, cool, that's ready to go on the model. Yeah. Um, and things like that. You just get get messy and, and do it. Yeah. But, um, but yeah, I've always gone for that kind of style, and I think I'm kind of trying to lean away with that a bit with the Ultramarines and go, because it's that metallic blue, and it's it pops and it's quite bright. I don't want to kind of just cover it with loads of scratches and dents and, you know, dirt you know inappropriate places yeah i don't want them to look pristine but i also don't want to make them very heavily battle damaged so that's a real challenge um but yeah i'm definitely gonna have to be sitting down with either of you guys and going cool let's talk pre-shading cool let's talk rsl lights sam and and stuff like that um and yeah you know work that out um but in terms of highlights for painting uh, my first fully painted army was my orc army and yep. although I don't own it in that iteration, I only have a few units left that are like my favorite ones. Um, I'm just very proud to have a fully painted army. And, you know, me and Sam run that as one of our first ever kind of escalation hobby projects that we've ever done. And, um, yeah, to be able to go, cool, you put your 2K down, I'll put my 2K down. It's all fully painted was a, an amazing feeling. Uh, I've had moments like that, like the Night Lord event, you know, um, the company of legends event where i took the night lords they were all fully painted games and that was phenomenal and there's there's something about that that i always want to aspire to um and they, they were the first that i actually did it so they, they should get mentioned um beginning in airbrushing and just having that change and learning a new skill was really cool um i need to get my confidence up with it to try some of those harder tasks that i've talked about but just learning that was a really good thing and learning it alongside like you neil and well, you know, and actually in reverse, not that I particularly feel like I taught Sam anything in terms of airbrushing, but we'd talk about it before he started doing it and being able to go, yeah, this is what I learned and this is how I got over this and 
you know, thinning paints. And I felt like I belonged in that conversation. Yeah. It was a really nice thing where I've always felt like I've been behind everyone else in the painting kind of ladder. And at that point, it was like, oh, here's something that I've already experienced and I could give a tiny bit of wisdom to. Yeah. Uh, so that was really cool. Um, and lastly, was painting my secret weapon board. So the buildings themselves, but also the board itself. Yeah. Um, biggest thing I ever painted, um, a load of dry brushing, really, really simple and quite quick results. Um, but just really impactful. When I put that board out, I'm really, really proud of it. Yeah, it's um, a good board. Um, yeah, it's just something that I'm, I think I will always be quite happy with. Whereas like, I look at my Night Lords, I'm like, yeah, they are a little bit battle damaged, a bit too far. And, you know, I'm sure there'll be something with the Ultra Rings that I'll just be like, oh, that bit. Um, but that board, I think, is is going to stay as one of my favourite things I've ever painted. Um, so I would be remiss to not talk about it. Mm. But yeah. Anyway, on to games. Because we've got games and social stuff. So keep this thing going. Go on, Neil. Yeah, uh, gaming. I think... Uh this is probably my favorite aspect of the hobby just because it's, it's it's the reason i get the models in the first place is i want to play the game see that yeah. surprises me so much <laughs> it, uh, yeah i mean who does that no 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 um, honestly before today i i really thought that you you thoroughly enjoyed painting and hated gaming like i'm, I'm not taking the mick i know like that's my general hate, mo but i hate rolling dice because they always come out <laughs> badly um <laughs> But yeah, no, I, I, such a yeah, surprise, I enjoy Neil. the game. I, I never thought you liked gaming. No, I do, I do, I do, I do. Um, and yeah, like everyone, I do like winning. Everyone likes winning. Um, it's not my focus now. It was in the past. Um, I think that was just due to having a mega long streak of never <laughs> feeling like I ever won at all. Yeah. I'm on one of those now. I'm about three years without a win. That's that's just yeah. It's just crazy when you think about it. Um. So yeah, when I got that win, it was like an amazing feeling. It's like yes, I've finally done it. I finally managed to to defeat the evil space wolves with my <laughs> mighty tower. Um. But yeah, now it's it's now now is definitely more um of a case of I'd, I would like to once everything's kind of calmed down and we're out of restriction mode would actually like to set up a sort of mini campaign type oh. thing where you've oh let's do it I'm where, so where bored. you've got it's, it's it's yeah you start off small and then um you have a consequence to depending on who wins uh yeah, they have. A, there's a consequence to the win or lo- the loss, should I say, and that will then carry over to the next mission, so on and so forth. A bit. That's how, um, like, all the classic kind of mini wargaming campaigns yeah. were, weren't they? There's like they had a kind of general story that they were telling, but depending on who won, depended on how that affected the, yeah. the next game I, and stuff. Yeah. I mean, I don't think I'd go into the whole sort of like, oh yeah, this character's. Um, got a buff to his stats or whatever or he's got a negativity negative stat mod because he got taken out of the fight or whatever but just having like that little bit of right okay they might have an extra extra level of reinforcements um just available because they managed to defeat that 
scouting party or whatever. Um, but yeah, I think highlights of um, gaming uh, was the year of the Monday. Yeah, man. The year oh. of the Monday of going round to Matt's every Monday because I managed to pretty much get every Monday off work. So I would go round to Matt's and every week I would have a slightly different combination of my Tau army to try and defeat Matt's Space Wolves. Mm, this is 5th edition, so this is, Space yeah. Wolves were pretty strong at that point. I, I'm, I'm not a bad player, don't get me wrong, but like Space Wolves were top tier at that stage yeah. of the, the game. And I didn't want to do the whole fish of, uh, fish fury thing or the mega stupid amount of um broadside battle suits yeah but each yeah each week there'd be a slight tweak to the list i have a couple new units to try out and yeah it was just that that one when i finally got that win that was just fantastic i, I think matt was more excited about oh, it than mate, me i was so happy um but yeah that was that was good um second highlight my dice rolling <laughs> my dice rolling is highlight truly no it's truly random because i've had games i've had a lot of games where i've had really bad rolls but i've had those elusive oh look i've got five shots roll to wound five sixes they've five sixes have come out and it's like right well that's that's it you can't do anything against that mm. it's just like oh, wow this is amazing it's it's yeah it's that it's that it feel it does feel like my dice rolls are truly random there's they don't i don't seem to get that constant level of oh yeah maybe that's the slogan thing. we should put on a put on our t-shirts roll like neil Roll like Neil. <laughs> roll completely random. But no, uh yeah, my dice rolling ran. Fantastic to be random. I just yeah, it just makes it makes it shows that the game is based on luck. It's not just mm. a, a points thing. And then my final highlight is uh seeing what a Warhound Titan can do against uh a heresy army when paired up with a, a Typhon heavy siege tank. Yeah. Um <laughs> Yeah, that was uh that was a highlight. I don't think I'll ever do it again, but it was interesting to see how, what would happen. And um, yeah, I now I know <laughs> that you like gaming. I'm excited to try and force some more games in. Hmm. Um. And the last thing, my favourite opponents over the years, I think, to be honest with you, it's you two guys. I don't know how many times we've played. Like generally, like I was thinking about this, I don't actually like. I could probably count it on one hand how many times we've played. Like, because I just thought you no, hated gaming. Played. No, we've played more than one hand's worth. Yeah. Trust me. Um, obviously, Matt, Matt and I have played a lot. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And I think it's the experience, um, the good learning experience that came with that, of things like target priority. Make sure you shoot the same thing until it's gone. Um, <laughs> so You're it's no always so bad. Yeah, I'm going to put, no I'm gonna put two attacks into this squad and then that squad over there, I'm going to put three attacks into that squad. Yeah, you yeah, do it yeah, as well, that's... actually. Yeah, both of you have always been bad at that. It's yeah, it's it's very much a case of now. It's just like, yeah, that's no, good we don't, to go. We because... just don't like to bully units like you do. <laughs> right, until, until 13 until of my squads are going into one of yours. Yeah. yeah. Um, 
so yeah, it was a fantastic teach learning experience and teaching um how to play the game and how to be more effective. And then playing Sam because it was always a case of well, I've got to try a new tactic out for um Mr. Brick subtlety over here. Yeah. <laughs> There's no real tactics brute, when it comes to me. The, it's the, just the, run towards force, the enemy. Brute force yeah. and ignorance. Yeah. Um, so it's more of a case of, right, what tactic can I try to outmaneuver, outmaneuver Sam this time with his multiple uh, Balpreds or... Uh, it's, I, I just like, I think with my gaming style, I just like multiples of the same thing. Learn what you yes. do well and then just keep doing that Stick with 20 what times works best exactly Eddie. so um, like like with the 20 with the 20 <laughs> assault squad man uh, 20 man assault squads that's in my my blood angels like yeah. there will be another 20 man assault squad like it will be three six it'll be 60 oh, marines yeah. on the board charging towards something kill 60 oh, no. go on try kill 60 marines yeah that's <laughs> my space horse that's how i always used to play my space horse uh how big is uh, a typhon heavy siege tank blast is it kind of like uh, one of the apocalypse one of the big Big blast like oh, that. I've got, yeah, that. I've got that over there. Yeah. Um. But yeah, I mean, I've I've enjoyed everyone I've played. Mm. Um. But you two are definitely my favourite opponents to play mm. against. I know That's... I am pretty special to play against. You are definitely special. Special. No, I put I'm it very in. modest with it as well. Um. um Matt. Uh... Yeah, go on, I'll jump in. Uh, it's my favourite part as well. Like, I just love the game. Um, you know, build the models and gaming was always the thing, right? Like, the painting was always this kind of frustrating thing in the middle that I kind of have to do, I guess. Mm-hmm. Um, it's, I don't think I feel quite like that anymore, but I still just want to get to the table. I want to get those models, build them, build up that list, and then get playing. That's always been the drive. Yeah. Um, uh, but, yeah, I think... I. I used to be quite good at the game in terms of um, strategy. I think I've got a pretty good tactical mind um, and good at responding to things happening, whether they're random or or planned out as I expect them to go. Um, I think as I kind of focused on this more thematic narrative kind of army, I lost a bit of that. Yeah. Um, I tend to move away a little bit from, yeah, this is what the kind of meta is, or this is, you know, these are the strong units. How do I fit them into my army so it feels like an army? It was more like, no, you know, Ragnar's all about drop pods. So even if drop pods are bad, I bring in drop pods um, and things like that. And I think that did take a hit on my win rate. Um, and, <laughs> and there's been moments where that has affected me. So I'm not going to lie. Like you say, everyone likes to win, right? Hmm, um, yeah. But I think for me, the best thing about gaming is the fact that you're over the table with a friend, right? Yeah. Um, I mean, like going to events and stuff is a really cool experience, but nothing beats being over the table with someone you know or you've played loads of time um, and, and you know, almost having a battle of wits with someone who you kind of know their play style, you know what kind of list they're bringing because we've been talking about building them over the last year. And then you finally meet on the tabletop and it's like, oh, okay, yeah, I'll bet you he's going to do this. Oh, he surprised me. And I love that kind of tactical chess. Yeah. What is he doing? How do I respond? That feeling of the game, I love it. Um, It really kind of just fires me up thinking about it. Um, I found it quite hard to trim down to just three highlights. There's lots of different ones that I could recall. Yeah. Um, But yeah, the Monday mornings, um, afternoon gaming with Neil for like, yeah, practically a year at the flat was was such a highlight in my hobby life and probably always will be. It was awesome to play. I just remember the frustration in you, like getting to turn four and giving up on the game. 
and it taking like three months to be like, no, no, you've got at least one more turn, if not another three, stop giving up, you know? Yeah. <laughs> um, yeah, yeah, yeah. And, and that was a big thing for you. I remember being like, no, you play to the final whistle, you know? Like you keep going, you keep going, you keep going and try and hammer out even a draw or, okay, I only lost by one point. And you just keep pecking away. Um, and yeah, those games were just awesome and bringing slightly different space wall stuff. Like often we played kind of 1500 points yeah. and, and I, I had, you know, like 5k worth of space walls. So I would bring the all drop pod list and I would bring, you know, a tank list and I'd change it up and Neil would always bring a different tower list. Um, and we're both trying to kind of counter each other without knowing what each other's bringing. We just turn up and play. So you'd kind of go, yeah, I brought a big tank hitting force. And I'm like, oh, I'm all infantry. <laughs> and, yeah. and things like that. Just, you know, brilliant, hilarious things. Um, one game in particular that I, I had as one of my other highlights was one that I played against Tim, which is a Cities of Death game. And we played for hours because Cities of Death back then didn't have turns. So you had your normal turns, but it didn't have like end of turn six. You just kept playing until either everyone was dead or the objective was done, right? Cool. So, it's got nothing. It's got nothing to do with Tim talking throughout the whole thing. No, that, that was definitely an aspect, right? <laughs> I kind of blame myself uh, for it, maybe. A cities <laughs> of death game against Tim would take <laughs> years. Oh, mate! It was. It was. It was like four or five hours easy. Uh, um, I, I really need to play against Tim. Yeah, oh, no, no, because you're already old. You'll probably crumble. Before you get your game finished, oh, it's oh, all right. It'll come on before me. I'm younger than Tim. It's okay. <laughs> it might um, only be one year, but I'm younger than Tim. Uh, but it really was the story of basically Logan Grimnar versus a battle, and them two just slowly punching through each other's army until they met in the middle and just punched each other to death. And I genuinely can't remember who won, who survived, whatever. It was just an amazing game. You know, we had booby traps on buildings, buildings getting exploded, Wreckham um, upgrades on tanks, you know, just like the whole cities of death to the nines. And it was just phenomenal game. For some reason, I just thought of the the song from Beauty and the Beast, the the tailor's old as time. Yeah. It was (laughs) one of those kind of games. Yeah. Yeah. Um, And the, the last one, I tried to pick something recent. Um, and the one that really stuck out to me was uh, the game I had with Ben playing his Demons in Heresy, so uh-huh. Demons of the Ruinstorm. It was just so different to playing anything that I'd played in Heresy. Um, <coughs> and uh, it was just, like, mind-boggling to go, okay, he's got a different objective to me because Demons can choose their objective over the actual mission. So I'm still trying to achieve the mission, but he's trying to do something different. I then now need to really pick and choose my assaults because he gets kill points when he kills me in assault. And yeah, it was really kind of tactically brain like, whoa, how do I deal with this on the spot? Um, and was super, super close. Um, cool. out of, like he, he gets highlighted in the whole favorite opponents thing. So I guess I'll go into that. Ben and Tim, I've had so many close games with over the years, literally boiled down to last turns, last movements last shooting phase, you know, that that 10-inch charge that you make wins you the game. Um, and, yeah, those two in particular, I, I can recall kind of lots of games throughout the years um, of really, really close battles. Um, and then, or, you know, you, got, you two guys, but for very two different reasons. Mm-hmm. I think, um, like, w- with you, Neil, it feels like, yeah, we're hanging out and we're throwing dice and it's good fun. And I feel like 
at least back when we were doing the Mondays thing, we could um, teach each other and learn a lot about the gaming. Yeah. Um, and to be honest, we both haven't played that much recently, so we'll probably do that again. Yeah. Which would yeah. be really awesome. Um, and for Sam, it's it's one of the hard hitting games. He's like my biggest challenge. Um, like his mechanical don't, list. Don't stretch what? too much, Sam. I don't, don't want to break. <laughs> <laughs> Sorry, go on. Talk about how good I am. Um, go ahead. Oh, I was. I was just saying, like your mechanical list was always infuriating trying to break that with the Night Lords. Yeah. Still is. And you know, Blood Angels with you know all the bonus tanks that you always used to bring for no points was always really hard to beat. <laughs> um, and even like go back to the Eldar and my Space Wolves, and you kind of having your corner camp list with all your Rangers. Oh, I love that Rage Steer and like trying to break that with the striking scorpions coming out of nowhere and stuff. Like I, just, I remember all those challenges and you've always probably been my hardest opponent. Um, so I mean, I've really enjoyed how to try and rise to that challenge. Um, but yeah, gaming, Sam, go for it. Me. So general, my general comments about gaming. Uh, I love, I love the gaming element. I think the reason that I started this and the reason that this, this hobby continues is because of, the ability to meet up with people, right? The ability to yep. meet up with um, my friends and just have the excuse to just continue talking about rando, rando stuff. I mean, that's why yeah. we do a podcast, right? That that yep. that's ultimately it. It, it. It's it's so that we can get together. Wives can't say anything, or partners can't say anything to get together and and just talk. And and look, it's nine o'clock at night. We started at six o'clock today, and we're still going. And we haven't even finished yeah. all the segments yet. So it, it's that excuse to get together. And I really like that. And and, and if, if this hobby facilitates that excuse, brilliant. If this hobby doesn't facilitate that excuse anymore and we need to move on to something else, maybe we go and do extreme bungee jumping. And we talk about extreme yeah, bungee sure. jumping. But at the moment, I, I love yeah. playing games. And I think that's a, a brilliant reason to get together. And I think it's a brilliant, brilliant reason to keep playing. Um, and over the last year, uh, I've, I've started to increase the amount of games that I've had at my house. Um, which has been really mm-hmm. fantastic for me. Like I, I think that's certainly somewhere the, the way that I want to go, and 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 being able to have people over and 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 just chill out at my own house is really nice, rather than having to everyone always go somewhere else to do that. Uh, I honestly can't wait until the non-gender specific uh, cave uh, happens. Um, I've already got the the table planned out in my head. I already know how it's going to look. I've spoken cool. to the guy that I'm going to get to make it for me. It's going to look absolutely sick gaming board doubled up with a recording table like it's gonna be like a mini recording studio it's gonna be amazing um and i'm really looking forward to that because it will facilitate having games more like and it means that we're not having games always at matt's workplace um we don't always have to go to like wayland to have games we can actually do that locally for me and matt obviously no you live really far away but locally for us um and um i think i need to get better at being an opponent in some respects, I think uh, my sometimes my late game seriousness takes over. <laughs> I'm, glad, I'm glad you said. <laughs> yeah, yes, yes. So when you get to turn like, four, it's turn five. I'm no longer your friend. <laughs> yeah, pretty much. It's yeah. what winners do. It's what winners do. <laughs> <No>. <laughs> yes, I think we all suffer from this at some point. It, in it's our that. It's that hobbying. It's that turn four starts. Everyone, everyone's on the board. Like everything's deep struck in your game it's like right i've got two turns to turn this around and, and to to win this and it, it's I, I i and do you know what playing people like tanel has been really eye-opening towards it yeah because he is the most annoyingly chill guy i know 
where he's just yeah. like, I was like, oh man, I, I needed a nine and I rolled an eight. And he's like, don't worry about it. Like, just go. It's fine. He's Russian now as well. He's not Estonian. Um, <laughs> that's, that's Russian. That was Russian. <laughs> but he's just so much like, just don't worry about it. And 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 I I sometimes I really think, man, I, I need to I need to be like, what what would Tanel do? Like WWTD? Like what would Tanel do here? Like I need to I need to kind of seriously take down the late game seriousness. Um, so my highlights, I kind of went on, my highlights are all actually highlights in my next one. Um, but my highlights were playing, I've noticed that actually, yeah. playing, playing Warhammer, uh, playing at Warhammer World in our doubles tournament, like original oh, OG Blood Angels, like super long ago with, with, um, oh, cool. spa- yeah. with Space Wolves. It was, what do we call them? It was like Blood Wolves or something like that. And we made, yeah, we yeah. made objective we markers. Twilight Boys. Yeah, Twilight Boys. It was brilliant. It was when Twilight was out. Yeah, yeah. And we made objective markers and it was probably one of the best games like we lost every, I think we won one maybe, but we lost probably all of them. And I think I think we did all right actually. It was five games when I think yeah. we lost three, maybe one, drew one and won one. Yeah, probably something like that. But it, it, right. was, it was about it was that was the first time we went to Warhammer World, I think, and it was about yeah. that adventure of man, we're going to this place that everyone talks about how cool it is, and actually we're going there now, and it was really cool to be able to experience that with friends. Um, yeah, my second one is playing Warhammer World, but the slaughterhouse time. Um, of of well, like twelve of us crammed into a, a converted slaughterhouse to stay the night. Yeah. Like thinking about it, then that was like super early pre-diagnosis of arthritis. So like all yeah. of the issues I was having like with my neck and stuff, that was arthritis. Yeah. Um, but I just felt I just felt super broken towards the whole thing. But still, it was uh, having a, a kill team game with four other people on that insane mining board at Warhammer World oh, yeah. was just such a cool memory. And again. I think by like I didn't drive that time. I think by the time we got there, nine o'clock Sunday morning, I'd already got a beer in. Like it was, oh, yeah. it was just so cool. To oh yeah, you and, were. And yeah. Now I can't drink anything. Now I can't drink. The the how the mighty have fallen. Um, <laughs> and then finally, my uh, highlight again. It's kind of like a uh, the past one going to Company Legends last time. Uh, kind mm. of, I really like events, and I, I actually really like heresy events because they're super mm. chilled. Like I didn't feel competitive. Probably late the one game. we've been to. The one we've been to. Sorry, I've only been to I've only been to one heresy event. Sorry to put the same on that. But I really liked it, and it was just super chilled. I didn't feel like it's competitive anyway, and I'm I'm really stoked, and I can't wait for either September to happen and it actually go ahead and happen, or it gets moved to later on. But I I just I just can't wait for it for the event to happen because it's going to be yeah. I'm going to really enjoy it, and and then what better than to go away with some friends, play the game that actually we all have in common. And just eat junk food, and then yeah. drive for like eight hours straight back, and then go to work the next day. Who's yeah. not to love that? Like yeah, it's, yeah. All, it's all living the dream, right? Um, that is everyone, right? We've talked about. I, I, yeah, I will say that you've just made your gaming section an extended social event section. <laughs> no, it's fine. My gaming section is, is slightly different. <laughs> slightly different. cool. Um, cool. But, um, you need to do your opponents. Yeah, your favorite opponents. Oh, did I actually write anything about that? Uh, you did yeah. oh yeah I did favourite opponents so uh, I always um, probably one of my earliest memories of, of opponents is playing Matt um, and playing the unbeatable Space Wolves in his bedroom when it's he just him sorry mate you just yeah, completely froze. froze oh sorry it's probably me uh, it was me um, so my, my my earliest memory of, of, of playing games in 40k was um remembering playing with my elder against Matt's unbeatable space walls and playing in Matt's bedroom where he lived with all of the, uh, the people he worked with and 
and uh, getting there like after work at seven, like leaving, getting there for seven and then walking back to my parents' house at like two in the morning. Like just, yeah. just solid, like 2K games that would take us forever. Um, but just such a, such a, uh, an awesome experience to be able to do and to play against, yeah. pe- play against people like Matt. Uh, obviously, I can't ever remember playing Neil. I'm sure he had some towel. Uh, I'm pretty sure t- and, and uh, Neil's town ruffle stopped me every time. I'm pretty sure that happens. Like, I don't think I've played. I've won against town. Um, no, you have. Have I? Okay, it's probably when yeah. I've taken oh, loads yeah. of blood angels uh, and loads of tanks that I didn't need. Um, other cool stuff that I've played against uh, is, is I actually really enjoy playing listeners. Um, ah. To being able to play James Gibbs at Darksphere with my blood angels against his dark angels. I think it was. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, and meeting up with someone that actually. I've hung out with on Hangouts and I spoke to on, on Facebook and um, being able to actually physically meet people like that is really cool. And I'm, yeah. I'm totally up for that when, if anyone else comes to London or, or a local bar, uh, local near me, like, I'm totally up for doing that and, and, and meeting uh, people. Uh, I've also obviously mentioned him before, but playing against Tanel yeah. um, and being ruffle stomped by Tanel's, uh, uh, Tanel's, uh, custodes 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 um, and, and it's awesome that this podcast has enabled me to be able to do that and meet someone that's actually from around the other side of, the, of a different part of the world for me and be able to do that um, so I'm mm. I'm super excited to announce the 2021 Warhammer World trip that we're going to be doing uh, in order to to bring oh. people together alongside the 30k alongside event alongside the 30k event it's fine oh. let's do the I 30k event at Warhammer too. World Oh. It's fine. You just need to learn. It's, it's that backbone you need against your wife, and come come away and leave her with the kids. Mate, mate if we're talking about backbones and wives, <laughs> she's fine. She don't start that conversation. She it's fine. <laughs> she's she's not there. It's like she's not over the shoulder. It's fine. It's fine. <laughs> um, but it's been really cool. And 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 gaming. I really love the fact that this gaming, this hobby, has enabled me to meet some really cool people and to be able mm-hmm. to play with really cool people. And I think that's really awesome. That that's 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 come out of little plastic men. Again, cool. So on to social experiences and meeting other people and playing yes. games and doing all the things that Sam has already talked about. <laughs> Too much. That's fine. Um, I, got in there. I got in there first. So one. I'm going to jump in here, I think. Um, so, yeah, not ton- attended a ton of events, but I've had some amazing times and memories for sure. Lots of things Sam just said, basically. Yeah. Um, I wish time and money allowed me to attend more things is basically yeah. it. Yeah. Um, but yeah, highlights-wise, um, Sam's kind of stag weekend was one of like three stag weekends. Oh, yes. Um, but yeah, up at Warhammer World was a really fun one. Just gaming all day, drinks in all day on the Saturday, then going to uh, almost a mini pub crawl and climbing oh. on uh, Robin Hood and having some fun. Do you know what? I really, I really so miss funny. drinking. I really miss drinking yeah. so much. <laughs> Yeah, that was fun. Gate crashing that like fifty-year-old's birthday and having everyone look at you a bit weird. It was super cheap going to the pit and pendulum. The pit and pendulum. Yeah, just a phenomenal weekend of just you know wrapped up in that whole gaming aspect. But really, we were there just hanging out and having fun in a place that we'd been to enough times to call a really like fun place to go. This wasn't like a new experience. This was like, yeah, we're home almost. You know, we're back here and and this is awesome and. We're going to do the same thing we always do. We're going to game and we're going to drink and do silly things and come home feeling uh, happy and 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 just full of hanging out with people. It's, it's a great feeling. Do you know what I've not done yet? I've not fallen into the canal. No, that's true. Uh, and not even no, I was I was worried that Tom might do that. Yeah. It was close. Yes, it was close. Yeah. Um, 
but yeah, uh, what else have I got on there? So another highlight would probably be the salute weekend um, when we met up with all the Americans. So when we met yep. Loopy and we met Carl and um, who else was there? Adon. Don um, and um, Table War. Yes, Doug. Uh, thank you. And my brain was going um, dead uh, there. But yeah, meeting all those guys and hanging out with them um, and meeting, uh, obviously, the overlords guys at the time like jason and um commissar random and all the all the was it commissar random is that correct that's a deep no no yeah um yeah hanging out with those guys and then going on to the overlords on sunday with neil playing that doubles event um and that's when loopy rubbed my orc buggy on his nuts which yeah will forever be a hobby highlight for me of course (laughs) (laughs) Um, uh, but yeah that was um our weekend was really great and got to meet people that we'd been listening to and inspired us to get into podcasting and hanging out with them and chat to them as normal people and then being really encouraging and friendly. And that's kind of, you know, yeah, connected us, especially with Adam. Like from that moment, we've always been kind of friends and connected with Adam, who we haven't seen since that that weekend, but feel really close to because mm-hmm. of the chatting online and, you know, having the NPC and all that stuff. So that that really stands out to me. Um, and the other one was one you already mentioned, Sam, the uh, doubles event. You know, it was the first ever event we went to. Um, got to play with you, which was all awesome and a bit of a blast. It was release of sixth edition. So we all kind of got there on the Friday, registered, and then waited till midnight to get our rule books and then tried not to read them because we had the fifth edition event for the whole weekend. So we didn't want to get confused. Uh, yeah. <laughs> Literally at the start of the event. That we got our rule books, so we almost kind of left them in cellophane and just kind of sniffed them, like, oh, we must play this uh, other edition first. So yeah. it was a really cool way to send out fifth edition, which was probably our first real edition gaming, like solidly. Yeah. Um, yeah. At least we're getting back into the hobby for me. Um, yeah, it was that was uh, a weekend that again, like I bought that uh, Space Wolf Dreadnought, um, so that's kind of linked with that memory as well. Um, so yeah, it just kind of encompasses a lot of my favourite things um, in one cool. thing. Uh, mine's already been really kind of talked about. Um, so, like I said, I, I think I love going to events and I love meeting new people. And I think going to Warhammer World has always been amazing. Uh, and I've loved every second of, of what we've done and meeting people. Um, this year was meant to be kind of forcing me to go to more events, and then coronavirus happened. So it's not my fault, yeah. but it, the two are linked. Um, so I think it's going to have to be more 2021. I want to try and go to more local 20 uh, Horace Heresy events, which which is weird because there are so many around. Like yeah. there's there's one that happens regularly in um, near Lakeside, which is insane. Like I never knew it existed, and 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 there's one that happens there. And yeah, so I'm really really kind of stoked about doing more. Um, I I really love going to the events. Company Legends was really um, was really awesome to see a 30k event the first example of a 30k event and it just made me want to go more salute and meeting the americans and the whole experience of salute of, of all of us meeting up going on the train all of us yeah. going around and buying random stuff that we probably didn't need from salute all of us going to the fox and hound and getting slightly wasted yeah, i missed it i really want to do it next year yeah like i, I was yes. super stoked on going this year but yeah uh, coronavirus happened and then uh again one of my other highlights that I've, I've highlighted here again is is playing matt till one or two in the morning uh, and then one thing I, I wish to point out is when I was walking back from Matt's really, really early in the morning, like one or two. And this was before I learned the power of KR multi-case uh, or any case, really. 
uh, and I managed to drop a shoebox full of elder models, which is... When Mostly it, metal. Well, metal with plastic, which made it worse. If they were all metal, I think it would have been fine, like deal with chips, right? But the fact that it was metal and plastic, and I, I definitely lost arms like and guns, and I never, never saw them again. Like, they dropped them on the pavement. Uh, so I saw I saw it in the notes and went, oh yeah, yeah I remember yeah. the next like week you just being like, oh I need to find this and I need to get a new one of these. And, yeah, yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, that was fun. Cool. That was always an experience. Um, but yeah, I've already kind of talked about it and gushed over how I love events. So go on now, uh, take us home. Um, take us home with social events. Um, it's nice to end with the most social person. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Shut up. Uh, <laughs> No, I think the the events, and I put this in inverted commas, that I have been to that we have attended as a group mm. because I haven't actually been to a gaming event, a gaming weekend as such. I've only ever been to Salute or uh, our trips to Warhammer World or the, yeah, the when um went to the Overlords to play the Americans, the American invasion. That was fun. That was, that was fun. Um, but yeah, doing going to these things with you guys um has been great and yeah just fantastic i would like to go to a, a proper gaming event at some point but that's for future um so my highlights like matt and sam is the american invasion of salute it was just so nice to meet these people that um you heard and but you don't know and actually getting to talk to them and drinking with them, and then Matt and I playing against a couple of them on the Sunday, mm. which just was great. And um, sort of getting their views on the hobby and where they think it's going to go, um, stuff that they've done within the hobby, and yeah, Table War, just his involvement in that aspect of things and learning about that was just great. Um, second highlight, Dr. Andrew. Yeah, good shout. I'm Doctor Andrew. And he's not. He's not a doctor. Doctor. He's like a fake doctor. It's like Ross. (laughs) He's got a PhD. Yeah, yeah. Got a PhD. He's a doctor. So does Ross from Friends. Yeah, exactly. He's a doctor. Just not of medicine. I might get. I might go get a doctor. I might get a doctor. If Doctor Andrew is actually doctor of medicine or not. Um, But yeah, going to salute and meeting Doctor Andrew at the Fox and Hound afterwards every year that we went. Yeah, have a drink. Well, we haven't been for like two, three years now. It's sad. Yeah, no, it has been. Um, it has been a while. Um, and then, uh, yeah, the trip to Warhammer World, where the night before I got a phone call, video phone call from you two. <laughs> I've still got the yeah. scars, the mental scars of this. You oh, were, you luck. were, you, um, it. you were a little bit worse for wear. No, no. I remember exuberated. You you'd had a few to drink and you were watching uh, a film. It might have been Pirates of the Caribbean. It was Pirates, it was Pirates of the Caribbean. Caribbean. Yeah, that was and the then, first night. No, we watched number one on the first night, and it was the second one was on Saturday night. And we fell <laughs> but, asleep both nights, being a little bit drunk and a little bit full of McDonald's and hugging a McDonald's. I woke up with a with a Big Mac <laughs> next to me. Um, but yeah, it, it's though, just more than that, breakfast and all. It's the fact that these two, Matt and Sam called video called me the Saturday evening because I was at work and couldn't couldn't come up on the on the Friday night, um, so I drove up on the Saturday morning and, and yeah we had a, a an interesting conversation about everything and anything, um, 
but yeah, no, that was that's yeah, that's me and highlights for social <laughs> events that we've done. So hang on, one of your highlights was not being at an event and just being phoned from. Yeah, he was there. No, no, I was there. I, just, I oh, had to come on the yeah. Saturday morning as opposed that's to like a classic Neil treat. Yes. being late. I'm just coming just a day later. Delayed by work. <laughs> yeah. No matter yeah. what your job is, you're always delayed by it. Yes. <laughs> yeah. Do you know what that is? That's that's uh, piss poor preparation prevents piss poor performance, right? Yeah, that's uh, Wally at work's <laughs> favourite saying. Oh, that that was awesome, guys. I really enjoyed that, and and hopefully you guys listening really enjoyed that as well. Just us going through memories. Hopefully, it recorded many for you. Um, if you want to share those with us, feel free. Throw them up on Facebook, Instagram, messages. If you don't want to share them pr- uh, publicly, um, yeah, it'd be great to hear of some of the awesome highlights you've had in your hobby life. That um, would be yeah. an amazing poll question. Ooh. Don't have a. It's not going to be a poll. It will just be a. What is your is your most amazing um, memory from or fondest memory. fondest memory fondest, fondest memory? memory. Okay, and yeah. have that, and we'll call some out next time. Yeah, yeah. We'll, we'll we can do that. I think we'll that'd be that, really yeah. cool. As long as it does, it could get very long because trying to not use people's things might be a little bit. I don't no, want to miss no, anyone no. out. Don't, right? I'm not. I'm not saying. I'm not saying. Yeah, I'd say we pick up we pick our top three favourites or something like that. We can okay, we can well, figure that out after. Yeah, yeah, we'll pick we'll figure it out after. Um, okay, but I think that'd be so, really yeah. cool, yeah. and then that solves yeah. our our poll yeah. problem. Yeah, we'll we'll confirm it all at the end of the show. But um, yeah, so hopefully you enjoy that segment. Just a bit of positive fun from three idiots and their life in the hobby, and uh, yeah, hopefully it's record some for you. And um, I'm really looking forward to the future and just more gaming. Hopefully mm-hmm. uh, soon. And yeah, Company of Legends coming up and other future events and weekends at Warhammer World and Salute and all the good things. And I guess I will paint some models somewhere along the line. No, never. Probably wouldn't. I'll I'll try. I will try. <laughs> okay. <laughs> Normally for those events, right? So let's take a quick break and we'll come back with our goodbyes because this episode is already running long. Uh, yeah. So come back with our goodbyes and uh, go from there. Awesome. The tendrils of the warp are far-reaching and communicating using the great social media anonymicon. Do I? What's that? Do I have to say that? Yeah, it's a keeper anonymicon. Anonymicon. Anyway, it's apparently never been easier. Reach out and connect. Find them on the Adeptus Terror podcast page on Facebook. www.facebook.com forward slash the Adeptus Terror podcast and the Adeptus Terror Podcast Community Safe Room Facebook group, www.facebook.com forward slash TATP Safe Room. You can also connect to them on Instagram to see some of what they get up to in between episodes at the Adeptus Terror Podcast. Give these losers a break and please give them a like and a follow. Thanks, guys. And welcome back to the end of the show. Sad times. Well, Indeed. is it? I mean, my bum hurts. I've been sat in this chair for a <laughs> yeah, long time. Yeah, fair enough. It's getting late and, and getting tired, but it's been an awesome evening of, of fun. Yes. Oh, um, sorry. My wife's cooking food and the, the alarm on the oven's going off. There you go. Stop now.
Ugh. Anyway, um, so what can we expect hobby wise? <laughs> Go on, Matt. Oh, <laughs> what can we expect God. from you, hobby wise? <laughs> So um, I would like to get this 10-man tactical squad that I got off of eBay, um, get it all cleaned up, hopefully get the parts that I need if I need any, and get them base coated black, ready for airbrushing. Um, that's something that I would like to do. Um, and then I'm just going to say push on with the Night Lords because I, I do need to, um, and hopefully over the next month that motivation will be found. I mean, I've got the Hangout this Sunday. Um, so I'm going to do some painting. Um, <laughs> That's so, always a positive. Uh, are you doing it? Are, yeah. you, are you doing it at home? Um, I don't know yet because the internet is still not our friend. So I may be back down here um, at work, but I'm not sure. The new laptop is part of the puzzle. The next is getting internet that works. Mm-hmm. <laughs> um, okay. But yeah, we'll see. I'm looking forward to it either way. It's going to be fun hanging out with the guys and actually putting some paint to model because I kind of should, I guess. <laughs> yeah. Cool. Um, but yeah. yeah, that's me. Um, I'm not sure, to be honest with you. Um, I might try and do uh, Legs of the Riptide. Nice. Yeah. Yeah, we'll give that a go. We'll try, I'll try and do the Legs of the Riptide and then I can put glue them to the base, the scenic mm-hmm. base. That'll be cool. Cool. Uh, I'm going to focus on uh, painting more buildings. I want to finish my landing pad. Um, nice. because it's been there for a while and I've been putting off painting the yellow so I need to get the airbrush out and do some more yellow layers <laughs> um, so I'm going to finish that and what I need to do which I, I found out the other day is I need to go through all of my units uh, for my Blood Angel 30k and just give them a look over um, Yeah, that, like I noticed there was a purity seal on one the other day that I, I hadn't done the, the, the wash on and you know little things like that little niggly things um, yeah. So I feel like I, I should get those done while I haven't got a lot of models to paint. Um, yeah. yeah. I feel like it might be a good use of my time. So cool. I might do. I'm going to try and do that because at that point I can just get one squad out of time and just sit there while we inevitably veg out in front of the TV and do that instead, rather than actually yeah. just watching TV and doing nothing. Um, but yeah, so I'm going to focus on that. The poll cool. reminder for this month. Um, after our after our last segment. What we want to do is we want to hear from you. We want to hear what is your fondest, bestest um, memory of the hobby. That can be uh, telling us about the first time you bought Forgeworld, telling us about a really cool gaming event you've been to or something that kind of really, when someone asks about the hobby and what good times you had of it, then that kind of first memory that comes to your head is what we're after. Um, Yeah, first thing that pops into your head really of like, oh yeah, I remember this. It's a bit yeah. of a, a fluffy question from us. Um, there's not going to be like a poll to select answers from. Um, we're going to look primarily on, on, on the comments. And what we'll do is we'll pick three of our favorites each um, and then uh, talk yeah. about those. Yeah. Uh, and then why they're our favorites. Um, next month, as a reminder, it's the 30K Book Club, uh, which is Matt's book club. And it's No, No Fear, that famous tale about the Ultramarines and their experiences on planets. Uh, it's more space battle, but yeah, sure. They're yeah. on a planet for a bit of it. I know that much. Yeah, there is. Yeah, it's the word bearers turning up and punching the Something. hell out. Shh, don't read it. Don't read it. No, people need to read it. People need to read it. So you've got that a month to read spoil that. Anything. And that also means that I've got a month to read it again. So that's always fun. Um, and uh, and yeah, that's it. So any other closing remarks from you, Neil? 
no, I just I remember reading No No Fear and I enjoyed it. Um, How could you get to read it again then? I could do, but I possibly don't have the time if you want me to paint something. What do you mean? I'd rather you paint something. I'd rather you paint yeah. something and then just yeah, join so us we'll, for the chat. We'll, we'll skip the book reading bit. Uh, I will read portable. your bridge Done. notes. It's, <laughs> it's all good. Um, yeah. And on that bombshell. Oh, no, no. Matt, anything from you? Uh, I'll try and be better, guys, but I've had loads of fun recording this, so hopefully you've had lots of fun listening to it. <laughs> yeah, it's been interesting. Um, but go on, Neil. You can do the closing because you haven't done it before for a while. No, I don't want to now. <laughs> we, have to, we have to end the show. So end the show, no. Neil. No, I'm not ending the show. We're not adding we're more stay... minutes on. No, we're going to stay here forever. <laughs> well, on that bombshell, I've been Sam. I've been Matt. Thank you. I've been Neil. And this has been the Adeptus Terror Podcast. Stay See safe. you next time, guys. Stay alive. See ya. Stay vigilant. Knowledge is power. Got <laughs> it well. Thanks for listening to another successfully recorded episode of the Adeptus Terror Podcast. Join the conversation on the Adeptus Terror Podcast community safe room on Facebook. Follow us on Instagram at the Adeptus Terror Podcast or email at the Adeptus Terror Podcast at gmail.com if you just want to chat to Matt. Thanks again. Just makes you hotter. Um, should we hold off this month as there's more yeah. to do? And then yeah. maybe do it next month? Okay, let's yeah. do that. Because I think we need some more work on the channels as well. Be my guest. Looking at, like, well, yeah, yeah, no, totally. But I mean, be like, looking, looking at. Um, guess, be my guest. Be impressed and wear a dress. It's, a da, 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 it's so hot. I'm so hot, guys. Cool. Well, don't dance don't, like that then. Yeah, yeah. Uh, can you wear a vest? <laughs> uh, yeah, no, 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 no. Wearing a vest is no. But, but could you wear a vest? You just I could, not wear, I could wear a vest, but it didn't go down very well. <laughs> I'd love to see you in a string vest, Neil. That's that's my, uh, that's the the epicenter with the re- let, really let thin us, bits that go over. Let oh, those that work at the docks are the harshest critics. Uh, bloody adverts. I do love Battlescribe, but adverts are annoying. Mm-hmm. Pay. Love it so much. Uh, Pay. No. <laughs> don't love it that much. No, I don't. <laughs> then deal with the adverts. Yeah, I, I am, really. Can you open everything? <laughs> <laughs> So I'll let you sweaty. do that first. My, my list is now loaded up. I'll let you do this. Kelly's here. Oh, no, Hi, Kelly. We can see we can see a reflection in the yeah, reflection in the, in the there you go. Hang on. Glass. Oh, she's got no waving. Oh. oh god, a breeze. Feel my head. Oh, oh my god. <laughs> you should feel my balls. <laughs> 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 Like chicken soup. Like chicken soup. If it had meatball soup. <laughs> oh. You having dinner? No. Hmm, I haven't had dinner yet either. Hungry. My main thing is Kelly had chicken. Have you not got any chicken? No, don't worry. I'll bring it over afterwards.
She bought me waffles. <laughs> it was special. Wow. It was special Nando's wrap chicken as well. Oh wow! I know. 